You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, weird science. What up, fresh cup crew? Weird science is the revolution. Hello, weird science. I like to kill. Weird science is the revolution. Happy New Year and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm your new leader's baby, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 392 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm positive Jimmy is what I am, I told you. I guess, it does it start this day now? No, it I doesn't said, now. You gotta, okay. This it is a starts whole next week thing. Next time, next time. Okay, yeah. next time. This is the thing that was confusing me about how are we going to play this since it is the new year, but these are last year's. I I don't play okay. your games. How are so, you going to play this? You're telling me I'm still miserable right now, but then later on a warp to beat. Yeah, I guess it makes more sense now, Eric. I am not positive, Jimmy. And here we are at the official and official podcast of Weird Science. This is episode 392. I thought it was 393 for some reason in my head, but we'll go with it. I had Mark told me that this is. Like week something like 363 in a row, which is crazy, Eric. Congratulations, we did it. We finally made that I, I, I specific time here. when we were going to go, and then that was it. But okay. hey, everybody, two weeks, everybody, we have a bunch of books for you tonight, a bunch of things going on. But before we get into that, go over to our Twitter, Weird Science DC. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com where you can get reviews for almost all the books that come out each and every week from DC Comics. And go to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can support us for all the things we do here on this regular feed, but get tons, tons more. One of the big things that we have each and every week is what I'm now calling the Patreon-exclusive Badass Picks of the Week show, Eric. Isn't that, that makes cool? Sense. Yeah, and yeah. it is the spotlight show, two books picked by the oh, badasses of the no Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop. And they ended up this week picking two bangers, as Luke Hollywood would say. It seems as if they're trying to get the regular show that everybody's listening to now a little more positive. They're trying and to they, make positive Jimmy be positive on the well, regular show. Yeah, and then hide the negative Jimmy behind Lame the scenes. Lame James right? is over there. Lame James is over there. Lame James, and I don't know. But Weird Eric, he had to end up talking about Justice League number 70 and Teen Titans Academy number 10. So if you want to hear those, you have to go over to the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And you can listen to that podcast in each week. And every week we do a spotlight episode that is on Thursday nights, mostly. Pretty much that's when mostly. it is. Now, with that, this past week, if you haven't noticed, we ended up having, I'm going to call it the spotlight friday night spotlight but it is the thank god it's friday but that's gonna have to wait to stick i think a while but we're gonna end up really? doing that occasionally yeah i'm telling you if i go yeah we have the thank god it's friday you think that that's actually more explanation than the badass picks of the week show yes uh, but you end up having two books on that if you go and look on the regular feed that you'll see we did dc versus vampires number three and task force z number three a very positive show as well we like both of those books and are excited that they're continuing throughout the year i'm almost wondering if i can combine those and use those as my yearly book the book of the year for 2021 is that allowed Aaron? because also i want to tell everybody that we're going to do coming up as we go starting next week we're going to have our awards we're not going to have a big award show what we'll do is have an award each show and so we 
finish them. I think there's only going to be like four awards this year. We didn't even have a show last year uh, because we really weren't liking too much. Actually, I think it was we both liked exactly the same things and didn't think that it was going to be that crazy or, or that interesting. But we'll be back to doing these awards once a show leading to probably what will be the book of the year by the end. But with all of that said and done, just, you know, think back at what I just said, a lot of confusing stuff. But here is the roll call for those them bad asses of the Get Fresh Coopy Boop. And here we go, Eric. I got to get to the thing. Now, well, the weirdos are late. The weirdos oh, come up hey, later. I got to explain hey, that still. We'll sure get to that. Hey, yes. Hey, here are the bad asses of the Get Fresh Crew. Ronnie G Comics and Pop Reviews. Ted Probst. I Love Punchline. Michael S. Forrest Pauly. Cam. Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy, Matches Balone, Niels Teewort, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocke, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jagger, Aldrin Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill Beer, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, <laughs> Simon, Luis, Manship. Manship's having problems, as always. I just say that every week. It never changes. Andrew in Belfast. Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million. My man, People NYC. Batman Beyond, Mark, our man, Rob Lewis. Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo. And Double Aaron. He is somewhere in Minnesota. And he's upset that Kurt Cousins has the COVID, Eric. And he got really upset about What's that. What's wrong with his cousin? He says, Kurt Cousins. He's Kurt. the football player. Oh. My man. It's like, I know you're worried about Kirk Cousin over there. No, it's like, we're worried Kenny? about Kurt's cousin. No, yeah. Ed. It's Ed, his cousin. Oh, my God. And I don't even know who Kurt is. Do you know what Kurt? Are you friends with anybody by the name of Kurt? Yes, I am. Are you? I don't, I don't know anybody named Kurt, except maybe Kurt Cousins, I guess. But here is the deal. Everybody listening right now are the weirdos. As we said, we'll get more into this as we go on. I told you that we'd have benefits and rules. I think every benefit is a rule, and every rule is a benefit, in my mind, Eric. And here ah, is benefit and about. rule number one for being a weirdo. Pretty much rule number one is you're listening to the show. So here's rule number two. You're it's allowed to like and dislike whatever you want, Eric, but in a way that's honest to yourself. In other words, no faking the funk. And that's basically the deal. <laughs> rule number one, don't fake the funk. Just like the stuff that you like. I almost cursed there. I don't know why I didn't. We're allowed, right? Is that a rule? But yeah, everybody gets to like what they want. And yeah, me and Eric don't have to agree with each other or anybody else. But that doesn't mean you're negative. It's just you're honest. That's what we pride ourselves in at the Get Until Fresh you get Crew. negative. Boop, boop. Well, that's me being negative. I'm allowed to be negative. I, that's what I said. You can be positive or negative. It's just that you have to be for yourself. You have to be honest. You can't just be negative for negative sake or positive for positive sake. Just go each book as what they are and enjoy them. Basically, that rule is, please don't think me and Eric are haters just because we don't like something. There you go, Eric. But welcome to the Get Fresh Crew. Jim's Boop, scared you in 2022. I'm always running scared. I've been running scared since 2015. It's never going to stop. I can't run as fast now. People are catching me. Eric, they're catching me from behind, <laughs> and I don't like it. That was actually a huge thing for me that got me so sad playing hockey when people were catching. I'm like, that never happened before. I better retire. Ah, but we have a bunch of books coming up, almost the return of the Hey Man song. I just want to let you know, I tried to think if I could use it, that. Honestly. No, I tried to, to think, boy, this does say fear, fear state, state aftermath. I'm like, you just can't get away from this bullshit. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, 
I could, I could finagle it in, but there's no magistrate really in it, so I couldn't. So unfortunately, I think that is retired. But we're going to go to those books right now. Obviously, we're talking about Detective Comics, which we'll start with. But we have a banger of a first section. Luke has me saying that all the time. But I think this is going to be a more of a positive spin, this whole podcast. Oh, but we'll see. Yeah, I do. Okay. I really do. But we'll see how that goes. Section. We'll see how that goes. Oh, my goodness. That What is that? A little bit of a... A prelude for you. Here we go. We're going to go up to the books, right? Hey, man. Why don't you leave us alone, you know? Hey, man. These people blew up my home. I got to. Hey, man. They'll put you right in your place. The magistrate will come and rip that mask off your face. Hey, man. Fear state. Is insane. Hey, man. All right. I did it, Eric. I did it. It was a long con. It was. Was it? <laughs> no. I'm sitting I actually, there all day. I'm like, oh, he's definitely going to play that I song. I actually was planning not to. And then I thought, well, since I said I wasn't. And then right as I was saying that, you I wanted to really stress it. Yeah, well, it's not yet the positive Jimmy yet. Uh, positive Jimmy does not I lie. Know positive Ch- Jimmy can be trusted either. He's just more positive about lying. I don't know. I'm positively a liar. That was a, that was called a setup, Eric. I thought that you would like that. I, you did smile though when that came on. I would think, right? I heard it. Of course it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, and this is the first section of books. Last time we'll be able to play it, right? I I would say that it really, really is the last time, unless I can kind of finagle it into being an Arkham Tower. I, I got no, no. Thing is, I got to think Arkham about Tower. What, what the other guy who's doing the new like magistrate across the nation and what is called like with the Talos program. Because I know it's the peacekeepers in her Talos. Do you just do it about the Talos city? Can I just just <laughs> have the Talos nation? I could do that. That would be good. I, I could have that. Uh, I because we're still it, doing pseudo magistrate stuff in other books. It's just not the magistrate anymore. Now, really, that is true. Especially with the I Am Batman. That's where anytime I Am Batman comes in, all bets are off. I'll tell you that, right? But I will say, though, even if every there, there's people out there who are probably like, what are they talking about? And that song sucks. Whatever. No but time to explain. Go back and listen to other episodes. That gets me. I'm just saying. It gets me a little fired up a little. Actually, that song puts me in a good mood, especially because I, I duped you. Is why I like Bing it, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. But and we have a, bad a big, big section. Well, is it going to continue? After we start this, because we have a big section of books here. We have some of the you know Great. bigger ones. Wow. We have Detective Comics, Action Comics. I'm right there. That works for you. That that clicks in your mind. You love it when we have a section of detective and action. It kind of swirls around. Sometimes we don't quite get that. But And we also have Flash. Flash in the first section. So three characters and books I, I know that you love. You love so much. You want to marry them. But I, I do love Batman, Superman, and Flash. You're not allowed to marry all three. Who says not, it can't be a bigger mess? Utah? What are you talking about, Eric? We're here in Quaker Town. Oh, I guess that's acceptable. No one's ever said that to you, huh? Utah. Here we go. We're going to start with Detective Comics, and it's number 1,000. 46. You can't wait till we get to that anniversary 1,050, right? 
can't wait for that, Eric. I think you say that, but then it'll be like 1,075 anniversary issue. I'm like, no, it's not. That was my joke. <laughs> I think that they do have something where it's like the special 1,000. I'm like, really? Come on now. Come on. Seriously, why not? I'm telling you, if I'm in charge of DC Comics, I'm doing that as much as I can because it boosts sales. Well, it boosts sales, but you already have it. It's like it's almost like Bill Belichick cheating when he's already winning. It's a Batman book. It's already winning overall, but you're going to boost sales. Bill Belichick. Detective Comics number 1046, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Dan Moore, Jordi Belair, and Aditya Bidikar, with a Foundations backup, Eric, by Stephanie Phillips, David Lapham, Trish Mulville. I'm Rob Lee. Mariko Tamaki gives us a bridge between Fear State and her upcoming Shadows of the Bat weekly event, Aaron, weekly. Mm-hmm. And while we get some setup, it feels like Tamaki's already playing very loose with some of these details. Because of that, it feels like we missed an issue already, and that has me a bit nervous about the upcoming story. And, Eric, we get an Arkham Tower backup. And so we jump into this, and I wanted to – I mean, you're going to have to kind of judge, okay, what's going to happen? What is this whole – Shadow of the Bat going to be about a little with this. Let's see the players involved, how this gets set up. Things are very loose. Things are very confusing. And I, I swear it feels like we missed an issue when you jump into this. Well, you this. say that, but even when we have the, the majority of the issue is the concept of like the women of the Bat family taking over for Gotham while Batman's about to leave. So you have Oracle behind the computer. You have Batgirl, Stephanie Brown doing stuff. You have Batwoman here. You have Huntress. We're dealing with a lot of these different characters, but even when you jump in and start with Oracle, who we know has to go low tech because of what the Seer's doing in the Batgirl books right now, and they're living in kind of a slum neighborhood in the hill, she has Batman armor, technology, all this crazy stuff. Like she is building Bat robots at one point, it looks like in the background. I'm like, what is going on here? Because I'm kind of confused. Yeah, it looks like she's kicking in the Batman Beyond, uh, you know, protocol, something like, like that. Like all of a sudden, she got the rookie and started reverse engineering well, the stuff yeah. from Jim Gordon days as Batman. And she just said, hey, daddy. Give me that, Daddy. Daddy. You end up, <laughs> Daddy, can I have that armor? You end up, though, with this. That's part of it. Like you said, it doesn't quite jive with the the overall thing, especially coming out of what it says is an aftermath of Fear State. You're yeah. coming out of Fear State in a way that this book never seemed to connect with anyway. And then you come out with it's too much. Like you said, Oracle here. Now, I have another thing with it because then you end up having this woman. That is and going around. Yeah, yeah. I and- am tired already of Mariko Tamaki creating new characters for the Batman universe because usually when you have a comic-centric kind of character going back, hearkening back to like the early days of Marvel and stuff like that with Dr. Otto Octavius or even like Eric Magnus from Magneto, when you have your characters, the first two big new characters that you're using for your run of Detective Comics, the first one being Hugh Vile and now your second one, Anna Volshin, and I'm like – no, no, you're just you're just doing this. What is you're being like, silly. Jimmy Sick next? Yeah, really. Here I am. Jimmy Dickhead is me. Right? <laughs> hey, look at me. And and somehow it's a twist. I'm a nice guy. But yeah, you're you're making it silly. And also, I just want to point out because this is something that always happens. I always have a problem with. It. I really do, and I understand some people like it. But at this point, especially since say Rebirth, we are getting punched in the face with the names of streets and buildings it becomes a part right now that i'm like please just stop it because we have adam west avenue i'm like uh, just stop just stop i mean it's a little bit of a shout out but you don't need to do that every single damn issue i actually it doesn't bother me i actually even just look over half time it doesn't even process it it bothers me because then you start getting shout outs where oh a guy was a colorist for me on a book and i'm gonna throw that on it's fine it's just why do that why bother with that how about a story 
How, how about not worrying about what the street names are? How about a story here? Because this story, it, it doesn't click. It, it, everything feels off. Everything feels weird because you start with Anna Volsian, like, oh, my God, Anna Volsian. Oh, my God, Anna Volsian. And then you find out that this lady ended up being a murderer. She was in Two years ago, she killed a bunch of people, and we had her dead to rights. For some reason, she got a fancy new lawyer two years ago that let her out of prison, and now she's just killed a whole mess more. Yeah, which seems to shock everybody here, as if oh they've my. never found out about this <laughs> until this day. Like, everybody's shocked. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And, and even with the shock, is why wouldn't you have heard? This had to have been huge news. That This is like the idea of, I mean, think of any murderer in the deal, and you're in that city where the thing was, you were the ones who caught her and took her down. You never heard that she was out. She's just been out and about. That woman's so confused. When did this happen? Why didn't anybody tell me? It just seems like a weird situation, though, to overturn this deal just for us to know that Anna Volshin will be heading into our new weekly detective comic story shadow of the bat where she'll become a, a, a patient of the new arkham tower because then she gets caught and so the the thing is is the idea of mariko tamaki sets up a character as if we're supposed to know who it is but we wouldn't because she just comes but then you have the characters who are supposed to be the smartest of the smart here they're actually the ones here batwoman oracle stuff they're going to be protecting the city when batman leaves and they're like, oh, my Over God, how did that happen? Well, we'll get the Huntress. How did that happen? I don't know. She got a good lawyer. But nobody heard of this or looked into it. This always seems to be the case when people write these characters as if they're just asleep at the wheel. And that's why all these problems happen. Well, that's the problem. The, the Bat family is always on defense. They need to get on offense. Yeah, so. I mean, they have to learn something. Use the – I see that high tech that you shouldn't have. Use they need it. to get the, Kurt's cousin over there to really that's kick That's right. Ass. I mean, Ed. And then you, and even at one point you have things this week like, how'd you know that? The internet. Well, somebody else get on the internet and find out some things because we go through this and it's a chase scene. It's only to set up. And that's what gets me upset about this then. Anna Volsian just gets thrown at you out of nowhere just to set up for her to get caught so she can go to Arkham. That's all it is. And so, okay. And then the idea that Nakano is, you know, he's going to have to do a month like trial test of the Arkham Tower. What's it going? And he wants Dr. Chase Meridian to be in charge. It seems like Batman or Bruce Wayne pulled some strings to make sure that this was the case. But then you have Batwoman going and like um, investigating on her own and finding out there's two other names for the doctors in charge, Dr. Tobias Ware and uh, Dr. Ocean. And I'm like, why? Like, like you're uh, maybe the thing is maybe I am. I just want more out of Detective Comics I, and I less out of Arkham Tower because we are spending this entire issue setting up the next big thing for Arkham. But even when they talk about the fall of the House of Usher and stuff like that, how there's evil within the walls, this really just feels like Arkham Manor Phase 2 it like does. we had back in the DCYOU because even with the idea, they are talking about the fall of the House of Usher and how the parallels to this, the Arkham Tower, the evil within the walls and stuff like that, the cursed house – and we had the exact same thing in like Wayne Manor when like last time Bruce Wayne lost all his money and then Arkham Asylum was moved to Wayne Manor. And in that you had a terrible Spider-Man that was within the walls who was evil. So it was almost the same as the fall of the house of Usher there. And now we're making reference to it here. And I'm like, why are we just doing the same things over again, just moving locations? And and the weird thing with me, and I hope that Dr. Ocean is actually famed 80s singer Dr. Billy, Billy Ocean? Ocean, and he's singing Caribbean Queen. He got his doctorate now. Caribbean Queen, he just comes in. Yeah, he has a lot of time since. <laughs> or even when it says Dr. Tobias Ware here, I'm like, is it Dr. Tobias Whale? That's and what I got keep it reading. <laughs> it's bad. I keep reading that. But Billy it's Ocean. It's like Jefferson Pierce going to have to come in here to black lightning Dr. Whale's ass out of here. With this, though, these are the things like, I understand. And, and if you're going to argue with us, you're going to say, well, this is setting up the Arkham Tower. But the setup 
is not set. Like, it's out of nowhere, especially since we haven't seen anything like this in these characters. You know, they're just plopped in there. But even the stuff of, you know, Dr. Meridian, you know, I like that she's there. But when you have Nakano involved and he gets to the point where even you said, it seems like you can, you know, fill in the blanks, either Bruce or Batman pulled some what strings are bruce or batman pulling at this point especially with nakano i would have liked it if this was somebody he just did pick because of that it does feel like strings but when he ends up saying again it's like i need you to look at this and i did that and i did this and all i can think of is nakano how do you keep your job because we know this arkham tower is going to be a failure it's not election year yet you know you still got some time imagine the attack ads that you can have on this guy you know he let the magistrate have to be the mayor at the next election that's what what we're dealt with right now but you know after the fear state and then leading into arkham tower we put all our crazies and worst criminals in the city right in downtown i'm like you are not getting reelected, Nakano. You don't have a view for the future. He does not have a clear vision. <laughs> he doesn't have. Uh, but it's it's so weird that he's. I was going to say the kicking bag. The, the punching he bag. Is, he's the he's the dupe. But they're not playing <laughs> the him like bag. that. Somebody had the kicking bag. Somebody has to say like. You're not real good with decisions here. Like, right. even the idea that Hugh Vile was a guy on his Hugh whole Vial, place. I think, was an advisor at one point, making all the wrong – like, you know, Everything. giving him all the wrong advice right there. So you hire somebody like Hugh Vile and stuff like that, you are just immediately making wrong decisions. You can't trust somebody like that to advise you. Just as an aside, Tanya at one point ended up working for Merck. She worked for Merck and she was in – Is that the company that makes all those, like, you know, uh, genital toupees? All of the drugs. Oh, there. Not the Mer- Merck, not Merck in. No, I got you. So not the Merck and not, not a a genital wig you end up where she's working and she was in charge at one point like almost like an hr i guess i don't know what the exact but going through applications well she went through those and anybody because i had a girlfriend in college named jackie there are people out there that didn't get a job because their name was jackie eric and this is from west virginia or west virginia anything that could connect in her mind why couldn't she at least work for Nakano when she sees Hugh Vile? No. The thing is, Hugh no. Vile's still getting hired because his name's not Jackie. I'm saying maybe she'll just be like, yeah, Vile. I, somebody should have maybe like been there to be awful like she wasn't well, doing Well, Jim, that. they always say don't judge a book by this cover. That's Obviously, true. they let somebody with a mouth monster into their not cabinet. Not in Eric. We've talked about this many a time. You, you can judge some people by their names in Gotham especially, but – I mean, look at Anna Volshin. She never had a chance, Eric, poor girl. Um, But through all of this going on, like I said, you end up having things kind of thrown at you. And what I do like about it is you do get a little bit of, oh, here, Stephanie's going to be involved. Hey, Batwoman's oh, here. No, right? The, the, the choice like. of characters are great, knowing that this is gonna, these are going to be the people that are going to be protecting Gotham when Batman does leave. They do talk about the idea of Batman leaving, going to do the Batman Incorporated stuff that we've seen in Joshua Williamson's start of his run on Batman. But even when you have this thing where I'm excited to have these women go and be the fat family of Gotham as it is, and you immediately fucking up by saying that Huntress still uh. has a psychic connection to any violent crime before it was because she was infected with Hugh Vile's mouth monster, which allowed her to have a connection to anybody else who was infected by Hugh Vile's mouth monsters, and I weren't bullshit. But now that that's all said and done, now Huntress just has the superpower ability to have a psychic connection to any violent crime going on in Gotham like Okay, you just fucking ruined the character yep, for no did. reason, have no explanation. You completely did. And we have dealt with some since she came over to is, is this, DC is Comics. Like she, is she going to be the linchpin of the deep yeah, of like this is the what Bat I was family? just going to say. This is now the problem. Now the seer has like turned off all technology. We can't have CB radios or police bands because she can alter that. Now we're going to do the psychic sense how, of how Huntress. many times? How many times we we dealt with Mariko Tamaki's Wonder Woman? Then she comes over to this, even the Crush Lobo. 
How many times has she painted herself into a corner that she had to use some wackiness to get out? There it is. There it is. They're not going to be able to find somebody. They're not going to be able to do anything. There's going to be a blackout. Whatever the thing will be is that Huntress has a psychic ability until she won't. Yep, that's what she'll have. And then by the end, somehow, and I say it's Dr. Meridian, will have some tech that they just introduced. And that will be even the idea that you have to jump through hoops and say, wait a second. Batman was infected. Does he have this? Not sure, but I don't think he does. Also, just the idea where Batman, we already know that he's gone. He left in the regular, and I know this is a timing issue, but he left for the whole deal of going and looking into Batman Incorporated. They're wanting for murder. And here, why are you playing so so coy here? I think Batman's going to leave. Why do you think that? Huh? After things, he gets real quiet. And then he leaves. Oh, does he? He leaves? Yeah, he leaves. For how long? Who knows? Oh, he'll be back. Yeah. And I think he's going to Venice. (laughs) Shut your mouth. You end up like it it just, you're not getting, it seems like such a gloss over deal just to say, all right, this is what's going on. We're going to get over. But I still don't feel at the end that I'm equipped to go into this story. Arkham Tower. That's all you need to know in Dr. Meridian Chase. And I think as you say some kind of tech, I think Dr. Meridian Chase is just going to use her abilities as a psychotherapist slash, I don't know the correct terms of things, but she's going to be able to get to the root of Huntress's psychological block or whatever is causing this in her mind and be able to talk her out of having a psychic connection to violence because of how she grew up. And it's all going to be a therapy help session, and this is how it's going to stop well, Huntress it's, you, from having You would this. think that it's going to do something, right? Something will happen where she won't have it or be able to, but it, it's not a good thing. It's, it doesn't elevate the character. It makes it worse. So then you go off and you go to see, you know, Nakano. He does talk to Dr. Marini and, hey, I want to make this work. I want you to be there to see if things go. And, you know, I hired some people that look pretty good. We know it's not going to work. I mean, we really know it won't. And you end up having Nakano go home. And now out of nowhere, because Nakano has been pretty much a Mariko Tamaki character in this book. But he's only been there. To be like, oh, things aren't going good. Oh, my God, where's Hugh Vile? All of a sudden, here we get back to, we only saw his wife, I think, like one or two times. And she was like at his side at a conference, a press conference. All of a sudden, we're supposed to care about her. She's laying in bed, all depressed. But it seems like she's depressed because Gotham is dark. Gotham is a bad city. No, no. She's all depressed because her husband's always gone now. And with his new they job, say is that. the joke of the city because of all the decisions he's making. She goes to the market and she's laughed at because she married Mayor Nakano. Does anybody know the name Koyuki? No. I, I don't even remember it because ever it being mattered. said. Right? So, and that's my point. You've ended up having you set up Nakano as the kicking bag all along. <laughs> kicking bag. bag. I'm going to make that trend. You Why end not? up where the, he's he was just there to be. It never even came off as the nice guy, like the naive guy. He just was kind of duped all the time, and he's trying to do things. But then all of a sudden, he comes in, and he's like, woe is me. Because Tamaki can't go past that one surface-level deal. Arkham Tower means that we're going to have people trying to get over their problems and things like that. And then all of a sudden, oh, you're trapped in the darkness of Gotham. What? That was never set up. I mean, this feels like the even watered-down version of, say, you know, people getting jokerized. You had it with, you know, uh, Gordon, things like that, where this is just out of nowhere. She's depressed going to sleep. That's it. And he's like, oh, you know, I'll check on you. It just, everything felt weird. And 
Even Deb Donovan, I know you like Deb Donovan a little more than me, but she just seems to be walking around town getting some info. She got her jacket back. The hunter stole previously yeah, from she that got woman. the jacket. But it, that's a great, you know, setup for Arkham Tower. But then you end up with all this going down to try to figure out, you know, what is happening, what's going on. Batman, again, and actually, again, another thing I want to point out is at one point they say to Batwoman, yeah, that Arkham Tower, that still happened. Like, she doesn't know anything. Where was she? And then they're there and Batman has to meet with Dr. Meridian and say, hey, you know, I pulled some strings, but, uh, you know, you're going to be my eyes and ears. I'm trusting you. You're going to look after things. I'm like, that's a lot to put on a doctor that just comes into town. But, you know, that it's not going to work out well. Hopefully she doesn't get killed or slaughtered or whatnot, because I, I would like to see her develop a little more in the comics. But overall i just it, it was a bunch of nothing and and the stuff we did get felt like you were forcing issues and then also making things weird and that huntress deal just made me roll my eyes so i, I actually thought that that was just going to be like hey i thought that you could see visions no no it wore off not only are we in the aftermath of fear state we have an evulsion but we're still in the aftermath of hugh vile we're never going to be able to get rid of that now yeah it, it, it again I know it's her story, and this is how it's going, and she, you could say she's set up, but some of these things are starting to really feel like a Bendis, where he just can't let go of these things that really weren't that great in the first place. Well, even think of that. It's a Fear State aftermath in this book. It never felt like it dealt with Fear State. Yeah, it never did. It's just doing mouth monster stuff. Yeah, I mean, you ended up having Hugh Vile, then you get to Fear State. Oh, crap, I really don't have any setup, so uh. I'm going to have eggs in the sewer. I mean, where's Mr. Worth? <laughs> I want him to come out with a missile launcher to blow up Arkham Tower. Done. Mr. Worth is going to be our real hero, the one we deserve. He wouldn't be in trouble. Remember, the idea of you end up having an avulsion, suddenly she got this real high-priced lawyer. I know a guy who might have some money that might have done that. I say that it's just going to be Mr. Worth. Mr. Worth ended up hiring somebody to get her out, and he'll be back. And it's just... Take that, Batman. It's a revolving door of nonsense is what it is. But then we go off to the backup story, which, again, it's not really doing anything. that crazy homeless guy that we had previously who was trying to destroy Arkham Tower before it was ever built? Well, it turns out he has good reason because he used to be an inmate at Arkham Asylum. And the, the capes and cows and all the masked bad guys inside... They made it bad for everybody, including the guards of Arkham Asylum. He was just a guy trying to get help. But you can't help somebody in an Arkham institution, so he's going to make sure that this never hurts anybody like him ever again. And most of the story is shown to us through the fear toxin-induced courtroom drama of Batman's mind that includes Harley Quinn. But it never really feels like it goes anywhere. It's just the idea... Yep, we were going to destroy this, but we're not going to do it. It's going to be a thing. Hoorah. I, I'm I'm reading this, and when I saw finale, I'm like, really? Like, did we ever start? And th- this whole courtroom drama motif here, it threw me so off confused. at first. I was so confused. I still thought that Batman was over that whole fear toxin thing that he had in the previous issue from just stepping on a floorboard. Yeah, what's going on with the you know timing and things? But yeah, I was real confused. And when we play out of that, and we actually get to the actual you know skeleton of Arkham Tower as they're building it, I just keep thinking, why are you why why are you walking around with this homeless guy? Get him out of there. Go back. And they're walking around, they're tugging, they're tugging. Oh my god, we almost died. Here we go. That's the Arkham worst part, Tower. Though. I was just so mad when they're sitting there just looking on a rooftop over to Arkham Tower and what it's gonna be. And the guy just starts to like, you know, quoting the fall of the House of Usher and they make that comparison. I thought to myself, and that's the reason I thought like, shit, I never really thought about this fall of the House of Usher when we're doing the Wayne like the Arkham Manor before, but that's exactly the same motif they're going for for that story that they're doing here now. And I'm like, 
nobody cared about that one. Why would anybody care about this? Because it's not a manor, it's a tower now. Yeah, well, this is the thing, Eric. They renamed the book, but they didn't move the bodies. It's the same thing again. I mean, this is what happens here. And even then when you're... Call Craig T. Nelson. They're like, oh, that's the foe of House of Usher. And Harley's like, I think that Poe should get the therapies. I'm like, what Harley is this? <laughs> cool, I mean, Harley. this is a smart girl. Thanks for coming out, girl. And I'm like, thanks, thanks for saying that there. Also, I just like some of this dialogue in here is so forced to just present the idea. Like you said, the fall of the House of Usher. Like Batman can't just let it go where it's obvious to everybody. He has to, you know, throw it out there that he knows what they're talking about. But it's really nothing. And then we're going to go. But really, at the end, it threw me off just where Batman's like, yep, looks like this is not the regular Arth- uh, Arkham. It's a second chance. I'm like, no, it is not. <laughs> you know, Bat- like the idea that Batman leaves. As I like the-, the idea of a second chance when we had the Arkham Manor before, which was a second chance. Now it just keeps like, how many times has Arkham been bombed or blown up or just destroyed? And the- you have to always like move people out, move people back in different facilities, stuff like that. It's not a second chance anymore. I was going to ask you because things get a little wonky. And I think that what we will end up because we really, We've had hints there's never been really a full out like 100% the idea of a day and the idea of you know the deal we think that it was set up by Simon Saint to get yeah. the whole deal with Scarecrow but by never Scarecrow really like but that was always a whisper down the lane even then I really think that years from now when they just go people are going to if they reference it it's just going to be the Joker and they're just going to not even oh, no. deal even with that when nonsense. Oh no, we went into this background and we saw that guy's flashback right there when you saw the Joker there. I thought that freaking Stephanie Phillips was going to say that the Joker caused ADA. I'm like, what are you doing? I think that that's what they're going to end up at the very end they're just going to say it's easier to say down the line that it was the Joker and we're just going to do it. Not with the Joker title that's going on right now where he says he didn't do it. Well, that's the only book that and I was going to say to you that that's the last bit that may, but you can always swerve at the end because the Joker always lies. That and and really at the end it would kick in more with all these families and things if he actually did do it. And it, we'll Honestly, have to see. I, I want you know it's going to be ambiguous. It. I want the Scarecrow to do it. I want him to heal from his gunshot wounds, whether it's an Arkham Tower or whatever kind of situation. I want some time to pass going on where we then eventually can go back to Gotham on Batman's back around. And have a retribution by the Joker where we have a Scarecrow versus the awesome. Joker event. The war of straw and jokes, I uh, would call bing it, right? Bang. How about it's like, uh, you know, searching for straws. Bing bang. Is, you'd even have like a Harlequin mask with the fright and the laughter. Yeah, that well, that would be good. How about scared? Is that a Harley Quinn or is that just a, like a stage thing? I don't know if that's called a Harley Quinn. Actually, I just want to. I just want to make up titles for this this big book. Yeah, but that I wish you make have. a good ones. The War of Chokes and Griddles. With that, so I'm not getting what I want. Actually, huh? That's like that's a couple short order cooks that start fighting in an underground fight ring. But that's what you were when you go and make dinner for your family. It might be. <laughs> it might be. But what would you give this at the end? The thing is, I I really love Dan Moore's art. I'm very it's disappointed awesome. that this is his final issue of Detective Comics. The back the backup does nothing for no one really, except for this makes me mad because it makes me think of you know Arkham Manor before. But I love the art in this. I don't care for the story overall going into Arkham Tower. I just really care that we have a, a different bunch of Bat family members who are going to be protecting the city while Batman's gone. And that just at least excites me a little bit because it's characters you don't normally get to see, except for, you know, the Batgirls going to be doing their own things. But the Huntress, 
Batgirl herself, Oracle, and even Batwoman doing something. It's really exciting, but I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm sure Cass will be there. I'm 6 out of 10 yeah, yeah. as well. Uh, the problem is, and again, like you said, and I want to point out that a lot of my scores, Dan Moore is art. It's great. Yeah, me as well. And it is really a shame that he's not continuing. There is, for fans of Dan Moore, there is a Easter egg where you got Brigitte from the Once and Future in the issue, which is kind of a neat thing. That I think he's like, that, well, that's, 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 that's what I'm going to throw in there. Adam West Boulevard's not? No, because that's something that is meaningful to this. These shout-outs, who is she shouting? I mean, she's just doing Somebody that. Somebody who's meaningful to Batman. Yeah, yeah. With that, how many streets are there? I mean, seriously. A lot? But, and city? also, it's not a new thing. Seeing somebody use a character from their book that's over at Image, that's kind of a neat and, and unique deal. And with that, though, that's you, almost like you Ben is bringing up Doc Savage and his freaking no, run of uh, Superman. It's not because then he Justice, never names this person, so it's not as bad. It's just an old lady walking down the street, but it's nice, a little wink wink to people who are fans. And that book is very popular, but what you said at the beginning and then continued to say in this, you ended up having this seemingly already disjointed from what the lay of the land is in Gotham right now. Oracle has too much going on in the tech deal uh, where she should be low tech. And instead of dealing with that, she's building robots. Mariko Tamaki has done what she's done all along, never playing around with anything but her own book. You have a fear state that's based on a magistrate and a scarecrow. And what you do is say, I'm just going to force more of my heel vile mouth monsters in. That's not playing along. That's not getting involved. And so when I go into this whole thing, it just shows me that she's not well aware of what's going on. Also, this here is very forced. A lot of things that are set up feel like they're out of the blue. They're not set up. They're just introduced and thrown at you so that she has these pieces of her puzzle. She always ends up changing things she always ends up writing herself into a corner and i think that that huntress thing is full out gonna be the MacGuffin a couple times where oh no we can't find somebody wait a minute i have a vision and we'll There's have a that violent then, act going on over here the idea that we're gonna have a book without batman it's awesome having the, the set of characters i love all the characters that are gonna be involved with i think that when you show me then nakano's wife i'm like i really don't i hate to say it i don't care about Nakano's wife. Nakano has been the picking bag this whole time. Let him just be that and go with it. And you have some great characters. Let's deal with them. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm a six out of 10, but I'm really not looking forward to that weekly book right now. We'll, we'll save our, you know, whatever we think, uh, obviously, when we get to it then. But this doesn't have me fired up to go. And I think that that the backup is just to keep pounding in the Arkham Tower, Arkham Tower, Arkham Tower. So when we get there, it's not like, holy crap, where'd this come from? I just from? want to read The Fall of the House of Usher again. Yeah, I don't know. That's too much reading. But uh, I would probably like that. But 6 out of 10 for me as well. What are we talking about next? Action Comics number 1038, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with Sean Aldridge on the backup and art by Miguel Mendonca, Adriana Lucas, and Dave Sharp with Adriana Mello and Hi-Fi on the backup. Superman and the Authority have screwed the pooch on the assault on World World because for those of our heroes who haven't died, the rest have been split up to become slaves or gladiators. Thankfully, though, it's always darkest before the dawn because midnight is still loose and it's possible that our Man of Steel being among the people of World World may actually inspire more hope than him simply liberating them. Plus, a Martian Manhunter backup. Yeah, and me and you, I think it was on the spotlight, the badass spotlight, where we were all excited because we actually do like the Martian Manhunter oh, yeah. backup because it's fun and it's colorful and that's all we need. The backups don't have to be 
the selling point. And the thing is, it makes sense for what it's doing because it is just the Martian Manhunter doing his Martian Manhunter superheroing, and it makes sense. It's not, it's well written and it looks great. And I like the idea where you have this. There's not really a lot of Martian Manhunter going along right no. now. So have a backup where you could just have people who like and, you know, have some fun, maybe even introduce the characters, some people. Later on, I'm going to say that I wish that's what they did with Jackson High, but that's, you know, what we talk about later. But still, I, I like the backups to be something where it gives you a positive feeling about a character and maybe a writer or, or an artist as well, which we get that in this. That's all we need. There's not a lot that we need. And I'll say, OK, that's worth an extra buck. You have a smile, whatnot. Uh, it, it helps when the regular issue is good as well. And this one is. It, it really is. And we were talking about this before we started. The idea of some people saying this is a classic story already. I'll wait till it's over to, to judge that. Right. But when they also talk about Definitely this. It's better, though. Yeah, it has. And I said to you, a lot of people are mad because, you know, Philip Kenny Johnson ends up only on action. He got Superman taken away. But I told you, I think that that's when this started getting really good, when he could focus on one book. And, yeah, this whole thing with Mongol, we were worried at points that it felt like they were trying to just Thanos him up. Even oh, as it, it totally still does. Even when we have this whole now. thing, when we have Superman in chains, chains in the arena after we saw his ass getting kicked the last issue, when you have his dark or his black order going on here, who's basically his lieutenants going on in even that weird, you know, uh, decrepit war zoon guy that's going around and talking about behold the the master of jaro the master uh, staro the master of dark side the master of mongol who was it almost just seems like that guy who was um in the, like you know the infinity war and end game kind of thing but like i forget his name i think his name's the ebony man or something like that from the comics but it just seems like the whole thing like behold you know thanos who was like you know the the ruler of all he were giving your lives to thanos for the greater good it, it really just feels like the situation and it's, it's not a bad thing. I just don't want to be thinking about other comic book characters and even movies because that's what I know most about with Marvel at this point in time. When I'm looking at a Superman book and especially the idea that we're using this as a way to elevate Mongol more than he has in you know two decades now. Yeah, and if if you want to get involved, then one of the things that people are pointing to too, and if you if it's something that interests you, Philip Kenny Johnson on his Twitter. He expands some of his mythos here and things like that. I usually try not to get involved with that because I go with what's on the page. You know, we're going with the comics. Yeah. But he does seem real inspired to make this big. Yeah, it does kind of play off some other things. But when we get to the actual issues, I'm actually really liking it and like seeing the potential here of a Superman without powers rising up and inspiring people. This is kind of what we wanted at the end of the DCYOU. When Superman ended up losing his powers then in a different way and all that, he ended up becoming a jerk who w wanted to commit suicide at one point and ended up doing all this crazy stuff. This is a Superman that's so beaten and so down but will not give up. That's Superman. I mean, that's all you need to do. And I do like that. And I do like the interactions of what's going on even when Midnighter comes and he's pissed off like everybody. Well, Midnighter's pissed off because Apollo almost died. He was able to get away. And then when Superman is thrown into a cage with all these different ferocians and stuff like that, and he's able to make his way to Superman and say, all right, buddy, we're going to get out of here. And Superman says, no, I'm not going to walk away from these people, inspiring all this hope and you know just goodwill in my heart. Listen, Midnighter's pissed. Oh, and the whole thing even we saw in Future State when we had, you know, uh, Shiloh Norman on freaking Warlord walking around. He just walks past, you know, Midnighter dooring around and stuff like that. It seems almost like 30 like or 10 years from now, 
Midnighter's just still, he's on still there. Around he's the like, I hate you, Superman. You jerk, you love me. But yeah, I, I do like the idea of this team that he got together, and there is, you know, up in the air, where are the rest of them? What happened to them? All this, where you have this going down. And I do like seeing even that little bit of nugget where the Felosians are like, don't talk to that guy. He's a failure. Superman, bah. He's nothing but a regular man, and he's beaten. And you even see in that little bit where a beaten man who's still there to save everyone, even after they're throwing shade at him and all that, and they even say so probably shit. Mid- Midnighter says, did you hear? And that's where Midnighter is. He's right. But again, they don't want to be free, Superman. You came here. You told us all this. They were cheering for us dying and getting killed. What are you doing? And he's like, no, no, no. We're still here for the people who weren't cheering. And he's like, screw you and please. Midnighter is not the beacon of hope. That, and you know, what I Superman like about is. it is, is it does allow then that younger flow. Like, like Apollo they hear this. is on the verge of yeah. death. That's all he cares about at this point in time. Besides this idea that there's mostly a thing is Apollo is inspired by Superman. Midnighter loves Apollo. So the thing is, the reason that they're on this team is because of Apollo. In my mind, Midnighter obviously still wants to do the right thing, but they were decimated and Superman doesn't want to leave. And Midnighters are like, you know, the person that I love the most in this world is about to die, and you couldn't give a fuck less because we were just, you know, soldiers to you. But like, the thing is, Superman does care, especially in this version of Superman. When you see this whole thing, you know, Midnighter might throw some shady left and right to Superman, but he, as much as he cares about the Felosians and his mission, he cares ultimately about his team that he put together as well. But you know why? Because he is this version of Superman. Yeah, and he goes and he he ends up where. Leah, she's a, he gets her down. He ends up giving they she give did. they give him an axe because he's gonna have right, to right. fight Caljo, this traitor. The guy was supposed to keep an eye on Midnighter. He didn't, so Mongol is gonna show that he's nonsense and they're gonna battle. Superman and this Caljo. He gets this axe and throws it and throws it to cut down Leah so he can talk to the dead body. I mean, basically say, You're not gonna stay dead. You're This important. isn't the end of your story, Leah. Do you hear me? He's crying as you see trouble coming up behind i mean he is only caring about doing this he knows he's going to get the crap maybe die here but with that he's doing that seeing him cry it's big you also have omac you know going nuts at one one point though because i love the superman and the authority four issue many that we had from grant morrison leading into this series but even though we said four issues and we spent some time with a lot of the characters putting together the authority team to go to war world omac I have no idea who this character is besides for a big, a big hulking brute of a character, like, you know, and it's a new version of an OMAC. Besides that, I know nothing except for they love, you know, Leo Light right now. She's dead. So now OMAC is going to go berserk even more. For some reason, I mean, it, it kind of points here that it is a guy. I thought it was a girl. I, I actually, that kind of, not that it matters either way, but it kind of threw me off when you end up having Chattel's, you know, yelling stuff and going. And OMAC gets free and they yell, Chattel, look out. He's. And then attack him like, I actually thought it was a girl. But you end up going with all this going down here where, you know, he's going to end up trying to get the Leah, kind of get revenge for and gets just decimated as well. They're increasing the chains. Yeah, that's uh, that's armor. He's seeing better days. Yeah. And so these chains here, you know, that's part of this whole mythos we've had. But that they're now part of the machine here. They're going to battle. They're going to get their chains. They're going to do all this. But you do end up having Omax say, I'm never going to let you go i'm never gonna forget what you did to leah uh because yeah she appears to be dead i mean she is dead the tangent flash yeah so all of this going down where i mean you see and it's nice that you don't 
see Superman get really the crap kicked out of him. We can see the aftermath that gets yeah, thrown so you in. You don't see it, but you see that he is he is a bloody, broken mess. I mean, I think it goes better to just throw him in here and, yeah, he's a mess. And you end up where the, the Philosians there, and he recognizes them. You look like the Philosians, I know, and ends up like, you're nothing. You're not, because they're there. They have to fight. They have to get out. They can't rely on this, quote-unquote, Superman who looks like he's nothing. And so they end up kind of dissing him, but he ends up still hopeful and still wants to save him. And there is that weird deal. But I do like when, again, we talk about Midnighter comes and says, you know, your nonsense, all this. And it's a good way to show because it's it's natural that Midnighter would come and be pissed off. But this is kind of like you could play this heavy handed, have Superman. Well, I'm Superman and I think this, I think that I like it better this way and have. You know, that young Philosian hear him say that to already put a nugget of inspiration and hope with all of that going down. But we see there's even more. It's a weird thing, too, because we get so little here. Just the idea. And it's, again, maybe it's a detriment to the story, but I don't think it is so far. But when I see things like this, it, it harkens back to other things that I've seen in different moves and stuff like that. Where you have something along these lines who inspires hope in it. Or even when we had the original time of like, you know. Back in, I think it was the late 80s when uh, Superman was with Draga on World World and they like caused a revolution with the Guardians to overthrow Mongo and stuff like that. It harkens back to all these different things, but it feels like a slow burn story that we're going to be stuck here for a while where like you, you will see Superman in a cell or fighting in an arena. But event, mo- mostly in my mind, we're going to be down here with the man of the people building up their trust, building up hope for one day with a man without the powers of a god who was the... You know, the destroyer of the Mongol who was or Staros, like that. A man who's just slightly like a little bit stronger than they are can overthrow somebody as strong as Mongol. And the thing is, that could be a great angle to the story. I just don't want it to overstay its welcome and people get bored with it. I have an I have an idea that I think might make you giggle. But first, I do like again, though, I like where Midnighter comes in. He's strong shade. Superman's allowed to give that kind of speech, but he's not giving a speech. This is not what you normally have. This isn't Heroes in Crisis, where Superman gets on the podium and, you know, starts being a mouthpiece thing. He's saying this, beaten up, but you also get some things to remind people. There are red suns powering this. He has no powers. That whole thing, because Midnighter says, we can blow this thing up. We can get out of here. Also, the idea, Midnighter says, we can leave right now. uh, We have the deal. And he's like, no, we can't. And the thing is, we can leave, we can blow up the Red Sun generators, the center, but the thing is, we leave, we screw these people, we blow those up, we kill these people. We can't do that to everything going here. We are, like, you know, pretty much here for the duration, Midnighter. What I think we're getting, and what I think even in this, where Superman is there, he gets the crap kicked out of him, oh my god, I swear to god, we're getting Rocky Four. We're going to end up with the idea that everybody's against him now. Midnighter oh, yelled no, it. You're totally you know what I mean? It's Rocky Four. It, the whole thing. At I the think end, when he goes freaking blow for blow with Mongol in the front of the arena right there, and everybody's chanting for Mongol, and then, and it, then becomes it changes. The, the Mongol who is to the Superman yeah, who is, exactly. and then it becomes great, and then Superman's all bloody and broken. If yous can get along, and you know stuff like that, everybody can get along. And then Superman ends the Cold War. Yeah, I'll go even further because now it's a member Rocky. Oh my God! I guess I Happy Birthday, Polly. He had all the glitz and glamour, and then he had to train in, in the Russian Siberia oh, yeah. with the things. That's all Superman's going to do here. He's now going to train with the Philosians to get. He didn't have the amenities himself. of a rich man. Exactly. He had to go back to basics. Yeah, he went back. That's what Superman's going to do. It's all going to. It all sets up for me but to even just with be that, Rocky Four, and I think that's fun. With Superman not beheading the freaking guard of Mongol, Cal Joe, who lets Midnighter escape here, and we see at the end after, you know, Superman's talked to Philosian, Superman's talked to Midnighter, we see that Cal Joe is in a cell across from him talking about the idea of hope and even drawing the Superman symbol 
in the sand right there. It almost feels like this is going to be a play of what we had in the late 80s as well with the character Draga. He actually even looks a lot like Draga in my mind. But like he will stand up with Superman and be one of his first allies because he did not kill him and he likes what Superman's selling right now. Draga, Drago. Eric, it all works. It all works. Also, I, I think as I say that, I hope that's the name of the guy. I, I, I hope it is too now. I, I, I wonder though, I need somebody to go by and go, what are you writing, Bright Eyes? What's that, the Bright Eyes? <laughs> you want it to be part of the I Apes, out of, the apes out of nowhere too. I'm okay, telling it's you. Draga. Draga, Drago. I'm telling I think that this might be something where he actually is playing this out in his mind, like, oh, this is going to be cool. And then you're going to see it's going to be this Rocky is Cal Four. Joe, Jim. Yeah, this is Cal Joe. But, you know, happy birthday, Cal Joe. And really, Midnighter. Well, the robot. Midnighter's Polly. Because Polly was pissed off when when Rocky wanted to go back to basics. Polly wasn't used to the basics. Does this mean that Light Ray is Apollo? Yeah, and really, here we go. What else happens? We're going to end up having this fight somehow, like that crazy email. I think the final fight will be broadcast to the universe, and you're going to have John there, and he's going to be doing the fights like Rocky's kid, and then yeah. he's going to be like, I love you, Lois. I love you too, Rocky. That's going to it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, I, I, if it's not that, I'm going to be so it's upset. It's going to be broadcast on Christmas Eve yeah, around the world. It's going to be that. And everybody's going to be cheering for the Rockies because he's already getting beat or to crap. Supermans. All that Superman could do is take a beating right now. It's Rocky. Oh, I love it, Eric. Oh, I love it. Yes, Rocky Four is great. Yeah. What, you, what do you think about Action Comics? And when he gets Leah and takes her down. Is, is Leah right now Apollo Creed? We got Apollo. He's already off and hurt. He's everybody's almost dead. inspired by Apollo. And Leah could be Apollo, too. It all works. It works so well. Apollo. I just need ding ding. I need some running. Like, who's Burt Young? Who did you say was Burt Young? I said uh, that's uh, Midnighter pissed off because okay. he's mad that now Apollo, they went and you right. lied to me. You're not giving me what I want. I've, I should have been bigger. Oh, my right. goodness gracious. I don't know who Mac is in this thing. Who's Brigitte Nielsen? Uh, Brigitte Nielsen is a uh, chattel. Yeah, that's who that is, okay. yelling and screaming, you know. So instead of being really tall, you got decrepit. Well, it looks more like her now. So, well, it all works. Oh, I'm so flabbergasted, Eric. My score is just shot to the moon. But I like it. I do like it. Yeah. I like. I also like it where... It's bigger than anything we've had in a long time. Even when you today. go down, usually I'll get upset about those sort of things where, you know, let's get the chains longer or whatever. But it does fit. It does play off like this is going to be a slow burn. Like you said, that worries me a little. But what we're getting here, I think, is is really, really good. And seriously, you're going to give OMAC just enough chains so they can choke you out. That's all they're going to do. It needs chain to or choke you out. Or is they going to give OMAC enough chains to choke herself? Oh, that would be. That's again, though. Is it a guy or a girl? I, I really, I, I don't know because they say, watch out. I imagine it would be a trans man. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. They'd never really said anything. And that's why I said they before. But I'm yeah, not sure. I think I'm just going to go they because maybe it was like a little bit of a miscue with that. I don't know, but. Then we get the backup with well, Marshall Manor. Too, because when you said that, I'm like, oh, man, I don't I don't want to mess up these pronouns. But I also, I'm not sure because, like I said in the beginning with Superman and Authority, where I really love that series. Well, we need didn't more. Didn't get anything out of That's Omar, what I want. Right I have no idea who this character is. And while you were talking about it, I looked it up like real quick, obviously, and didn't do a deep dive of digging or anything like that. But can't find anything. Not even only like OMAC DC like wiki pages. Yeah, or there's like nothing that. about them. So there's so, no information online about this OMAC as well, and I'm lost. I want to see, and you know, unfortunately, Leah's dead, so it's hard now, to you know find because out. Because we, yeah, know, we know, looking at things from that piece of source that was left on Earth before that light ray is is yeah. I, again, though, I also I also really like the idea that Mongol here 
has stepped up his game, but boy, he is really touting himself as the be all end all. And, and to just say, like, he's bigger than Dark Side. You're like, well, even this thing right here, where, you know, we could kill Superman right now, but the thing is, that's too much. Was everybody who's been counting around Superman dolls, the Felosians, or just wearing Superman symbols, or just talking about the idea that Superman will one day see this, we're going to keep the Superman alive. We are going to freaking destroy him every bit that we can to show that everybody here, there is no hope in the world, and the person they worship is nothing under the fucking foot of Mongol. Yeah, and again, what I really like about this, and then we'll go to the Marshman Hunter thing is- You done fucked up, Mongol. That's your first mistake. You kept him alive. You see that each time it seems like Mongol thinks that he's won, he's, he's falling deeper and deeper in the pit here, because even at the end, with- you know, the idea that the guy who he's going to fight ends Cal up, right? Yeah, Cal Joe writes uh, hope because Superman didn't fight back and then starts, he's still positive about it, still talking positively, and it kind of inspires him. Uh, and also, Mongol treat him like crap. So he's got a couple people already on his side. It just has to build and build and build. And I like the idea that you have Superman. Yeah, you can say you elevated Mongol. But on War World, Mongol's Mongol. You have that. I like that Superman in this isn't the idea of, well, we have to elevate every other character to make Superman down and then prove this. It feels right. Well, the thing is, you have elevated Mongol on World World as well because you have actually shown us what World World, yeah. World, World. World is. Because, you know, anything we've seen recently, you have an entire moon-sized freaking starship base that we have going around. And it always essentially just seemed that it was Mongol just hanging on there all lonely-like. Because the last time we saw Warworld going to Earth to destroy it, Superman destroyed that. So if there was people on it, he killed everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, and I, I'm glad you brought that up when he's like, no, we can't because there's innocent people. And I'm like, you never said that the other seven times. I'm like, telling you, we have destroyed lesson. Warworld like three times in the last decade. Yeah, we have. Like. How Jordan's dead. Everybody's doing it. It's the hip thing it's to do with the kids, right? Uh, but yeah, I really do like this. And man, if it's Rocky Four, I'm I'm totally in. Uh, we go just when you the funniest just thing I'm going through five. all that and you go who's the Apollo you can't imagine the smile that popped on my face <laughs> <laughs> like, you did well, it just because Apollo died it's like is Leah Apollo God I still say it's a combo of the team mostly being but there is an Apollo so it makes me laugh but we go the, the Martian Man under backup I'm not going to say it's going to you know blow the roof you know off the oh, place no, it's or whatever it's nice thing where he's gone to the museum to go find a, a stolen idol that harkens back to his days early like you know. I want to say it was the 60s adventures in the House of Mystery has been stolen. And when he's in, like looking into this whole thing, we also have the human flame show up. One of the, you know, Martian Manhunter villains, because the thing is, he has a few, I guess, but nobody could ever name any, like, you know, top five Martian Manhunter villains, unless you are a big Martian Man- Manhunter fan. And I was upset last issue because we had the human flame show up. I'm like, it's a real shame that we used him right now because we just had in the Black Man on many where the human flame, his life force was taken by the Devil Ray. And at least the thing is, was disappointed then. Happy as hell now because we find out right away in this issue when Martian Man goes after this human flame that he's a new human flame. There was a secret benefactor that gave him this suit to go and do this to be a big shot. And it's, so it's a new guy. I'm like, even though it kind of looks like the original one, like look at him up close. Yeah, but he has the new guy. And he kind of makes him some hey, he fits the parties. But somebody is going back to Martian Manhunter's past and digging up things, whether it's the human flame, the idol that he was put there before. There's a lot of things that somebody is, it looks like somebody is obviously targeting Martian Manhunter and he's going to have to look into this. The weird part about it is that we have this weird speed plot going on where there's a kidnapped daughter of a man. You have a what seems like almost like a psychic girl in the freaking alleyway that calls out Martian Manhunter. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing right now because it does. It feels so. And again, it's going to connect at some point because it'd be a weird thing not to connect it out of nowhere and just have two side stories going on at once. But 
I was so enthralled in the idea of this, like, you know, Martian Manhunter's past being messed with and being brought up into his face, and they're like being right on front street about it. It had this weird, like, cops, you know, and in, not interrogated, but questioning the father of a kidnapped girl or a girl who's gone missing for a good section of the book to have this young girl shows up at the end talking to Martian Manhunter and calling him out. It seems really weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, Agent Ostrander. Uh, you, you also in this you like problem with that yeah, kind of roll my eyes. it throws me out it really does some of these things where i'm like oh because just me oh that's even if i think it's cool it, it gets me out of the deal but with that first off if you're going to be the benefactor you're going to get the human you, you have to find your johnny bravo he has to fit the suit so you know you have to have a look but you get that no i mean like his face oh, look. i'm saying you have to get the whole thing going i'm saying oh, you go you and find somebody who looks like him same demand all that you got the same dirty looking mustache oh yeah yeah or you have them grow that and come back to me later you know when you want to be that going on you have to be one of those method actors right and go uh but i do like it and I like the idea that now, and it is Sean Aldridge, right? Is that who he yeah. said? Yeah, Sean Aldridge. You end up at the end, like you said, okay, there's these two things going. I hope they connect. Is this weird? But Sean Aldridge is already in a backup, has gained a bit of confidence with me knowing the continuity of going on right now. Some of these main writers have struggles with that. Either it's an editor telling them that, and it is Mike Cotton there, and we like Cotton. But the all-hall idea of this is, You've already shown that you know things and connect things with that. Okay, this isn't the original human flame. So with that, I'm thinking, all right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt at the end. It looks a little wonky. Uh, what's going to go on with that? But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Again, it seems like a weird situation though, just because our plot, the things that were stolen from the museum, like the the idol that Marshall Manhunter was initially looking for, it seems like the story is going to be around a internet forum called Catharsis. Uh, I'm not going to be able to say this because I can't read, but Arius. Catharsis Arius, I believe is how you pronounce this whole thing. And this man who's being questioned by the police, whose daughter, sort of like, you know, frequenting this forum before and said that she found people just like her. And I don't know. They never see the daughter's name. Yeah, because I don't think the ending is her. I don't think that that would be her. I think it might be her because she says, my name's Zoe. My friends call me Zook. But if she says that, like, the father talks to the police about the idea, she has finally found people like her. She's not an outcast anymore for whatever they're into. And then she ran away. But then you had the situation where, like, Zook here, who talks to Marsha Manor and says, it was kids, you know, you know, the people that broke into the museum. So it seems like this whole idea where Zoe is, like, is going off with the rest of these girls and whether or people. And Zoe might just be this guy's daughter as well or somebody else. The way that it plays, I mean, just the idea, oh, I'm here, I patrol this area. I don't know why they'd be patrolling areas and things like that. And the idea, though, is this guy looks like he's, like, 70. That girl looks like eight. And, uh, you know, he says, you know, these teens and all. I don't know. This girl looks to me like a, like a nine-year-old, uh, the way it's played out. But that could just be art things well, and yeah, Like, you understand somebody being short for their age. Well, I mean, it's not even just short. And the idea, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And and with Martian Manor, we've had wacky things happening of figments of the imagination. And, and also, so. in my mind, Martian Manor is really tall. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I just look at her there. It just doesn't seem like a teen that was. And that guy looks old. There, there could be problems there. Where's the mother, Eric? I don't know. The, these families nowadays, but what is wrong with you? It was nice enough, and again, it didn't. It didn't get me non-excited about buying the or getting the whole issue. No, it's no, colorful. It's, I like Martian Man. It's really, it really looks good. I can't say it's as intriguing as the previous issue because I just really liked going with this idea of harking back to Martian Manhunter's past, having a Martian Manhunter backup to begin with. This one. It's doing a lot of different stuff without Martian Manhunter, and it's okay still because you're telling a bigger story, but 
it's still really good, especially it's probably one of the best backups we've had in a long time in any of these books. I agree. I agree Besides with that. Besides everybody's, you know, fan favorite of Just League Dark and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Just League Dark everybody loves, and also that Midnighter. Uh, you, yeah. you love that. We're Tales of the <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Uh, a lot of people may like that backup of the young Diana, but we just, it was not for us. That but, was never a thing. I, yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know. It, it, it didn't exist in your mind, but what did you give this overall? I like this a lot. I look forward to what we're going to have going forward with Superman because it is something that's elevating not only Superman himself, but Mongol. And it's a good time so far in a not so good time of what's going on with our Man of Steel, but I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going 8.5 as well. I really liked it. And yeah, the backup with Martian Manhunter, cool enough. I want to see what goes on there, but I'm kind of, you know, getting ready for this slow burn deal. Hopefully it doesn't get to a point where, you know, when you, you get the whole idea of adding the links to the chain, that was a neat little deal. You have the Flosians, but there are a lot of things that Philip Kennedy Johnson seems to really want to get like real deep. I don't really need more of a deep dive into the links and the Flosians. And the, I want to see Superman. I'm worried that we might end up or OMAC. I mean, if we find out more about OMAC, then I'll be, you know, really happy. I just hope that this stays this sort of pacing. You see a lot of everything going on. I really do like it. 8.5. But what's next? Next up, we have The Flash, number 777, written by Jeremy Adams with R5 Fernando Passerin, Matt Ryan, Jeremy Cox, and Rob Way. The hunt for Eclipso is on as our hero and Dr. Fate join up with the Just League Dark and Amethyst to travel through to Gemworld to find out what Eclipso is up to. And sadly, they also have to join up with the Dark Lord Opal, fight Graboids to figure out that this is that this entire world is going to become a dark antenna for the Vengeance Demon. Even with all that, though, we have half the book through the perspective of Jay West and his adventures and following his sister and her new friend, Maxine Baker. Yeah, and you have the idea that, you know, Jay's still upset. He doesn't have his powers there. Oh, my goodness, he's upset. Now he has a diary. Now, with that, do you like Maxine? You you dig her? You like her? No, I don't like this. The whole thing is it's Animal Man's daughter, and I don't remember her being like this. And I don't know that people realize that. That it is Animal Man's daughter here. I'm like, what is Buddy Baker and his family doing in Central City? Well, here's the thing. We'll see. And we're coming out of, you know, death metal and all that and the Infinite Frontier that I like this. I like having this. Then also, you can go with the idea of, look at that lying little girl. But is she not acting like her father? Well, she is Animal Man's daughter. Why wouldn't she be lying? Well, the, oh my goodness. You did Rawr. it. You did it. Or like any test, she might be cheetah-ing. But you end up here it was good where I don't think people actually would have realized that that's Max. And it really, if you're going to go by continuity, don't say it's Animal Man's daughter. It's Animal Man. It's Animal Gal. I mean, she is it's the, the avatar. It's the girl who was supposed to be the avatar for the red that Buddy Baker took over until she was old enough. Yeah, I think that that's kind of going to be wiped away with this whole Infinite Frontier and stuff. I think it'll just Thing be is, I out. think it will still be the idea because she's still not old enough in my mind to become the Avatar, so Buddy still has some years behind him. With that, you don't get enough Animal Man anyway, and I think they'll say, let's not try to explain that. He's just there and maybe work that into a further story well, down the, the line. the thing is, you say that because even when we had the cliffhanger where, you know, uh, Ivory sneaks out with Maxine out of the house to go hang out even though she's not supposed to, and as they're walking down the street in the night and they're confronted by some huge hulking monster, I have to assume the reason is, is because this is an avatar for the Red, and why Ivory might think because of her Speed Force connection that she's the target, and we have that great reveal about who Maxine Baker is. I mean... The weird thing is, is I'm like, what's Blockbuster doing in town? He's, it does look like Blockbuster. Doesn't it look like Blockbuster? I got, the, the weird thing is, I'm like, can I make that seem like a, Solomon and it's Grundy actually. came out with some long I, hair. I, yeah, really. I'm sitting there thinking like, what animal could that be? Because I really just want it to be Buddy. 
coming, yeah. but it doesn't look at that. But I no, do seriously though, even if you had this being somebody going after and going after Maxine, we think that that's the case. It could just be an animal man villain who's going after a daughter because his, you know, he's on Front Street of who he is and whatnot. Yeah. But we'll see. That that's not here nor there. But I did think that that was a cool deal because I'm there reading is it. Nothing cooler though, because Buddy Baker is a great, you know, I love him. He, he is a great point for people to go because people like Animal Man, Buddy Baker. That is a great go for that character. But the idea that he is only the stand-in until Maxine is old enough to become this whole avatar for the Red, I think it's an even greater bit because when Buddy Baker eventually, because look, we have all these next generation characters, these legacy characters right now that I love and adore. Even John Ken taking over Superman and stuff like that. Connor Hawk's back and he was once Green Arrow and stuff. If you eventually can lead to Maxine becoming Animal Woman, no, I love it. I like that future. And I like seeing her because also, and, and we're talking about this, really doesn't have tons to do with the issue, but Not it also it starts the, biggest thing for me. the War of the Avatars, Eric. <laughs> you have it. And even later in Harley, we get some things with Ivy. It's all playing into your deal. But it's you not. end up where Jay, he's still upset that he doesn't have powers. What is he? No, in the future, he'll get him back one yeah, day. I actually was hoping it was this issue. I really thought for some reason it would be, but you end up where he's doing his action journal and it's a narration device. And you kind of go back. On, that grow up, Jay. Just like your dolls that you have right there on your desk. Hey, these are action. Yeah, fixes. exactly. So you have that. And he's, <laughs> no, I know what they are. He is kind of pissed off and, but he's, he's d- doing his thing. I mean, he's trying his best and they're in school. You end up, Seeing this relationship with Maxine and, and that does that's more and I like that that's just the walk a day everyday life of these kids and we haven't had tons of the kids by themselves so I like it the idea that we have uh, like half the issue focused on Jay West watching his sister Irie and using his action log is not only a way of a coping mechanism to make himself feel better but using it as a way to log down things he could use against his sister later and get like you know her the homework for a week whatever it was that he wanted like more, her TV time or something like that. And then keep doing it as a way to screw her over because she's going out and breaking the rules with Maxine, who he doesn't like anyway, because she's a kind of a sus little girl, like, you know, kind of. She's a bad seed the way she shows I up. I like this aspect a lot, especially because us on Gemworld with Wally West, the Justice League Dark, and Amethyst and Dr. Fate fighting Graboids to get the Dark Lord Opal to find out that he's still locked up for all the bad shit he's ever done to go and find out why would Eclipso come here? Oh my god, he could use quartz as an antenna and this entire world is a big old freaking gem. He's going to use all of gem order to use his dark influence across the multiverse. And I'm like, but I can understand these are big words that inspire a lot of confidence. The idea of like, oh my god, the story's going to be amazing. But when I see it played out, like we're fighting a gigantic worm for a quarter of the issue, then it's Dark Lord Opal, and I just I just hate Gemworld. And then we have this whole thing where I just want to find out why Eclipso was in a cosmic glaive is now in Starbreaker, who then goes to freaking Gemworld, going to do all, like, there's a lot of background I need to know, and being in Gemworld to find out what he's going to do is not giving me what I want to know. Now we go back to Earth and we just deal with the West kids. It's I'm smart, having right? a fucking I was having ball. a good time. And, and the weird thing is, too, you get this JLD group, they're on Gemworld, got Amethyst, all these things don't really add up to any sort of fun. They don't add up to anything because, like you said, it is a bit of a convoluted mess at the point. At the end, the big thing is, oh, my God, the Just League Dark, they're, you know, possessed and all got a clip. But the thing and even going back to the idea where it looks like we might retcon a little things, change it into the idea that there might be a better reason for Wally West, who is you know, like he's invulnerable to Eclipso's like, you know, machinations because of his hang loose attitude. Like we joked about previously, that was really bothersome to me. 
I feel like we might go along and say that there's a different reason that it happens, but we haven't yet, and we just have this being our linchpin to why Wally West has to be the hero of the story, because he's an even keel kind of guy, so he doesn't get mad. I'm like, oh, that kills me. You have one of the biggest bads in the DC universe here. He's taking over the Justice League Dark. He's using Gem World as an antenna. Again, kind of a cool concept, but I need a, I need to have a lot more answers before we get to that point. But then Wally just being like, I'm an even keel guy. It's cool. Maybe that's what we're going to do. We're going to end up with the JLC, the Justice League chill, Eric. And we're going to have like Booster Gold. He's Captain Cold. He can't. That's not that type of like Booster. It's fine. He's been on Justice League before. Booster's like hang loose, but he's he's got issues. He's not a calm guy. We need people who hang loose, Eric. And I'm telling you, you have Booster. You have Wally. I don't know who else. I don't know who else. Ted doesn't hang loose. Uh, He's kind of a sad sack anymore. Ted doesn't hang loose. We need hang loose characters. On the Justice League chill. And I think that we only have two. We have a chill league of two. Well, we'll figure out some others that hang loose. Usually, if you hang loose as a hero, you get killed. So that's I have like a million action figures in front of me. All these different characters I keep walking. And I'm like, who is chill? Yeah, who is going to be chill? Joe chill. Yeah, again, you might have to go and throw in, you know, Mr. Freeze, Captain Cold. It doesn't I got, work. I got Kyle Rayner here. I'm like, no, he's had a lot of tragedies he in has, his life. He has, but he still does hang loose a little. I could, I could fudge him on. I could, but I could feel like he'd just wake up and have a bad day and be a sad sack as well. Then you kick him out. I mean, that's part of the charter. And then he takes off his shirt, and then you see that yellow lantern symbol that Sornik burned on his chest. They're like, hey, where'd that come from? And then he talks about it. You sad. give him a hug. <laughs> give him a kiss. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to hug people. It's a little not chill to me. Guy Gardner ain't allowed in this one. He's not allowed no. to just like chill. He can't be in there. But yeah, I, I'm now making the team. We're going to have to figure this out. Who that Billy Batson? Shazam. Is he chill? He kind of is. Yeah, I, I would think, yeah, even actually... Shazam is more chill than Billy. I mean, Shazam kind of goes. Like, can, can we like you move the powers around where he gets like the chill of Solomon? Yeah, that's, that's what he gets me. Didn't I didn't realize Solomon was so chill. Uh, but yeah, you can do that. <laughs> You're a wise old dude. You chill. We have three people on the team. We just need a couple more. Who else? No, is chill? Thing is, I imagine though, like Billy's on the team for a little while, then he realizes that Mary Marvel has her own book and he doesn't have one. He's not chill anymore. Yeah, he gets mad. That's the meta reason why he's off the team. <laughs> oh man. He's off. But yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some more chill characters. There's but, nobody here at my freaking computer table that's well, chill. Well, you don't like the chill guys, right? You're, you're more of the intense. You know, Iron from the Metal Men's pretty chill. Yeah, really. Mercury isn't, so he no, can't be in No, there. he's not. He's right next to Iron. He's right? a hothead, that guy, and he is liquid at room temperature. But you end up, but that's kind of chill. Right? I mean, that's there. They look at a room temperature, totally chill. Was Superboy, if we go back to when he was in Hawaii, was he, because I get the surfer dude there, but he wasn't exactly chill then either. He had a lot of lady problems. Yeah, he did. Okay, he's not in. And then you think about it, if he thinks about Hawaii and stuff like that, because his first girlfriend, Tana Moon, she died, and they they were both living in Hawaii before that, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's chill. We got three people, and and we're even pushing Kyle Rayner. He might not be able to be on there. Chris kind of chill. Yeah, well, he hates fire. <laughs> He's got a chill. I don't know. Uh, Bart, Bart can be on this. Bart Allen, he's in there. We got a two flash. Like he's a little bit. I think is is he too impulsive to be well, chill? But it, being impulsive sometimes might be kind of a weird opposite chill. I don't know. So we end up with this though, with the stuff <laughs> we talk with the about. stuff with the kids. Hey, welcome to the podcast. You end up to the suck. You end up where I love the school shenanigans. I love giving an it's Bizarro. Such, it's such a great deal. Yes, that'd be funny. You end up having Jay, who is sad about that, but instead of being Harry. But the thing is, he's not exactly sad because the thing is, he's disappointed that he doesn't have speed force powers like his sister who can go and do a I lot of stuff really sad. quickly. 
but he seems to be well adjusted with the idea that he doesn't have his powers anymore. Well, he, instead of being Harry of the Spy, he's being Jay the Dick. And he's, like you said, trying to just finagle ways to blackmail his sister, like thing, which is fun. Twins, I love that aspect that he is just, like, brothering the shit out of her. It is cool. Well, again, though, that is something like... Especially when she has a new friend and stuff like that is going off and not hanging out with him. And that's why I think that you could really delve into this with the not idea chill, of Jay. twins, Jay, not having the powers, too. That kind of throws you off because you want your twin to kind of be the same and you do things with that. But yeah. she has her own friend. They're hair, hair pals. Right, they're going off. Yeah, I like that. And you end up having the stuff that is so weird to sit there and say, okay, finding out that Jay ends up like Millhouse playing tetherball by himself, but then pulls it around to say, it's just so I can win. I can see what he's going with there. <laughs> that was a great way to come back it with that. It feels like a cry for help, and, and Linda's like, Oh, you're just like your dad. He's like, I need well, help, the idea Where the thing is, you're just like your dad. It's almost like Linda. I like Linda as a mom, but it's almost like Linda puts in the, the like the uh, the time, but only half as well as she could because even like you know what, Jay, I hear you playing tetherball by yourself. It's only so I could win. Ah, oh, you're just like your father. Well, I'm gonna go back to doing mommy stuff. Even when she goes in like like it's lights out, Jay. Like you've been writing your journal a lot lately. Like you know, write, mom. It really helps. <laughs> Good. Mommy likes writing, too. Good night, boy. Yeah, it all goes back. All roads lead back to Linda in this house. I got to do some writing myself. Go back to doing that too much, just like Mommy. You see the idea where they said when Wally West was taken out of the universe in the New 52, it took the heart and the soul out of the DC comics. <laughs> Wally leaves the house for a, a hot afternoon, and that house loses its heart and all of its feelings here, where it all leads back to Linda. Says you, Jay has a lot of heart in this, and I oh, love he does, Well, he's because he's just like his dad. They need somebody there. Linda is she doesn't care. I, Irie's rebelling here, and I like that just as much, but even though it's not like, you know, I want the kids just to be good kids because I'm a freaking sap like that, but she is rebelling and going out and doing stuff because she has speed force powers and is able to hang out with her next, her cool new best friend and stuff like that, who she will eventually find out might have powers as well, or at least has a connection to the Red, which is really freaking cool to have that in here. I want to know why the, the Bakers are in Central City, but right now, this is the best part, and it has nothing to do with the Flash, and that's a problem And I'm telling you, though, the Bakers had some problems back in the day, like Hey, who oh, yeah. knows where they're relocating and might be relocating to hide out. Now it's the deal. It's one of those things where he's not a star anymore and wants to keep away from the paparazzi. Yeah, or, you know, things about Animal Man and with his daughter, he wants to keep her and have a normal upper. I don't know. But with this, didn't change the name, though. So, But Linda also, just to get back to Linda, she goes, oh, why don't you play some video games? I can't right now. And looks at Jay. And then Jay's like, yep. I'm going to play some video games at a point where it's <laughs> definitely on the chart. It's Irie's time. Yep. And Linda never asks. She doesn't say, wait, wait a second. What's going on here? What are you two talking about? Kids, are you telling me that you bartered your time for other services Yeah, what, what exactly happened? No, yeah. that's what we did. Exactly. Or why is he doing the, what happened here? What's up? She's like, all it's right. give and take system, Jim. Yeah, she just walks away. This is how real life works. And she expects her kids to learn this. The big things in this aren't the big things. The big things that we love are all these things with the kids, and we haven't gotten a ton of the kids by themselves. And bringing Maxine in, that's amazing to me, and I can't wait to see how this goes forward. And I am so tickled for the idea that we even might have a... a, It's going to be a weird leap to do this. It's not even like what I'm going to explain here, but a pseudo-young justice where you're going to have an animal man's daughter and Flash's daughter hanging out, and if they both have powers sometimes, they can go on misadventures and have a great time. Like, I want to read that. Yeah, I, I just want to have, like, the time where they're like, okay, because, granted, Linda says you can't go over, you can't sleep over this girl's house because we haven't met their parents yet. And when Wally's back, just the idea that Wally's like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, 
holy crap, Animal Man. Like, buddy. what are you doing, buddy? Like, that that sounds like a lot of fun. And, and I, I think is, I want to know if Quiff's still alive now with the freaking world being rebooted uh, the way it I is. I hope he is. I hope he is. That guy. He, he actually, I love Cliff a lot because he looks like what I imagine like a down and out Roy Harper would have looked like as a kid, but also reminds me of the kid from the Terminator movies with the red hair Eddie and Fulon? the Terminator. Oh, you're too. talking about the kid from Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, yeah, Salute Your Shorts guy. He looks like him. Not that I like that guy, but it makes me giggle. Uh, the only thing that. So you're talking about Cliff, he's pretty cool, right? I like Cliff. And he had a bad time. The only thing that really felt forced in this, and I don't know why it was thrown in here, it made me roll my eyes, is. Oh, what am I going to do? This action log has no action. I should go play a sport, find a friend, read a comic. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you don't need that, you know, back padding here. Let's go on is, with If that. I'm writing this down, I know what I'm doing because I'm not making a friend or playing a sport. Well, That's exactly. a goddamn show. Sure. I mean, that is true with you. I, I mean, I know both of those are very hard for you. But comics it is. It's just there to almost action. be like, look at us. I'm going to go the read comics. action comics. Excitement quota is done for the day. Yes, yeah, really. <laughs> I can't play no sports now. Uh, but yeah, with this, I really like those parts. Sitting there playing beer pong with myself, sports. Uh, yeah, that, that's when you end up, Mom, I was playing beer pong by myself. You're like, you're 11. That sounds like a good time. Your mom wasn't exactly the one with the greatest decision makings herself. Tattoo. But you end up here with real fun with the kids, and that's great. The overall story with the chat, like, that's supposed to be the big stuff. That's universal I, changing I don't care stuff. about it. I really don't, but... Because I have so many questions beyond what we're dealing with. Because I like... It's almost like the idea of the Just League book. Like, the big thing should be the thing, but you like the backup with the JLD better. This, I'm like, oh, my God. Eclipso, Gem World, Big Antenna. No, no, no. I want to see Tetherball alone. No, no, exactly. I'm sorry. Just put those things. Wally West Flash... The Justice League Dark, Gemworld, Eclipso affecting the entire multiverse. <laughs> Jay with his action log playing Tetherball by himself. I can't get enough Tell of it. I more. want more. Yeah, I want to see. And Maxine. That's yeah. genius. So what do you give this overall? The thing is, I love the stuff with Jay, and I like a lot of this stuff with the idea of what you're doing with Eclipso. I just need to know how you're going to be playing into the idea of what the idea, Oi, the idea Oi. from what you did with the Cosmic Glaive, what it means, why Bing we have Eclipso there in the first place. I like this issue a lot more than we have been doing because it's not a gimmick and it's giving me something fun. 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going 7. I could even go 7.5, but I think that, again, that's too much of a score. It's too high a score in the idea that the big things aren't hitting. It's the side thing. But, boy, I love the side thing. And I, if, if they ended up like next issue, I know it would be bullcrap, but, oh, clip, so punch him in the face. Let's get back to this. I need to see play dates sleepovers and barbecues eric i want it all the bakers and the freaking west hanging out and having barbecues over the summer i'm like yes tell me more just imagine if you have like jefferson pierce move the freaking central city as well and you have his daughters out there and stuff like that i I want central city to become this place of like superhero friendships and neighborhoods and stuff like that where they go block parties and then you find out that it is the love of the wally west that ends up he's the cog for everything even cute everyone moves to central city i hear everybody's pretty even cute out here pretty chill you can have everybody hey what you know you had the just league detroit you got the just league people with kids right now that might have powers and stuff like that yeah i I was gonna say you know have natasha but natasha's off in the war world can't have her there but yeah we could have a bunch of these kids here and then damien comes in to gum up all the works he's not on the justice well, he's looking for chill. Like, you know teen titans when he gets out from his well, Lazarus projects. they're already making themselves it's easy he could just true. swoop them up but he'll he'll darken the crap up all of a sudden leanne moves from gotham to over to central city yeah. shoes yeah shoes that'd be awesome and she's cheshire cat over there she ain't got no family it's her adopted family Roy finds her. Okay, then Roy moves out there. And Roy moves out. Because Wally and I are good friends. And just think of Wally, Roy, 
animal man and then have those little kids where they think the adults adults think that they're doing the job but little did they know that they're not teaching they're being taught because the little kids are doing it all i'm telling you right now you're talking about the buffy episode the zeppa where the the heroes are out there thinking they're like saving the day when the three girls get together and actually do something bigger they do it they do the bigger things and they saw it'd be awesome it'd be so they defeat dark side jeremy adams come on yeah come on i hope i hope Oh, it's so cool. But yeah, screw it, Eric. I'm going 75. I'm just going to go up because I just talking about those parts. I was so excited that, yeah, the other stuff. OK, we'll get to that later. But I like that stuff so much with the kids and stuff. And yeah. it, it was missing a bit from this because we were just going like, hey, let's have some time with Wally. But I like them by themselves. Jay and Irie by themselves is solid gold. And then add in other characters. Holy moly. So, yeah, I'm in, but... And I can't wait to see what the hulking monster is looming in the shadows after Irie and It looks so much issue. like Blockbuster. I mean, it, it does. looks so much like Blockbuster. It's got that wispy hair. Oh, yeah. Just like he hasn't oh, showered in <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, Blockbuster not hitting real hard right now, right? I'm at, I'm at the store. They're, they're not around. I didn't know if you know that. Am I am I your bias in this podcast, Eric? Are you your own bias? I need I don't to know, know what that. that means. Okay. We'll just take that as a yes. We're going to go off now to some email, and then we'll be back with even more books. Where's the emails? Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no Tijuana. It's mail with Derek. Boom, it is mail with Eric, and I'm here as well. And if you want to be part of the emails each and every week, and we do read every email we get, email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. That link will be in the show notes as well. And we're going to start with Luis, Luis, who says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the crew of all crews, the Get Finished crew, he said. I'm getting finished right now. Happy New Year. Whoop, whoop there. And are you ready for the question of the week? Now, he says that. I think he should have had that portal, Eric, because there's two. But we'll start with the first one here. And you will like this because I know that you end up talking a lot about this at times. And it makes me giggle when you do where they had that Smallville deal where people got powers that kind of coincided with things they were doing or how they acted. You always bring that up. And in Smallville and Flash, an event happened and people got powers normally coincided with something they were doing. Like, if you were inside a freezer, you'd have ice powers. If you yeah, were yeah. making spaghetti, you'd shoot spaghetti. You got Italian powers. Yeah, I he's got you. Got, he shoots spaghetti, and somehow you fart out oregano, is what I think. And then as you do that, you're cranking your crank like it is the, the hey, you wanted the pepper. Pepper my crank? You wanted the pepper. It's like one of those pepper mills. Oh, you, you're cranking your crank. <laughs> you shit out oregano. Because oregano is shit, Eric. I'm telling you, I had problems with oregano. I, we went to a pizza place we don't usually get because Alex got us a gift certificate and gave it. It's where he likes to go, not where I like to go. Eric, it's supposed to be for me. Where do you like to go? I like to go nowhere. Like to go where it's cheap and they'll put oregano over everything. I go to Johnny Rockets in Sellersville, Eric. They don't put the oregano. But oregano, oregano is there to hide the shit. I don't need that. What am I, Christopher Columbus? I don't need that, Eric. I'm not going on the spice trade. 
I want okay. pizza. Here, Mike, I don't like the oregano. I don't like it because this is the thing where I talk about the idea of having green peppers on cheesesteaks. It's so not that I don't like green peppers. Year. It's that the peppers overpower the other flavors. I like to have the flavor of what I, I don't need to taste oregano. So and oh, what? you love bacon cheeseburgers and the bacon overpowers everything. No, I told you that's the problem. A lot of times I don't like the bacon and I haven't gone that way. A lot of times when they say you want to add the bacon to that triple whopper. I said, what do you think? I am a Rockefeller. You were in love with the idea of the Baconator. Yeah, and then I eat it and I get sick. I, I Again, these are things that I was intrigued and really wanted. And then I'll get in moods. And what to was that, again. that Little Caesars with the bacon crust or whatever no, it was? No, that, that was the pretzel crust. That doesn't overpower. That's not an overpower. No, I'm sorry, the one before the pretzel crust, there was some bacon thing that yeah, you kept I didn't, getting. Yeah, no. That, that's how I have kids who want that shit. I don't love it. I just like a regular plane. But we go to this Johnny Rockets. What I want is sauce and some cheese. Possibly some crust, right? We have Maybe. all these amazing pizza places. Five minutes anywhere you look in this town, you're going to a whole other town to go to freaking pizza. Damn right. That's how I roll, Eric. I do not settle. <laughs> I'm not Jess here. Seriously. I'm going to get that now. They, they, again, you want to wrap it all around? They were a really good kick-ass special, Eric. You can get two pizzas cheap. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I do know. like that. They have a sweeter sauce that I do like. Okay. I just don't. The oregano where... Any sort of thing, if you have, oh, I like those oregano, you know, combos, the, the, and they're supposed to be pizza combos, but they're, you only taste the oregano. That, that is just the generic deal to say, oh, hey, it's Italian, because I say no. And ended up making me sick, is what happened. I didn't like that. But besides that, I don't even know what we're talking about. The spaghetti. Spaghetti. You you have spaghetti. Based on where you're around. It's almost the idea of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, Basically, whatever animal you are around when the mutagen hits you, that's what you turn into. Exactly. So, so there's so, no animals around that become super shredder. Yeah, really. So what situation do you think you would have been in? What powers do you have? I mean, obviously, I'm just the I'm swamp thing. I got the power of mold is all I would be uh, because I'm down here all the well, time. I'm at the cardboard box sucks. factory getting affected by some, you know, alien meteorite that crashes down. You know that I have the ability to fold into a freaking rectangle now. It's the fold. I thought you were just going to be made of cardboard and you have to avoid <laughs> like any sort of rain or water. No, the thing I, is, I you're imagine, the incredible honestly, folding man. I'm just going to be hanging out, having an Eric Shea time, smoking a cigarette that an alien meteorite or whatever happens comes down and I have the ability to turn in the smoke. You could do that. That'd be cool. I just want you to still be folding because like any fight you'd fold. You, you're there. You're you're a coward, is what I'm saying. I just don't like uh, violence. Yeah, that is true. And then you don't like com- you'd be a bad superhero. You don't like violence or confrontation. It's true. So you'd be just there. That's why I turn in the smoke and exactly. You know what? Away. You're now a member of the Just League. Chill. It That's all right. works out. You are the leader. We did talk because I'm not too chill because I'm anxious all the time, especially around other people. You don't need to admit that, Eric. Just get on the team. And, and seriously, I think Dick Grayson is on the team. We were talking about that as we ended that last section. So. Just like chill, Dick Grayson, and Smoke. I don't Smoky know. That Team Joe Titans Academy, him and the rest of the Team Titans are talking about killing a 14-year-old who's actually a centuries old. Yeah, but isn't know. that the thing? They're like, why are you so nonchalant about killing somebody? He's chill. He's chill. You might say the killing's bad, but he's chill about it. You don't care. You're Smoke. What is, what is your name? Just Smoke? Smoke. Is that what it is? Oh, my God. We better run from Flavor Country. He's going to get us. Oh, no. There you oh go. Oh, my God. Here comes second hand. He might be smoke, but he certainly is unfiltered. Boom, Eric. It works. It does. <laughs> you like that? Number two, what comic book character would you like to have a conversation with? Well, obviously, I want to talk to smoke. That's <laughs> who so I need to talk to every week. Uh, too much. Comic book character I'd like to have a conversation with. Probably just Kyle Rayner about comic books in general. 
you would do that. I mean, if, if it's a conversation, it's one thing. But if you're doing like an interview, some I, I might want to talk to like Lex. Did he say what? Did he say comic character or superhero? He just says comic book character. Okay. So with that, seriously, Lex is a superhero to all. Uh, and maybe I'd be, maybe I'd be the one to get to him. Maybe it just takes one positive Jimmy to go He's and sit kill down, you and your family. sit down with Lex and talk to him about you know life and love. But you don't know anything of the, either of those things. Neither does he. So maybe we can decide to seek him out together, Eric. Maybe we could. Maybe he'd give me some money at the end, too, to just leave. I, I, I get that any conversation I have will be just like me talking to anybody on Twitter when Awful. I'm in the DMs where all of a sudden they start Stop using well, they start lo- using catchphrases that they want to leave the conversation. Like, oh, well, well, it was nice talking to you. I'm like. I'm not done. Then you then you send a picture of Nightwing. Oh, what's this? Unsolicited dick pic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like Ethan there. But yeah, I think I I I mean, obviously, you'd want to talk to like a Batman or a Superman. I don't want to talk to Batman. But or maybe Superman. I want to talk to Lois just to see how Batman and Superman really are because you know she's dipping both. Eric. That's what I said. What's wrong with you? I accidentally said Batman. I had to try to make it work. Oh well, it didn't. I maybe I'd sit down with Damien. Talk a little Pokemon, right? He likes the manga. I can talk to him about the manga, what's his favorites and stuff like that. I sure hope that he likes Blue Box and Witch Watch, Eric, right? Wouldn't that be great? But that would be probably, he'd probably like the uh, the Hunter's Guild Red Hood. Nobody likes that. Yeah, I don't so know. That. He might start a fight with you. You might get upset. You say, pick on someone your own size. Yeah. No, he's like, really. I am. Yeah, we start fighting, and he wins, and then I kill him. Wins. I kill him in the, kill him. behind the scenes. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Lex's money and hire somebody. That's why I'm talking to both of them. But that is it for Luis. Thanks, Luis. And Thank now Luis. we go to the other one, a new listener, B Bunny. B Bunny says, "Hey guys, just What's started listening to you a couple of weeks ago, and already I'm going through your crazy backlog. I have a question though. What is the Get Fresh Crew, and why do you make noises?" <laughs> After saying it, this always ends up, this ended up being a big thing when we started the Marvel stuff and people were not used to that and then loved the show, B-Bunny. And yeah, it's basically the Get Fresh Crew is everybody who listens to this show. We're all part of that. We won't go into the fact that I stole it from Dougie Fresh back in the day because nobody knows who Dougie Fresh is. But I do. with all of that, we say beep boop. It's it's such a weird deal. Is It was me saying it because I had just watched the, the Chappelle Clan. show. With their Wu Tang Clan financial, yeah. and they just are like, you know, old dirty bastard sends us to and it made me laugh so much <laughs> that when he said it, I just it said it. Ooh, ooh, that was a whoop whoop, and then it became noises. Yeah, Bing Bong, everything it is. <laughs> just, bing, I bong, mean, sometimes boop. it sounds like we might be having a stroke or whatnot, but going through the backlog, you'll eventually get to that. It'll take a while though, but thank At you. At one point, we had a bunch of people who called in our one number kind of thing and left things of the different whoop whoops that they would do. Oh yeah, we had a, a, a trillion of them. So, and I still have those. I'll have to do a collage one time, but thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, with all that, that's the mail. So yeah, if anybody wants to mail, like, uh, be bunny and Luis, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And yeah, Luis is stepping up. He actually got somebody. He said that he wants more people to mail again. At one point, if you didn't go through our backlog, we had like four mail sections that were four hours of the podcast. It was insane. But yeah, we'd like to hear from people, see what you want to talk about, right? That's that. But we're going to go off right now. Maybe a little word from our sponsors. Oh, wow. I don't sponsors. know. It's, it's us, but we oh. may be. But we'll do that and then we'll be back with some more books. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a bit to tell you more about what we do over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. Of course, 
I always mention the badass picks of the week spotlight episodes. They come out every Thursday. And both the DC and the Marvel shows are two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop. But there are a ton more shows. If you join Patreon right now, you also get to vote and listen to our Book of the Month podcast that comes out each and every Tuesday. And we just wrapped up our December Book of the Month, which was Matt Fraction and David Aha's Hawkeye. For January, we'll be going through Teen Titans Volume 1, A Kid's Game from 2004. There are a lot of other shows. Other shows include a weekly Injustice Gods Among Us reading club show, a Marvel Ultimate Comics reading club, and also a weekly comic book crisis show where right now we're jumping back and forth through Marvel's original Secret Wars and DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. We also have a bi-weekly Walking Dead comics reading club podcast and so much more. You also get early access to the podcast you're listening to right now as well as a bunch of our other podcasts like the Star Wars Comics Podcast amongst those. The best thing, though, is if you go right now to patreon.com slash weirdscience, you won't be charged a cent. You can actually listen to any, as many of the 2,244 shows, and that's an accurate number of what we have there right now on the Patreon. You can listen to every single one of them if you can find the time. And so for the entire month of January, You do that, and you'll only be charged if you decide it's worth it and carry on into February. If you actually quit by February 1st or before February 1st, you know, January 31st, you say, oh, it's not worth it, I quit, you'll never be charged a penny. You can listen to everything, all of it, whatever. I just do that because I think there's a lot of stuff that people will enjoy and they'll think it is worth it, so I have the confidence to throw it out like that. So... What is stopping you, you bunch of weirdos? Go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience right now. Sign up and start listening. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hubcap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Oh, yes, it is Eric Shea, as we all know and love. The Wolfman. He's not the Wolfman, oh, but he's be. a little bit. A he, he has some hairy situations. Sometimes I hear, and sometimes you wear underwear. That's what I think the what? Wolfman is. I, I have a weird idea of what the Wolfman is, Eric. I was never taught things as a kid. My parents didn't pay attention to me. So, you know, I come up with my own ideas. Hairy underwear. That's all I go with. But we have two books in this section here. And, you know, you got some good, some bad facts of life. What are we starting with there? Robin, number nine, written by Joshua Williamson with Arfi, Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. The Lazarus tournament is over, but now that the real fight begins, as Damian Wayne must lead his competitors to work together to bring down the Lazarus demon that has taken over Connor Hawk's body. And sadly, for all the buildup of the big bad, it's taken down pretty quickly, and Damien finds himself on his next adventure, coming face-to-face with his grandfather, only hundreds of years in the past. Yeah, so we, we can get that right out of the, you know, out right away. The idea that the tournament really didn't play out as great as we thought. The big bad at the end really was lackluster. I still like this book a lot. Me too. And this book may be my book of the year. I, I haven't really decided fully, but it is one of the ones that is battling out for book of the year. So with that, there has to be something else with it going on. Why Why do I love it? I love the characters. I really like the interactions of the characters and, and even the potential 
and what you could get in the future, almost like what we were talking about <laughs> probably a little too long. In Flash, the idea of thinking of these characters going forward and doing this, I really do like that. I'm not going to pretend, though, that this issue doesn't have a huge problem in all of these issues leading to this big bad for it really to be completely lackluster. But if you're going to go with the, you know, the courtship of Damian Wayne here, the idea that he's able to, yeah, I was going to, and he's able, and he looks like Eddie Monster, so it works. You end up where him being able to rally troops and actually inspire some people is actually a really cool thing. Well, not only that, it's such a great thing dealing with the grief of Alfred's death, which we've really had as the background this entire thing, putting Damian Wayne on his own out and about, even going to the Lazarus Island to prove that he's the best. Maybe you have other machinations about what he's doing with Lazarus if he's going to bring back Alfred Pennyworth, like you and I want to suspect, because when Alfred back, but when he is battling this demon, he is not coming up on top with it because the whole of this demon's body is like a burning acid that you can't do anything with. So whenever you try to attack it, you end up getting hurt in the process. And you have Alfred of the Mind talking to Damian Wayne, talking about the steps that his father took in becoming Batman. And Damien's thinking to himself, really, like, this is what father did. He went around the world. He did this. And then you have Alfred saying, no. What the first step to him becoming Batman was asking for help, ringing that bell, asking me to come stitch him up, going, hearkening back to Batman year one, one of the greatest parts of that book. And this is such a great thing that Damien realizes. You have Alfred of the Mind mentoring him right there to the point that he is able to become the actual son of Batman and get all these people who were once his foes to come to his aid and take on the demon as one. Yeah, and it's lucky that he has that common enemy that he can do this against his grandmother. But with that, usually... When you end up seeing the year one stuff, oh, you're right, Father, I will become a bet. Like that stuff, we've seen it so many times, but Love you can it. show it through the angle of this where it's Damien thinking. Now, with that, Damien needs some big help. When he gets out of this thing, I mean, he's going to have to sit down. He is full out talking to a dead man of the mind and then having visions. He needs to get some psychiatric help. He always did, but something's wacky. But with that, do you think there'll ever be a weird thing when Alfred does come back? Because he will eventually that he'll hint that he was actually a ghost in this and knew what was going on or was watching over him. Because I need be like ghost a weird Alfred. situation where it's like when Doc Ock took over Peter Parker's mind originally for the superior Spider-Man and you said that remnants of what Peter was left, almost like the ghost of Peter Parker, like haunting him for a little while. I, I need at some point to see that Alfred was legitimately ghost Alfred in here because as it's going on, Alfred is getting more and more, but like all of a sudden he comes back and the idea is like, Alfred, why didn't weren't you with me this whole time? There was only one set of footprints. That's when I was carrying you, Damien. <laughs> See, that works there. But with that, like the idea of this is well beyond the idea of like, what would Alfred do? No, right. this is what should I do? <laughs> They're having a conversation. I think they went out for dinner the night before. I mean, he is going over to the top with it. He needs Alfred I love back. It. I do too. I just want it now. It's not the only ghost that I want in this because you end up you where want the Holy Ghost. No, no, I I want the Double XL's hype men ghost. I told you this They're before. They're not real ghosts, Jim. I this need is all them your to be canon. ghosts. This is all I need because I like all of these characters. I give a shout out to that annual. Suck it. That annual actually like Raptor, got me involved. No, I mean Raptors. Raptor. We knew and these. I swear, I'm I look saying, at this Raptor. It doesn't look like Raptor. This issue anymore. It looks like a set, a different Raptor. Like they it changed does. his look to become somebody else now. What? Why? Why couldn't they just get some young kid with leprosy to take? it up eric i would have gone with that legacy 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 characters eric but yeah you even have you know black swan that's she's the odd woman out here the odd gal out because nobody really cares about her but i like the double xl with them big he looks like eric shea 
at least in the dress of like a mid nineties. I think I don't know cool. what you think I wore in the mid nineties. I was more grunge. I'm sitting there looking here, and it looks like little Jimmy in like the eighties. T-shirts with thumb holes cut out of it, wearing a band T-shirt and big Jenko jeans. Okay, well he has a tank top. Well, you don't want to show those arms, but he does ah. end up having like my Adidas. He's not. He's why would he bother to tie his laces there? Now he hasn't gone full out Jim Werner in the eighties, where I. You just take the laces off. Well, why do you even have laces if you're going to do that? Have no laces, but you're going to get blisters. I do like him, and he ends up, and everybody gets involved. And I really, because his big thing is the power of the hype man. Yeah, and I need them to be ghosts so that they can come and they inspire people as well. I just don't you want Double XL to learn like Damian Wayne here of how to be a better person to to be able to put the hype man away that the power was with him all along. Well, what I want to see then is then while this is happening, both Double XL and Damian are like. Wait a minute, where are they all playing cards together? Ghost Alfred are playing cards against Ghost Hype Men. Really, Ghost? Be awesome. That's just something you and I discussed all freaking. I, I love the idea podcast. though of, and when you have the, hey, are you all with me? What do you want to do? You want to get out of here? You have him like, f yeah, of course it's Double XL steps up and yells it because he's his own hype man now. He's gonna get him. killed. I know. I have to worry about him. Look at the chain. Like I'm sitting here, you're, you're like, oh man, Double XL so cool. I'm like, we have the Batman of Japan here. We have Lady Vic. We have the Drenched. And I'm like, that's a cooler new it does character not look than like Double XL, right? It doesn't at all. But not this issue. No. I'm looking here and I'm just like, nope. Yeah, front and center. Double XL. They know who's paying the bills, right? Making the thrills. I look at that page, though, and it looks so cool. And I, I like these characters. And this issue did have the feels with the Alfred. I mean, really, you're you're prolonging it a bit. But when Alfred comes back and we get to see Alfred and Damien the first time ever, I'm already starting to get choked up without even knowing how it's going to go because it's going to be so I'm just Even when cry. he goes to inspire himself to show that he still is Robin and stuff like that, even though he's been wearing a, new, like a newer costume and still going with the Robin moniker because the book's called Robin, even though leading into it, he was Robin no more. But when he gets this vision of Alfred and knows what he must do, get those people on in his corner to fight this demon and his grandmother and stuff like that, and he takes his own blood, he puts the R symbol on his bare chest and does like a, to make a domino mask. But yes, you're putting on your war paint now, buddy. It's we're the getting hepatitis. Down, we're right? getting the business. Why is it hepatitis? I did this once. So we, young boy. We played hockey, and I ended up getting a bloody nose, and these people were making I think I got punched in the face, and I ended up getting the blood and that putting it sense. like eye black. And I, I was not allowed to go out on the ice until I cleaned it off. I thought it was cool. No, it's like Robin. You know, I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. That's exactly what he did. It's cool for him, but I can't do it. So yes, he ends up gross. there where he's going to go out and inspire everyone. The problem is, is that you have this demon. You're going to play this game. We can't touch him. Go for the head. He's got to overtake and, and consume and merge with Connor's body. Then he can go. Because this goes back to the Al Ghul's pretty much M.O., we have to limit the population. There's too much going oh, yeah. on. But this is the way of to do that. You know, and his grandmother is basically saying or mother soul saying that what I'm going to do here is do this to purge everything. So then you could start. Well, that's over. The thing is, the whole idea when we go in there and take out like the Thanos kind of deal that Al Ghul's all about, you know, we have to wipe out half the population. So every, there's enough for everybody and stuff like that. His, his mother's more hardcore. It's like, we're going to wipe out everybody because we're going to make like from the ashes, people will become better. Who's ever left surviving when we destroy the world with this demonic figure. I'm like, 
Yeah, we got to stop you. You got a problem. Yeah, and again, I, I, it's great. Angry it's great grandmother. Is why I keep saying grandmother. Oh yes, yeah, so, I mean, it is great grandmother. You're right. So it's it's that even step. So Rachel Gould's mother. Yeah, we had problems with this at the very beginning of trying to figure that out. But yeah, it's a pretty at cool. The beginning now. when they they spelled it out. For some reason, I really thought it was Talia's mother. For some reason. So with that, all the things even behind the scenes as this goes on is you still have sexy Ray shouting about. And with Talia, we saw that at the end of a thing, so that's going to be something. But Shadow War. what do you do then? You send Damien back in time. It's a crazy play, but Damien ends up being able to rally the troops and stops this big plan of Mother's Soul. You end up defeating this demon. I don't know what that means to the Lazarus Island, to anything involved with well, that. Well, because everything is just put on pause right now when Mother's Soul sends Damien back for defying her right now and freeing Connor Hawk of the demon and stuff like that, ruining her plans. So everything that we have right now in Lazarus Island with all of our competitors and the League of Lazarus, that is all put on hold as Damien Wayne is thrust back in I'm time. I'm just saying, as you go on, does that affect the island itself because well, the, the demon's is, dead and We stuff. say that, but like Damien Wayne can come back to the exact time that he was sent. So like it's not like the same time now uh, he's t- going to be doing in the past as is on the island because he could be sent back exactly where he no, was. No, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying in the story or whatever. I'm saying I wonder what the, how the island gets affected by a dead demon that's supposed to be kind of powering things and whatnot. See, does that thing, do like, anything? Let's go back into your Lazarus hole, demon. See you next tournament. I mean, legitimately, there could be a point where Damien might come up with the choice of I can kill my great grandmother and end this right now. And he'd have to figure out what the deal is if there's, you know, that sort of time travel, why timey wimey stuff with that. But obviously, she must have sent him back to learn a lesson of some sort. So I wonder what that would be. And we're just talking about the idea, too, where, you know, she opens her mouth and does some kind of weird magical voodoo that, like, this this green flame shoots out and envelops Damien to the point where he just like, why am I in the desert? Oh, my God, it's my grandfather as a young man. Dun, dun, dun. But this could all, like, Alfred, be of the mind, and we don't know it. I mean, it looks like the way that it's played, you do really have him do something happens, you know, with that. Because and then it, even with the thing is, this could all just be a projection where Mother's Soul knows because Mother's Soul is right there back in time. True. It says next, back to the future. Like, Again, I am to be the Sultan's physician. This is my wife, Sora, and my mother's soul. Can you direct me to where my horse can rest and find water? I'm like, you're very polite, Rachel. Yes, he is. I'm just going to say full out. He went back in time. I don't think, you know, Joshua Williamson, well, I think says, he's not yeah, going to Back play. to the future. Yeah, back to the future. And it's, but is it back in time of the mind or in physicality? Before you thought that Joshua Williamson was going to play about the idea of ripping a heart out and all that. And it's always, but it's usually right on the surface level. I things always that do he's want going. it to be of the mind, don't you I? You always <laughs> want it of the mind. I mean, Alfred of the mind, I want a ghost. Like, I'll go. Like, Flatline actually ripping it out of Damian Wayne's, you know, heart. I thought, like, that's a little brutal. I'm like, maybe she, he just dies because the, her power is to make you think that you died to the point that your heart just gives out. But no, she fucking kills your ass. I think that's more convoluted. I think that Joshua Williamson is. I thought that was a cool power. And I think that Mother Soul, again, is like getting him out of the way here. But I think that it must be something like, I'm going to show you why I did this, what it means, what happened. Maybe we find out. That this demon and all Someone's this going to be pissed off. Is that what's going to be? Well, what is like this whole demon thing could end up being a bigger thing, and it's just not just hey, the demon's going to wipe out the world. It actually is hinged on something with their family. Look things like that. Sexiest young Rachel Gould. No, look at him. Every time he shows up, this book, that guy gets sexier and sexier. <laughs> Holy moly! Look at him there. I'm just sitting there like, here's your mother's soul, but like, where's your father's sensei at? I mean, look at that scarf there. He looks like he's like going to go get a latte. He's a big hipster. He's got a ponytail. What up? What doesn't he have? Huh? Holy moly! He's got my heart. Are you riding a horse? Or are you happy to see me? Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Or are you happy to see him? I love. Well, I am. 
I like this. I'm now, he is my bias. The bias breaker is mother's soul. That ain't ever getting broke, broken. I don't know what that She's means. a mess. You'll find out later. Eric, but yeah, with that, again, you get to see the characters. They get to team up. That's really cool. But we are nine issues into a series that was set up as a tournament that really didn't play out well. But yeah. we like the characters. Now Agreed. you get the aftermath of it where the big bad is the trying to do this revealed. thing. That didn't mean anything, but I like the characters. the big bad and everything's okay and the characters are great. And the freaking Damian Wayne and Penny Alfred Pennyworth of the mind to inspire Damian to be the leader that he's always meant to be. And it's not like a small part of the book because it's a big chunk of it, but it's not the entire story. That part's great, but when you actually deal with what the plot of the book is and stopping the big bad, that all falls flat. I still like the art in this a lot. I love the character work. I love the, I mean, like, not even just the character work, but all the characters. I mean, like, the character work on Damian Wayne of the mind and being haunted by the guilt of Alfred Pennyworth's death. It's all amazing storytelling. I just wish the overall plot felt as amazing. I'll get John Wayne mad if he's listening. The idea of this, another Damian Wayne book, who said this, like, we ended up, every time we talked about Super Sons, it was, we love the characters, the story with Kid Amazo. And even when they came back Before with that. it, and you ended up having that, what was it, Rex, uh, Luther, whatever. Oh, that, yeah, you know, Rex that, Luther, yeah. None of it, it all fell flat. But the characters were so the good. kids that knew about, like, earthling villains, and they took on the persona of it. It's almost like keepsakes freaking, like, you know, offshoots of villains. It reminded me also of a little bit of a touch of the FU League of the Earth 3 Bendis stuff. You know, that sort the of young deal. Justin, the, the young Justin, the young fuckers. Yeah, the young efforts. Yeah, the, the thing with this, though, is... God, I hate those are three young Justice. That's how I ended up where I'm I... Luther L. That doesn't make sense, Boone Pendis. Yeah, I love the Super Sons. I just... The stories never really clicked and kind of were lame at points. And this... The overall story didn't really pan out at all. But the characters are awesome. I like the new characters that he's with. I love seeing Connor. want to see more of that. But really, the idea when we first saw this, we were just excited. Oh, Connor will be back. And hopefully, you know, Joshua Anderson gives us some sort of Damien. He's done more than that. He's actually shown us that he is touching into a Tomasi like Damien. And getting us a status quo away from just, I'm a pissed off young kid who wants to kill people. And that's awesome, especially coming out of a, a death metal where you don't have to have everybody reset in an artificial way. This is Damien learning. From things that happen. And yeah, and really realizing that. Learning from the past. Just imagine this. I mean, just this book, whatever. That new Robin costume is pretty sweet, too. This crazy-ass kid uh, pretty much ruined a Teen Titans team twice because he couldn't ask for help. He always wanted to do his way or the highway, all that stuff. And you get this book that actually elevates him so well. When you even put that into it, it's not just this tournament. And then this I is just get excited for the idea that we move forward with Ravager, Connor Hawk, and and Flatline yeah. together with a team with Damian Wayne. Like you forgot I Double like XL. Ca- no, I didn't. Mm. And I want them all to go forward and have a really cool friendship. Black Swan. No, no, no. <laughs> she no. does a little ballerina move. I'm not saying Raptor either. I told you that. I'll even throw Respawn on there before I throw in freaking Double XL. We, we Respawn actually doesn't have much. I wish that he had, but I'm telling you, Double XL is a fun character. And also with that, here's the deal. If you go and the have jerk. a if you go and have a team, that's what you need though. You need the jerks to play off each other. Who's in charge? Damien's not a jerk anymore. He will be a freaking if double XL keeps pushing his buttons. I think that he mentors double XL. That would be a great progression of a character who never could lean on anybody and thought his way. And then you end up him seeing, Man, I was a jerk, wasn't I? Because he even looks a little like him if he shaved his head. If Damien did. So I like that. I like these characters. I like that Fuck they him. all they all feel <laughs> different, though, too. They're not just, even when you don't get a lot of them, 
They don't feel as generic. Well, the, the core characters don't, but all those people around them, like, I'm looking at these people. Well, like, no, I'm saying those no are idea really names. You are. I'm like, that guy looks like Lightning Geiger. I don't know. You got, and the, you got but, the twins, and then you got the new raptor, and I'm like, hey, look, it's Batman from Japan. You needed numbers. That's why you got those. But Agreed. actually, the other characters, and in a mode of, of DC right now, when we get Hugh Vile. And, you know, the, the, the stupid, or even the Tynan stuff that he was going character to character. When you saw these characters, I thought, here we go. Just, but no, the ones that they ended up in Williamson focused on and developed, I am starting to really, really like, like more than some established characters, which is crazy. And just have Ravager in there and Connor Hawk. That just elevates it too. That's awesome. And I, and it I gives still look forward something. to the possible future of, you know, Ravager and Jason Todd having a relationship, which makes me think that Jason Todd might eventually show up somewhere in this book as well. I have them hanging out. I like the idea of Jason and Damien hanging out. Yeah. And, and those two really need to kind of work some things out as well. So I do like that. I as want well. them and to sit down, like, you know, and just freaking run, like on the edge of a building right there on the, like the edge of it right there and just dangling their legs off talking about what Jason Todd did to Bane. Well, I want that. And I also want, because Damien seems like now he's also just the idea we say that he's inspiring people. But again, thinking back at what his dad did, thinking all that, he's now going with that, you know, we just saw with, hey, Tim Drake, you got to get your own identity. You know, Damien's still Robin. Well, now he is accepting the Robin deal. He came to this saying Robin no more, ripped off the thing. So he's now realizing he has to take that up again. But remember the last time that Damien ran into Jason and I want to have that play out where. Damien goes and hugs Jason again because that was a dupe the last time, but he really means it this time. And then Jason gets upset, takes off the mask. And I think these two, and I'll cry again. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential of tears in this book. Remember when you ended up having where Damien came back from the dead, but also at the point where they thought Dick Grayson was dead. And you right. ended up having Damien and Dick go in the Grayson book. And I was crying my eyes out. I love it. Uh, but yeah, it just, there's something to this that goes beyond. The actual story, because the actual story is a bit just like the Flash right now. It's a bit thin. I was just going to say, yeah, really, and really. But you talk about the kids, David. That's That's what what we need, and that's the thing. People not liking legacy heroes. That's one thing, but I love young heroes heroes. because young heroes are enthusiastic about doing. They have something to prove. That's the best. And so, what I need is they need to say to this whole team, "Let's go move over to Central City." And let's get chill. And then they'll <laughs> be part of the chill. Wally. And let's do all of this stuff. It'd be great. Well, it'd be funny if Wally suddenly is like, what is going on here? Like, everybody wants to move here. Uh, but I did like They're this. all getting their stuff from Michael Hull from Terrific Tech. Yeah, really. It'd be so awesome. Mr. Terrific and Wally are mentoring everybody. You have these kids show up. You're going to start getting more and more. This is the worst thing for Central City now. All of a sudden, all the villains <laughs> the come and left because they're scared. Exactly. They're running scared. They go at, they're like, let's go go somewhere safe like Gotham. We're moving back to Keystone, guys. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, uh, yeah. And even at the end, it's 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 kind of a goofy deal. But when you have him back in time. With Raish and Mother Soul, and yeah, that's kind of cool. So I, I want to see how that goes. Which is and, funny too, because not even just the idea of sexy Raish, but a more contemporary to Damien's age race. Yes, he's a lot older than Damien, but not by much at this point in time. At the end, though, cool. I, I'm in, and I love the characters. So what would you give this? I end up giving this because of how much I like the characters and the art, and even though I didn't care for the overall story, a seven point five out of yeah, 10. I'm going seven point five as well, just like the Flash deal, where it gets me excited for things, and this is what I need in these books. I need to when I finish them. And we talk about them. I'm excited, not even just for the next issue. Oh, the cliffhanger next. I'm talking about the overall deal going on and loving the characters. I'm a character guy through and through. 
And that's where I'd like to have the story beats going when you develop these like this. And this is a great, this, this is a really in a, a pivotal issue in my mind of Damien, the character, and really showing that Joshua Williamson is here to give you a better version. Talia's mother's name is Melisande. Okay. Well, you end up, I'm going to call her Millie. Uh, just like, again, a side where you end up having the human target book come up and some people didn't like it this week because of Guy Gardner. And it, it, I, Damien became that type of guy, like a Guy Gardner, where you never get any character work. It's always just, okay, we need a jerk. But even when you do, you just go back to status quo. Yeah, it's always that. It's a ca- it's the casuals idea. So it makes sense. Everybody knows that. But Damien, every time we see people to this day throwing shade at the character, they don't know the nuances and the heart that he has. And he needs somebody to Show them that, and I think that this is like doing he still it. needs a hard edge, but he still needs to be likable. Yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, that's the thing. You still have a real little guy who can kick ass, so right away he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I know what it's like here, but y- well, you, see, half of it. you see the heart. I kick ass, <laughs> maybe not now, not now, but yeah, I, I just it really makes me happy. And I, I was really worried about this book that it was going to be something that was going to go back to the status quo, like you said, the casual deal of. Yep, Damien's a jerk. And, a- and we've done nothing but get away from that, though. Yeah, and since the beginning, boom, you, you just boom, boom, boom. And it, it took Ghost Alfred. He's got a Ghost Alfred. He reads manga. You know he's got a heart of gold. I, I, really? I mean, he's probably reading. Let me think of another name I could throw out there that Please, you wouldn't know. I can't do it. Um, I would say that you could I don't go. Have a heart of gold. I don't read manga. You could go classic like One Piece, something like that. You've heard of that, I, I would think. Yeah. You've heard of One Piece now? How about the My Hero Academia? Did you I've like that? that? Oh, right. how I've about, never read it, but I've heard How it. about Dan to Dan? You didn't hear about that. Dan to Dan? It's one of my favorites. Actually, it might be my book of the year. But with all of that, yeah, kudos to this. And I, I really enjoy it. And I really am looking forward when we have that crossover. I just really hope the main story can be picked up as much as the character work is doing. Now, what? And again, when we talk about this, we have that whole Deathstroke, Inc., Batman and this, and that really steps things up for Ravager. You have Respawn involved, Deathstroke, all this stuff and is fun. And you have Joshua Williamson running all, all those of books. them. And so when we talk about, we actually talk about it a little bit later, and we say about the idea that, oh, we're going back to the well of Deathstroke and Batman. Yeah, I hope that it doesn't really go much well. with that, though. I'd rather see, but I want to see Respawn, Respawn, Ravager with Deathstroke. You end up having Robin go back with his dad. There's a lot of things going on there that are really cool. Well, maybe his mom. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, at least he can go and say, look, Dad, I, I got the blood still. It'd be funny. He's not washing it off. He's like, you stink. Right. Harley Quinn, number 10, is next, though. Eric is written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Laura Braga, Ari Priano, and D-Ron Bennett. It's date night in Gotham, and while I will give Kevin kudos for playing way outside his pay grade, this issue just felt like a vehicle to get Ivy out of this book and Harley's life. To do that, Stephanie Phillips forces the bed that's vibing resurface, though. It probably gives Eric hope that we'll have the War of the Green, that it will still happen. She those, changed her colors. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, my God. That's pretty good there. And you have, for those not interested in Harley and Ivy as a couple, it's skippable anyway. And if you are Harlevy stands, I call them Harlevy, uh, this one might upset you. And it is one of those. Like, it, yeah, Harley. You end up where it's going to set up like a, a status quo thing where the story going forward is not going to involve Ivy in my mind, but yet you had the big thing of them being reunited and it felt so good, Eric. So you have to kind of spell out she ain't going to be around a bit. You know, she's going to go off. People were real upset about this because they ended up finally having Ivy back and oh my God, this is going to be great. Even if it was just the idea of 
At least she'll be in this book. We have a book with her that she'll pop up. Well, that's the thing is, is I love the way that it's talked about in here because we do have Pamela Isley back for the first time in a long time being Poison Ivy. And the thing about that is that her status quo hasn't changed. The thing that's changed throughout this whole thing is Harley Quinn wanting to be a hero. So you have a conf- conflict with that between Harley and Ivy because that's not Ivy's life right now. And she doesn't want it to be that life. And I like the way that they actually handled this to get Ivy out of the book. And so Harley can keep having her progression and her journey. I disagree. And I even say that at the end of Fear State, you had people online yelling and screaming that why are you resetting her as a villain again? But it could be just death metal. The Queen Ivy won out. Well, to a degree it has, because even before we had a, a Caucasian skin Pamela Isley, and the whole idea of the green was like, you know, taking more control of her, making her more of an aggressive person, and with the green skin being the norm of that feature, you still have the green skin now being the norm that she has here, so maybe she is more of an aggressive figure. Well, if you think of this anything, she is leaving this book because they don't want her in the book. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought this was complete nonsense. And yeah, the whole issue just is Ivy wants to just go and steal diamonds and do things. No, no, and thing is, I'm not saying that it's great, the idea that we eventually go back and we go to an art museum for a date night where they go to a restricted area to go steal a, a, a freaking diamond. Was it a diamond? I have to look again. It was a diamond. The idea where it almost becomes, she's almost like a Catwoman-esque, where her, like with the thievery of this whole thing, doesn't feel like a reborn Ivy and what she wants to do. Now, if she wants to get back to what, you know, her idea of plants being better than people and stuff like that, and maybe needs capital to do that. Because even with the idea that she's going to go and steal this like priceless diamond, a one of a kind freaking gem, I'm like, that's too hot of a deal. Where are you fencing this? You were just brought back to life and know what's going on outside this. I have no idea how you're even getting money for this because it's too hot to sell. I mean, the idea too. I don't know how you would figure out the deal. I don't even know how long we would think that she was separated or you know gone. I don't know what that would be in timing. Well, of, since here's in crisis, and it, it just doesn't feel like it's that long. Like it, it's not like she's been gone a decade. I'm sure if she has a fence, it's still a fence somewhere. But this is a little bit above just a normal fence. But then she attacks the guards. You really go over the top, I thought, just to show that she isn't, you know, going to be kind of like Harley wants to be. But again, what I get from this, and especially what we've had recently and things like that, is that you got to get Ivy out of the book. But also, you're now elevating the heroness of of Harley by showing that Pamela would never learn or she's just going back to what she was before. This is Harley's journey, not Pam's journey. And even though we had like the best parts of Pamela come back together with Queen Ivy, who was more of like, you know, the green connection, the unlike, you know, unrepentant hater of mankind situation that she had going on there. When they're combined back together like that, maybe she has more of the Queen Ivy aspect. Like, you know what? I was put whole again once, but, you know. That Queen Ivy aspect, I do hate people pretty much, so maybe I do want to go with more of that side. I don't even think we're going to address that again, or they would have maybe addressed it here. I just think at the idea when she ended up saying to the gardener, how dare you do that? Oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to decide. I could be whatever the fuck I want. I could be bad, good, but I'm going to decide, and then you go off, and then you just want to get her out of this book so that it's not the Harley and Ivy book. You need to do more things in this than that, I guess. And then, you know, they end up parting ways and may get back together later. But you've had this journey for Harley this whole time, knowing that she wants to be a better person. Like, Pam would just end up feeling like a hanger-on if it was just, okay, we're going to hang out now. I'm just going to do what you want for no reason. Yeah, it's a weird play, too, because most people hate Harley uh, being accepted by the Bat family as well on that other side, too. And that the idea that she shouldn't have been. But even that was just like a, a fear state you know, kind of thing that really started pushing that where she yeah. wanted to really be accepted. So it wasn't that crazy. And if you want to go with it, I mean, Harley has been kind of trying to be a hero now for years and years herself. 
while Pamela was still around. But like, even if you want to go to the Coney Island parts, like the Coney Island parts, though, were the idea where it was out of continuity until Tom King said it was in continuity, which we were now in continuity. She was being a hero throughout yeah. that as well. She's just back like in Gotham that. now after doing some Task Force X stuff, and she's continuing on. She's going back to the source, though, and trying to get in with Batman because it seems like with everything that she has done, it's been against Batman, it's been against Gotham, but if she can get his acceptance, that means that she's actually turned a corner in her life. It's, it's The book, in my mind, needs to find what it's going to be now since it was hijacked for so long doing a weird thing, even with Keepsake, which was sticking around, which is problematic in my mind just because I don't care about him, but Kevin, he has grown on me. The, yeah, the I like idea Kevin. Harley is the mentor of Kevin, and I see that Harley is crazy, and the thing that we find out in this book, much to my chagrin, is the idea that Kevin's yeah. not as crazy as Harley. It's another really of the mind. The, the woman that he met on the street that were kicking the magistrate ass with him previously, I really thought it was of the mind, and it's not of the mind. She turns out to be a real girl who is now his girlfriend that he's going on a date with and having a double date with Harley and Ivy. Now, the intriguing part about this, now that my dreams of Kevin's mental stability being shattered and being actually whole is that right away we see that Sam, when Harley gets there, Sam does not like Harley. Like, even though Harley's more, like, a little bit too, like, uh, in her face to try to, like, be a people pleaser and stuff like that, she is just already with a scowl as soon as Harley shows up. Even before Harley, you know, gets in her face trying to be friendly or spills wine on her, there's something going on there, which I think Kevin's going to have a real shock going forward. Or maybe she's just jealous. I don't know. Eh? Maybe she's green with envy. I don't know, right? I ended up where at one point I'm like, man, Kevin, you're not a bad looking dude if you lost he some weight in good. that neck deal. I'm like, he's pretty cool. I do like Kevin. I like Kevin a lot. I, I've liked him more than I ever thought I would with that big goiter neck. I ended up where I go and it makes sense. But really, when I open up this and I see freaking Hugo Strange and Keeps, I'm like, really? Like, God this is it. something I need to leave behind. And I thought I we, we were. We're out of fear state. Yeah, this is all we going to be left behind. And even the idea that we started out on a high note, when you see these characters you don't want to see in this book anymore, and Hugo Strange shoots Hugo, I mean, Hugo Strange shoots Keepsake, what we think to death, and then falls off a bridge, and then some unnamed or unknown person grabs Keepsake out of the water, and he's still alive, to the point where he can kidnap Kevin in this issue at gunpoint. I'm like, fuck, we were almost there. You almost killed him. I thought, that, I thought it was over. Town. Keepsake was dead. Everything's wrapped up in my mind, but it continues on. Yeah, and the idea, you could have even played because it is wacky that, you know, Hugo got to build that big tower, all that stuff going on. And the safe when, program? Yeah, the safe. And when you end up having Keepsake is almost like that last bit of thread there. And when he shoots him, and then he should say, like, I'm shooting you to get the hell out of here. And then let's see Hugo two years from now, whenever he pops out. Like, I didn't need to see even keepsake again like oh you, man he survived is there he's pissed off at hugo hugo says fuck you turns around shoots him and then throws him off a bridge freaking keepsake is face down in the river hits his head on a rock and he still survived i was so angry when these freaking mysterious hands pull him out of the water i'm like who are you because whoever you are going forward I'm going to hate you for this. Seriously, he took as much damage as Superman on War World. He's drowned. <laughs> he gets brought up. Now, the weird thing is, is if you're sitting there and saying, oh, what is this? Like, is this Lazarus resin? Is this? But when he goes and tracks down Kevin there, he's still holding his wound. That's still bleeding. I'm like, what happened? I thought he was dead. And he's like, hey, let's take a walk. Sometimes dead is better. And keepsakes, it would have been. It would have been great. Kevin's like, I'm not much of a walker. I do like this. Hey, lover boy. I like that. But. It was just crazy. I just like how happy Kevin is, though, with the idea that Sam is his girlfriend. She's like, you're, uh, you're my girlfriend for me if you're my boyfriend. And Kevin is over the moon right now because 
under the tutelage of Harley, giving up the freaking Joker stuff that he did, he has found a place where he finally belongs and things are going like, you know, all Millhouse for him at this point in time. And then, like, I'm actually happy for this big necked motherfucker. It's a weird situation. Look at him dancing around with the hearts up I'm there. so happy. And, and here's the thing. This is, again, where <laughs> I guess this is the week of finding the side stories are the things because you end up. It's almost like you go and watch American Dad, and the main story isn't the, as good as the, the we're side We're going for the one. Roger B plot? Yeah, we're going Roger, Steve. They're on a road trip. So you end up where this is – Stephanie Phillips has done a really good job of a second-chance story where others tried to throw that at you and try to force it in. This gradually to the point where we actually like a character that we detested at first, that we didn't want any parts of, mainly the look, but even well, the idea. Riley Ross Mo kind of drew him kind of gross looking. Yeah, and I, it's when it's when he ends up saying, "Now you gotta, you gotta really, you know, squint though." But it's when he says, "What did you say? You're my girlfriend." I'm like, "You could be a handsome dude. Plus, get rid of that green hair. You, you gotta step away from this Joker thing, pal." But he looks pretty I think it's good. just bad lighting. Does he even just have blonde hair? I don't know. And that it looks really green. Maybe that's the play of showing that he's like getting over that because he should at points. It actually changes a lot. I, I think it's just the lighting. I'm pretty sure it's just blonde. But yeah, he ends up when he kisses her. Oh, my goodness. Look at him. He's, he could have been a football player. Okay, would have been a lineman. He's yeah. also a catcher. He's also wait, let's just go with all the fat things, right? Uh, with that, though, he's getting more smooches than me. I it's should true. be jealous. Come over here and smooch me. Huh? You jerk. It just seemed really odd to just have all of that progression and finally have Harley get back Pamela with all the things she did and ends up with Fear State. Puts back well, you don't always that. get what you want, Jim, but you find sometimes, you just might find, you get what you need. You might get what you need. Oh, Rolling Stones. I was going more Cinderella. Don't know what you got till it's gone. But Harley knew what she got and now yeah. it's gone. So it's a different thing. But yeah, I, I feel bad for you know, that. The people who really liked shipping these two and having it because it looked like maybe you could But it's not off the table yet. It's just not ready right now. Yeah, but it, you could have had at least a couple issues, have some fun, and then have her go off. But now it just goes. And Harley has some nice gifts, has a letter. I'd like to see the letter. I know me, and I just thought about it. It's like, you open this letter when your journey is over. I go, it looks like this journey's over because I ain't waiting. There's no way I can Read. wait. <laughs> I'm you. Pay attention to me. I don't know a lot of things in life. There's no way that I could wait, though. I'd be reading that right away and like, I'm really go to hell. I'm, I'm flying as I squeal my tires. Well, that's because you've never been in love, Jim. Zach, I give the fingers, double fingers, crash because I'm not driving well, and then I'm dead. Take that, that. You're freaking the other, this freaking giant foam dyke foam. Fuzzy dice that, you know, Harley also gave Ivy. They're blocking the windshield. They you block can't the see. windshield. I can't see all of a sudden. My telephone books, they shift. I can't see over the wheel. I end up dying. Next thing I know. I got this platform shoe on. Next thing I know, I'm yelling to Damien, listen, your father asked for help. Just come on, go. And yeah, there I am. I'm out. So it all works, Eric. I'm not in the chill league. Uh, but yeah, what would you get? I like the art in this, too. No, the art's I great. I do like I the actually, art. The thing is, we got like a little bit on the idea that we didn't mind Riley Rossmo for what he was bringing to the book because it was a stylized thing that we got used to. But I like the art that we have in this a lot. I think that everybody looks great, even Kevin with his big glitter fucking neck. But the idea is, I like the way that we are moving Poison Ivy out because this is Harley's story, her it journey, is. and That's Poison Ivy point. has to find her own thing. And I can understand that. I just wish it was dealt with better here with the idea that she immediately let's go steal a diamond and do shit because like. That seemed more Catwoman than Poison Ivy here, especially to the point where she just starts going wild with her vines and even hurts I, uh, Harley and stuff. 
it feels weird for that whole setup to get to the point. But when we have the beginning and we have the end, the book and moments of Harley and Ivy, they're both really nice. And I like that. And I love all the side stuff with Kevin. And I like the art. So I'm giving us a seven out of 10. Yeah. With that, I agree with almost everything you said. I, I mean, I want this to be more of, and you say you want Ivy to go off so she can have her own thing. I mean, this is, I'm going this slant of, this is Harley's book, Harley Kevin. You do put Poison Ivy in, and that's going to dominate the book. So I yeah. understand that. It just is a shame. I want to learn did... more about Sam than Poison Ivy. Yeah, right I would have liked a little more uh, of the deal, maybe having Ivy and, yeah, you know, like even show a progression of things. It's like the idea, like, oh my God, I met the Eric. You get this. I met this girl a week ago. She's the greatest. She's moving in with me. You're like, I ain't your daddy. You do what you well, want. Then I realized, <laughs> though, it's like, oh my God. And I always make the joke. It's like she leaves the cap off the two. Like it's something that little that gets annoying. I would have mind. I wouldn't have minded. You can just if, name anything any of your kids do. She puts the milk away without the not cap on. Flush the toilet and then yeah. it stops up. These kids. You know, if they do go to school eventually, the kids, David. they better learn what a plunger is one of these days. But with that, I might have liked well, like it. Like you, their parents didn't really teach them much. They didn't. I, and really, I guess, because I then plunge it, I'm not really teaching them. I'm, I'm kind of enabling it. But I would have liked maybe an issue or two where you did see that this newfangled Harley isn't jiving. It just seemed very forced. Go, let's go get this done. Let's go. And everything felt really wonky and forced so that's why it kind of pulled me down if you saw some gradual deal two three issues where ivy's there and harley thinks this is the greatest let's go we're going to help this and she's like what i'm not doing that you know i'm gonna and then finally like you said it could end with this scene but the scene gradually goes where you see that she needs some cash under for her you know her eco-terrorism and things and then that would have made a little better but money don't grow on trees much to her chagrin yeah really she's trying she's been doing it's like the plant alchemy she's doing but with that by the end it solves what you kind of need in this book you kind of have to have her you you do acknowledge that she's back you do acknowledge that harley wants to have thing but at the time isn't right and it can happen later so you have to go with it i love the kevin stuff i continue to love it keepsake i almost called him peacemake Keepsake, he can hit the highway. I mean, he can hit the highway and pound Sam, that guy. Um, but leading into maybe, you know, the stuff with Kevin and being a hero, I'm just afraid that Kevin, if they kill Kevin off, I'm done. Oh I'll be so mad about it. Now, here's the problem I have Why with Why can't you. Kevin live happily ever after, I, Jim? Because nobody does. If I'm not allowed, you can't. I end <sighs> up where the art is, I like the art. Yeah, it always up. it always upsets me though, and it upsets me again is the idea that we find. I mean, it's like we finally trained ourselves to be like, you know what, Riley Rossmo works for this book, and then we get art that I'm like, oh man, this looks really good, and then we'll eventually go back to Riley Rossmo, and I'll lose my mind again, and then I have to start over. But I do like the art like, here. Even on this the issue. idea that we are going to an after dark art museum exhibit kind of thing when you have Pamela Isley in this amazing dress and Harley Quinn dressed up in this amazing dress and top and stuff like that. I love the looks of these characters, and oh, yeah. it's drawn great. I mean, like, these are spectacular-looking clothes of spectacular-looking women. Oh. This is an amazing-looking book. Cancel. When you end up where she ends Why? up, where the doorbell rings or whatever, when Pam comes or knocks, and she goes out, I'm like, ooh, those hips don't lie, Eric. Look at those things. She's there. Again, I love the idea that she's like, oh, we're going to go to a place, and I hope I don't attract any, uh, you know, sort of attention like this. Oh, I'll go full out hardly. <laughs> and then Poison Ivy looks good, though. And, yeah, everything looks good. Kevin looks good. Except that, you know, somebody's got to pay. white skin and freaking green skin. Nobody, nobody's going to notice. You end up where you have 
Kevin, who I think he needs to steal that diamond and fence it to get that tattoo removed. I don't know Again, how much nobody, that stuff costs. If diamond's too hot, nobody is going to fence yeah, that I diamond. Know, I know. Well, you might be, it w- might be one of those things. That thing is worth trillions, trillions. The diamond trillions. on the Florida lease, the gift from freaking England or uh, France to England is what made it to – oh, yeah. It's from France to England and the whole idea of what this diamond is and stuff like that, the rose diamond. I'm like – this is a one-in-a-kind thing that everybody who would know what it is if it gets stolen, there's no way you could sell this. What's what I think, oh, it was Ginny Hex at that one point when she had that orb. She ended up having that orb from Jonah where oh, she yeah. ended up selling it's it. And, and Batman's like, you sold a, a billion-dollar thing. She's like, it's not worth a billion if nobody's going to give you a dollars? billion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't happening. I, I thought, And the, again, a Bendis thing. I thought that was really good, a way of explaining things up. Now, you talk stuff. about characters like that. I want DC to do this crazy thing where we can bring back a, a, G, a Ginny Hex Oh, and I was going like to say Ginny Hex could be on the chill team, man. Exactly, but also for its own thing where you have a Hex book with the idea of the legacy of Jonah Hex where you have a descendant like that with Ginny you have another descendant I love that, Mo- that, that DC used in the late 90s, stuff like that, with this character who was named Hex. She was a model who was attacked, and then she had a scar on her face, and she would be able to psionically summon a, her ancestor, Jonah Hex, who would come out, and she would have, like, you know, he was psionic guns and stuff like that that would take over her body, and it was an amazing character. I want Hex and Ginny Hex to team up and have a grand old adventure in 2022. They had a Ginny Hex, that one shot, and it didn't do very well, if no. I remember, so that's a shame, because I really do like that character. And you just have all these great things that they've done throughout the decades he could play with he comes back as like a ghost hype man is what you're telling me that sounds cool and i i didn't get my score i give this a 6.5 i'm not that much lower than you like i said i'm more talking about the idea of what people had been fighting about and what goes on and, and with that this did seem like you got a, a glimmer of hope for people who want to see pam and harley be together in a book for a while and then you just kind of pulled the rug but it makes sense overall of why you had to do it because that kind of dominates the book now, and this is Stephanie Phillips' book, and that Ivy stuff kind of came back in something that she wasn't truly involved with. No. So you, you get she gets to do what she wants to do. So it, you don't want to change the book on her. So I get it, and you get the deal. Maybe later they can get together. Maybe she'll come pop up now and again as a guest star. I just and even outside of the Harley Quinn ongoing, you can still have a six issue mini to do the Harley Quinn Poison Ivy stuff. Yeah, you could. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, nothing. They still love each nothing other. Nothing is They're just announced. On separate paths right now. Yeah, nothing is announced or, or going for the next couple so it's, months it's not or like what. Ended on bad so. terms or anything. It's no. still in the possible out there. They can still love each other. That letter is just. She opens. Oh my god! I just finished my deal. She opens up the letter. Says, "Fuck you." Fuck you for leaving me. All right. Way to go, Harley. All right. But we'll see what happens with Kevin and the whole keeps, keeps sake. Uh, he was I don't mad. I want to see the revenge of Keepsake. I like at the beginning that he was mad that his lame team went down. He hit me with a van. I'm like, yes, they did Keepsake. I was hoping that I was going to put you down back then. How many lives does this guy have? I mean, seriously, every this time is, I get excited. He's a lot of them. Holy moly. I'm like, really? You're that still around? Yeah, I think it is. He's his own keepsaking sakes of the keeps. Yeah. It's like the Jeepers Creepers where you keep eating hearts to have all the different lives. That is, Or like Candyman, right? No. That's it. He ended up his caucus of corruption. I like that, you know, trying yeah, to make it a thing. That's called. He's trying to go back. He's trying to make it a thing. It ain't here. Totally forget I like time. it the whole thing that Hugo does not have nothing but a scowl on his face and doesn't even want to look and keep saying, oh, doing You and me both, oh, Hugo. It makes me laugh. You're going over Lover's Lane Bridge. I'm just calling it that now. There we go. All right. Then. 6.5. But that's the end of this section. We're going to go off. We'll be finishing up the book with a bunch more uh, books as well. Uh, right after this. 
got his first real comic Got it at a five and nine Ready till his fingers bend Been reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit, Knuckles got married Got his was never gonna get far When he looks back now Yes, he has. Eric Shea Comics. And I thought that that was a a song of self-discovery, a little bit of a a look into the brain and mind and life of one Eric Shea. If you heard about him through somebody down the lane. Maybe, but down a really 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 kick-ass rock and roll lane. I'll tell you that. Uh, With that, though, uh, we have a section which is kind of the... Brandon Thomas section, it's kind of an Aquaman section, it's kind of a bit of this, a little bit of that. I would say it's the Brandon Thomas section, because two of the three books are by Brandon Thomas as we go in, and these are books that uh, some are leading to something, some seem to be, I don't even know what, wacky hypertime, I'm going with your rules, seven issues means hypertime, but I'm also going by your rules of, is this a one shot, I believe that the deep target is. Seven. Oh issues. yes. For some reason, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, are you talking about Deathstroke? Yank? Like, what's going on right now? That's definitely a hyper. The time. funniest yeah. thing is now to bear with me with this. At one point, they missolicited. I believe they missolicited the seventh issue, as if that was the last one, or at least it said like. Remember, it said like a weird one, like eight of seven. It was very odd. It was like they were calling out some crazy cyborg character on Star Trek that I'm not going to get into, but. You end up having deep Seven target. Yes, yes. Uh, she had a hard life, Eric. Hard knock life. Three of seven, that is, is what we're going to be going into. Uh, this the actress one. or the board? The actress, but the board, okay. I don't know, had a great life either. I don't know if they consider that crazy roller coaster ride say, uh, a life. I was saying seven of nine had a hard life as well. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know when you're a Borg, that sounds like, you know, almost like you're like Bourget and you, you're there and you got your Prada on and stuff, right? You're walking down, people are taking pictures of you because you're seven of nine. Like a bougie? Yeah, yeah. The bad and bougie, Eric. We're going to be cricket. You end up, though, with that hypertime deal, and I don't, I don't get it. I don't get any bit of it, even as we kind of seem to, you know, kind of give some answers, but whatnot. But the, the big books here are not that one. They're sandwiched in because Deathstroke, Inc., while it doesn't necessarily feel big each and every issue or each and every page, that is tying into some of Joshua Williamson's stuff down the line, and there's going to be a crossover with that book involved. So that should end up getting bigger and bigger as we go on but Aquaman the Becoming the first book we're going to deal with does go off and then join with the Black Mana book that Eric loves to go off into the Aquaman book which seems like an intriguing thing you know something that we haven't seen before especially with a Black Mana leading or at least in a book that's called Aquaman that seems crazy now with that these books and this one that we're going to start with, Aquaman, the becoming, I will mention, it's not selling well. And I mean, not well. It's one of the worst selling books at DC. And it's a shame because I, I try to get the idea of why I have my reasons why I don't like this book. And you have already told me you like this issue more than I do. But it's a shame because I think Jackson is a really cool character and I want more people to get exposed to him and, and enjoy him. 
I just don't know that this book is doing it in a way that can be accepted by just, you know, people off the street well, just wanting to go. It's a weird situation where you have the character that he was, you know, introduced back at Brightest Day and stuff like that. Then you pretty much erased everything right after that with the New 52 after Flashpoint. So you didn't have him for the longest time. But during that time period, you like, you know, even before that, you had the character who was created for the Young Justice cartoon. And he was just called Calderon. And in that, he is a very kick-ass character that a lot of people fell in love with, and you, they see him as the leader type of the team in that whole thing. But he's a very different character of the Jackson Hyde that we have here, and what you have here is a character that's been around for over a decade, but little has been done with him as a whole. Pretty much, you like what was done previously with the idea, like, oh, his mother's a rebellion and his father's Black Manta. We just kind of have recycled that idea the entire time. The shock deal of Black Man is Son, and, and that does exactly. get you. Oh, my God, he works but with now Aquaman. now we're finding out more with him here in Aquaman the Becoming. Yeah, now with that, and as we go through this, and I'm sure we'll disagree a bit of some of the things here, but with that, and I've said this before, especially what we're doing now, you know, and this doesn't necessarily have as much to do of a new infinite frontier, new continuity, everything matters, whatnot, but I think that some of these writers, maybe a Jeffrey Thorne, Maybe a Brandon Thomas here. They they have to look at the stats. Look at the stats and see that while I start to get, you know, get a little upset, but Nightwing is selling better than it has in years. Tom Taylor doesn't necessarily sell just because of Tom Taylor. Some of his Elseworld stuff does. But one of the things about that book is you'll see it on a ton of end of year deal where it's just a kind of surface level fan service deal, but it's giving people who haven't read Nightwing ever or have kind of went away a jumping on point to go and and enjoy the character and see why that I think that this book should have been more about showing people why they should be interested in Jackson. And he's already giving you deep dive. And I think that it's not playing out well. I think that the deep dive should have been kept for the Aquaman book. Give this where you're just like, hey, everybody, Jack, he's an awesome character. Get this. And it might be on repeat for you. But that's kind of how some of the stuff in Nightwing has been as well. But it's really playing off well with people. And people seem to be going towards that and not avoiding it. And this book seems like people are avoiding it. And it's a shame. Me and you were talking about it. And, yeah, I, I don't like this issue. But the idea where I get worried, I said, to, and people were arguing. It's funny, too, because I don't like it. But people were arguing with me still against it. I said, no, you got to realize I don't love the way this is being played out. It is more for people like you that has more of a background of Jackson. You want that bigger, deeper dive. Well, you just want something because the background Jackson is very surface level, too. Like I said, oh, my God, his father is black. Man, he finds out he's half Sibelian. What are we going to do with that? How is he going to become Aqualad? We have that. Now it's time to do more. Yeah, of the well, character. I say that, but you're saying... This is the first time he's leading his own book. You're going to get people who are going to be here for the first time. And I think that you could have played that out for a little bit longer and give people that idea of how cool. We're we also know setting that. up a kind of a, a you know big deal with the Aquaman book. Yeah, well, the and the Aquaman book seems very political already. This is starting to be. It's even a little political in the Black Mana stuff. And I don't think it's playing out as well now in the meantime. Iranian politics. Yeah, well, yeah. And Zebellion. And again, I don't have a basis of why I should... The, the thing, though, is without, a, it without a regular Aquaman book, you have this being called Aquaman The Becoming, and I really just thought it was going to be that showcase of, here we go, he's getting his own book, we know that you've some people have seen this, super fans, they know this, but let's introduce him to everybody in a way of an infinite frontier, go, and go almost like that blueprint of the Nightwing. 
which I, you, you hear me talking with you. I get annoyed sometimes because I say, doesn't everybody know this? Everybody should know this. This isn't going, but it seems to be hitting that way. And I just, I'm worried like some characters end up and you always say there's no bad characters, just bad writers. But that doesn't seem to be how DC seems to look at it. A lot of times they'll just look at it. Oh, he can't carry a book, which might be the case. It might be true anyway, but it's a shame because this just this book just is going a weird, weird side deal for me. But you like it more. So I'm going to lean on you. Aquaman, the becoming number four. Written by Brandon Thomas Hart by Scott Koblish, Wade Von Agraal Badger, Adriana Lucas, and and World Design. This book doesn't have much Aquaman in it, but it is becoming becoming a chore for me to read. Eric, that's a joke. Not many people are reading this book. Can't wait for 2022. On yeah, I said on the on the Patreon spotlight, I said 2022. I'm going to be really positive, Eric. We have a couple hours for me to get that last. It's, true. it's pretty much what I do. You know how it is when I'm on like, hey, Eric, I'm going to, and I always seem to want to go on a diet on the go first on a diet of a tomorrow. month, right? Or a Monday. I'm pig out and, tonight. and that's it. I'm now, it's the cheat year right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting it out, Eric. I'm going to purge it all and get the toxicity out. It's one of the worst sellers at DC right now, but I'm guessing most of those are reading it that the few that are are reading it to see Jackson develop and prove that he can take over the Aquaman mantle instead of showing them that Brandon Thomas is focusing on Zebellian politics. And I don't have a foundation with that to care. Uh, you will, you'll say to me, and you did already about the idea of the family stuff, but even then it, it doesn't feel intriguing to me. I want to see Jackson. That's why I'm here. I'm, he's kind of pushed aside to develop well, even this when we other had Jackson before the stuff like, you know, what we're dealing with Aquaman where, we were still focusing on the family aspect because Jackson wants to know where he come from. Like he, when he found out that David Hyde, the black man, was his father, it was a big thing for him. And then, you know, you had the Zebellion aspect as well, which we're discovering now. But even when we we're still in the Aquaman book, when that was a thing, we had the, the thing that we paired him up with these, you know, the mecha AI brain of his grandpa, Jesse. And that was his family, like, you know, connection right there. So we're just exploring further the black man aside of his family. Now we're doing the stuff with Lucia, his mother, and what the Zebellion heritage means. I think that what, Again, I can claim everything. The DC should do this, that, and the other thing. But the way that this is playing out and the way that the focus is on, you know, the Zebellion politics through his mother and through his now discovered sister, things like that. I'm not so sure that you could give fans an Aquaman book, get a kick-ass writer, get Aquaman back, Aquaman Mara, write up, have this be a backup for, you know, 12 issues more, almost like the Justice League Dark, have that 10 pages each month where you have this. So if you want to get involved, you do. That leads to the Aquaman book. Then you can expand it and whatnot. And I think that would have been a better play because some people are full up. I think that there's some weird things going on and why people don't like Jackson. And some of it is probably and is hateful. Other things are that people want a Aquaman, Arthur, and Mara book. Yeah. And if they're not getting that, they're not going to support anything else. And again, that is narrow-minded a bit. And it is kind like of One of the big things I was like, if it's not Arthur Curry, it's not for me. I just wish they would have called this Aqua Lads because we didn't have to have the stigma of calling Jackson Aquaman for no reason. Just call it Aqua Lad because the thing is, growing up as a kid, I always found the lad thing like, like you know, whether it's the Legion of Superheroes or Aqua Lad and stuff like that, it's a funny little thing that seems like a holdover that we'll never get rid of. And at this point in time, now the moment's 40 years old, I like it and I never do want to get rid of it. But it, like, you know, celebrate the name lad like this the sidekick of aquaman aqua lad make that a name that people can you know stand up to and think like yes i know who that is call it aqua lad you don't even have to have like well, a little sub like you, header you to it or anything like that just call it aqua lad i think th i think that little thing that itself just calling it aqua lad 
might make it sell more just because of the oddity of having an Aqualad like title. Yeah, and so here's the thing, and and again, a lot of fans out there, hey, I need a Green Arrow book, right? We don't have a Green Arrow book, a solo book right now, and it's a shame, right? No, that's just an aside. And also, what we talk about next is Deep Target doesn't either, but with that. I can see a landscape of DC books not having a Green Arrow book at points, right? They should always have an Aquaman book. I, I really think uh, you have told me before. You're a member of the Justice League. You demand respect, and they Damn should right. have an Aquaman book, and they don't right now. And then you come out with Is this. Is like part of the Justice League? Right yeah, now? you know they're throwing water at him and stuff to to oh, juice yeah, him right. up. I mean, I'm not saying he's done great there. And really, it's a side character, right? We just did the Just League book for the Patreon spotlight and stuff like that. And we always have in the Bender's books that one page that tells you who's on the team. I skip right over that shit because I expect the book to tell me who's on the team. And I should know, but I don't know who's on that team anymore. It's so telling that he, he isn't there, but he is on the team. And he just, he needs a book. And so if you did have that, and having this being, again, you're also, you have Jackson there. Okay. I don't think people necessarily right off the bat hate Jackson. They might not care about him. They might like, oh, you know, I actually think that most people at this point in time will care more about Jackson than they ever will about Garth because at least we're doing something with Jackson. And then you'll, Garth shows up as a joke. The funny thing is you have people on the side chirping about Garth, but if you have, if you don't have an Aquaman book, that's a shame. The Aquaman fans are upset. Then on top of that, you call this book not just Aquaman, but Aquaman the Becoming in a wordplay type of deal as if he is replacing Aquaman, which, spoiler alert, this is not happening in this book. It really is a title that does the Aqualad becoming or becoming Aqualad. He is learning about himself. I mean, he's learning about himself. I get what they're trying, but this isn't about him replacing the truth. And H-Y-D-E, the truth. Hide the truth. You're really good. Hide. Nobody would buy it because they had no idea what it is. Hide and seek. Okay? You get that? <laughs> so with that, it's it's a shame because, again, there are obstacles, I think, and, and some artificially put up by people. People are putting up barriers between themselves in this book that don't really need to be there. Uh, you should give it a try at least. But I've been giving it a try, and I – you know, I've been reading the stuff with you. I I don't have as big a history of Jackson, but I do like him. There's not much of a history well, to have. that's the thing. And I always sit there and, and where this book comes out, I'm like, okay, what I want to know and what I want to see isn't necessarily like, okay, this is it's what funny, his mother did. It's funny. I'd say go watch the Young Justice like, TV show, but even that character is so much different than this Jackson Hyde. What I really just needed here is to see him kick some ass. I love, love, love the interaction of him and Andy. That's not here because you're you're pulling it back and showing his mom stuff like some of the things well, that she's we, a ch- little baby. Yeah, I know, but I liked him watching her. You and want maybe, to do adventures and babysitting with Jackson? I Hyde? mean, you could have one one shot. But I thought that this was going to be fun, and maybe that's my fault. When you end up showing stuff with a, a newfound sister, eh, we, we hardly knew you yet. We're Day we're not Lush. really learning that she's like a device, but. The mother that we've had, I was never really sitting there and thinking to myself, man, what is her deal? Obviously, it's never going to be as good as the deal of Black Mana. Black Mana is the wow factor. This kind of seems like it wants to even the score and push to the idea of maybe Black Mana isn't the worst of my two parents, maybe, and go. But no, no, it, it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, with that, though, 
you kind of are stepping away from some but cool stuff. you have stuff. two bad parents, which one are you going to go with? You know, the idea there, like, I've been with my mother my entire life, and you know what she's done? She has lied to me about who she is, who I am, who my father is. Maybe my father, who's a piece of shit himself, he's always been on Front Street with me. I'm going to go hang out with him for a little while. He, but then he did try to trick him into, you know, pretty much destroying Zebel as well. Like, Yeah, well, he did that with the mother, too. He knows what he's doing. What I need, what I'm saying, is Grandpa AI. That, that was the best of all just, worlds. Yeah. It was so good, but... The idea of this being like you can do everything you want with the mother and you are actually enjoying it. You like to see this other thing. You're you're rounding out the character. But at the end, we're never going to get beyond the fact of it's uh, it's Black Manta's son. This is the wow factor. It always will be. You don't have to lean heavy on that. But it's this isn't going to catch up anything. But you like it. And it is setting up stuff that will lead to the Aquaman book. And not only that, but like the idea, the evolution of the like who Jackson Hyde is as a person, because being a teenage character, you're desperately always trying to find yourself and who you're going to be when you become the man, the Aquaman, if you want to go with the whole idea, because he's still just a kid. He's going to become an adult soon and he's still trying to find himself and his entire life as he knows it has been a lie and it just keeps, you know, becoming worse. He's going to have to leave all of this behind or go and, you know, maybe hang out with his father and learn another side of himself just because he doesn't know who he oh, is. Oh, I know. The thing, it always comes back to the idea, though, with Jackson here, you're doing this whole thing. Oh, my God, I found out this about my mom. What about? I, I see that the kid is very resilient. He's already teaming up with Aquaman, and he is Aquaman's biggest villain's son. So I, I get that he could do that. But it's just at this point, I think it is, uh, you know, a, vo- a focal point of how you're coming into this. You have dealt with Jackson a bunch. You want more. You want a deeper cut. You want to see what makes him tick and maybe how to evolve the character with real concrete things. But I think that what I want, it's like if I end up like, oh, man, I like Wayne Gretzky. I'm not going to sit. I'm going to watch highlight reels first. And I I thought that this was going to be something that could end up making the character bigger in the DCU by just people saying, oh, my God, that Jackson is kick ass awesome. And then you slip in the details. You're just like the rest of the surface dwellers. You don't care what goes on under the sea. I guess I am. I really don't. I mean, I sit there. I'm like, there's chicken in that there sea, and that's all I care about. I'm afraid of the ocean. I really am. I look at the ocean. And you should be. There's a warrior race of billions who take kids away right away to join their army. Right, take them out. I'm still petrified of it. It's very vast, Eric. I'm it, so scared. It, it really, Especially after reading this. It freaks me out. But yeah, now I know that those damn civilians, I mean, they they are pretty kick-ass, except... And not only that, not even just the civilians. You jump into the New 52 and we introduce the trench. Oh, yeah, the trench. I, I mean, that, that. seriously, the trench being involved in the background of all this, then you realize all of them have to kick-ass. The trench are awful. Then the Dagon City people, I don't need nothing in the ocean. Yeah. So with that here, I wish that there was a mention of one Dagon City, like, yeah, we got rid of them freaks, because they do end up saying almost like, hey, we weren't letting... That Atlantis only lets certain types of people in all that. You're, oh, yeah. you're going to play that political deal. Uh, but I really, yeah, really, cricket. I really wish, though, that at one point they're like, you know what? We've had a lot of problems with Atlantis. And plus, what's Superman doing putting this damn fortress of solitude down here for that tiny little bit? Right above our freaking house. I mean, right above. But you end up going in and again. And this is the triangle's vast. I don't know exactly where Zeb- Zebel is. And their me. weird little pockets, like the mention area thing. I don't think that's the case anymore. I love the idea that they're like pretty much like, hey, everything sinks in the Bermuda Triangle. And we just let like, <laughs> these ships and planes. Everything's down there. But they're they're going with this. And his sister, who did show up to Lila, she is really pushing this idea of hating 
Jackson's mom hating her mom. Her mom too. And, yeah, yeah, and hating her mom. And and you really find out and really spells out more uh that they are half brother and sister here. But when yeah. they end up going down and going with the black mana book, I hope it's a really strange turn of events for Jackson Hyde where he learns he has a half sister and everything like his mother's a bad girl. A bad girl, a bad person, but the idea that he then, in the Black Mana book, with what we're dealing over there with the idea of Devil Ray, who seems to want to usurp the throne of Black Mana and really hates the character. I want Devil Ray to become this weird son that we never found out that Black Mana had. So now Jackson has another half-brother that he knew, never knew about. So at the end of the day, what you'll have, if Delilah doesn't work out as a teammate or, like, you know, just can't accept Jackson because he loves his mother and she never will, or what, you know, Devil Ray is... Two of his big bads going forward could just be like the Ocean Master Orm to Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, even this, you can get it with a sister, too. She could go up well, you and then say have your nonsense. T- like, you know, Devil, Devil Ray and Deluge team up against Jackson. Yeah, that'd be cool. I uh, I also think that maybe Black Man is like, hey, baby. And we're going to call him the fortunate son. Oh, my, that would be good. See, are you coming up with good ideas? This then? is going to be my next Jackson Hyde <laughs> story. Your big Jackson Hyde story. Please, if you do this, Show that he's kick-ass the first two issues. But- well, the thing is, you have that in this right away when the idea is that Delilah does take Jackson and their mother, Lucia, to the graveyard of her father's people, the fallen warriors here of the Indigo tribe. And when you have this going on, they are ambushed by Zebelian warriors. And during this whole time, during this concussion grenade, Jackson can't hear anything because he got a full head-on blast of this. And he does go full bore at these Zebelian warriors because they think that he's hurt, like, he thinks that they're hurting yeah. his mother. It just didn't feel fun. I, I don't like, know Jackson, what it is. stand down, you crazy asshole. Can't you hear us? And, uh-huh. and no, I can't hear. But even then, he is he taking them down full force or are they not really fighting back because they're not really there as much of a threat? But you end up where he's so, at the one point where he's like, oh, what's going on? Uh, but <laughs> you find out, you know, the pain and suffering that his sister Delilah had, especially with his, his mother, and that, that back and forth with the deal, she's the first mother. She was actually, she had a stepmother later. Mika. They make second it, mother. yeah, they make it like a little less awful, they say, and go. Is it a little less awful? I don't just know. step with second. She's just said, I'm her mother, right? It's all about how the individual person deals with it, yeah. I want to say. And that it's not in a name. But through this all, I guess, you know. Like, I could have a really good stepmother or a really shitty one. It's not just because it's a stepmother. It's well, bad. my favorite thing is in space, they can't hear you scream, but underwater, they can see you cry, Erica. <laughs> and you end up ever crying. Well, look at that. You're crying. It looks like, like a fishbowl. But yeah, her, you have this twist and turns of this background and the idea that Jackson's mom is not what she is trying to portray herself as. Well, she abandoned Delilah after and didn't even show up for when her Delilah's father died and stuff like that because she had already run off with Black Manor to go have Jackson and different things like that. And during this whole thing, it's just Delilah learned to hate her because the people of Zebel and the Indigo tribe that we have here, you know, that's like Delilah's father, their whole thing was about peaceful protests. We don't want the Zebel government to go and take our children and turn them into soldiers right away for the what Zebel believes is going to be the... Uh, the war that's always about to approach against Atlantis or whatever comes against them. This is their culture. They are a warrior race of underwater people. And a lot of the people here are like, we don't want you to conscript our kids anymore and do this terrible shit. She goes and does the bad shit where it's one of those things where it made me think of like protesters in college in the 60s when you have like an like an animal like research facility on college campus or some chemical like warfare and you bomb that thing and then somebody dies in there then you have to go underground change your name and that like the wall is always going to be looming after you and that's what lucia feels like because she took these peaceful protests they were trying to do which there was a lot of violence going against them 
but then they targeted the people in charge and brought the violence to an nth degree that made the protesters just as bad as the people they're trying to go against. Yeah, and listen, you don't have to jump through hoops. This is protesting Vietnam even. This is protesting any war. They're ending up, don't take our kids, don't put our kids in the military. There's no war, all this. And they end up, it started peaceful, and then they start knocking heads. They have to fight back. And so you end up having that again, though. You're going through this, and what this reminds me a lot of is when we end up having, say, the Wonder Woman books right now. I mean, I, I don't, I, I give them credit for let's expand the, you know, mythos, let's expand the Zebellion lore and the pop. That's fine, but it's the delivery system of this book that isn't working for me because I'm here to see some cool stuff with Jackson and want to come out of this liking Jackson more. And I end up not even feeling like it's about Jackson, that it's more about politics. And again, it's, it's, Kind of surface level anyway, because the idea of Zebel and they are always at war. We even said the trencher there. You have Atlantis and stuff like that. Or even the idea that Mera, she was sent about, she was raised a warrior, the princess, even like that being that. She was sent to go kill Arthur and stuff like that, and fall in love and had to escape this whole life that she led and couldn't come back for the longest time because she was an exile who betrayed yeah, Zebel. And, and you have to serve your time and go with that and whatnot, even though at one point it seemed like you're there in the army of Zebel, but there really isn't a war that they're kind of keep saying this to keep the machine going, but they do go out and do some things and whatnot. But yeah, they're just protesting, you know, no more kids in the military. Don't take our kids, all that stuff while Jackson and his mom are, you know, imprisoned here and being talked to and talked at and this stuff being brought out to expose to Jackson just how bad her mom well, it's not was. even just like the imprisonment because they have locked them up just to keep it almost like a show. But it is, seems like the, the idea is that Delilah does think that they need Jackson to continue on their good fight. But he needs to, she needs to prove to Jackson that his mother is up to no good because this is not like, you know, the Zebellion government. we got to bring this boy into justice. This is still the protest freedom fighters group that we have here that are just saying your mother made us all look like assholes because she took our movement and made it violent. And then she could, she would never like, you know, answer for that or even apologize for any of that. And she just moved on and left us to pick up her pieces. Now, now again, here's this book. And I, I just keep going back to, it and I don't want to beat it in the ground, but the idea that I want Jackson and I could have had what they're saying right here about his mom in a backup story in three pages. I mean, all he has to know is his mom's bad. She says they're duping this. It's not real. Whatnot. Which she would, but I don't necessarily know that all you're just going to get is for him to either go off. I'm not going to be with you, mom. I'll be with my sister. I'll be with whatever. But I think that it's just it's taking too long. And I don't really care about the peace movement in Zebel. It's just, you know, that's just me personally. I want well, Jackson. It's not about the peace movement for me. It's about how Jackson takes in all this information that's been given to him. New family, an idea that his mother isn't who he thought he she was this entire time. And at this whole thing, this realizes Everything that he thought he knew has been turned upside down, and he doesn't know who he is going forward and has to discover and that. that's fine, but I think at his age, he's already discovered it. Like, this is the idea. Yeah, he finds out that his mom, but it seemed like his mom was really coy about anything anyway. He's just finding out stuff. And yeah, he thought, oh, I was peaceful. My well, the thing is, like, she lied to him, yes, but now she's a violent murderess who abandoned his sister. Again, he dealt with Black Mana, who is the main villain of Aquaman, has teamed up with Aquaman. Aquaman's accepted him, and he's moved on from that, and actually even hanging out with AI Jesse and things. I think that this is like the idea of this isn't as much of an obstacle if it was me, because he's already been there, done that. Yeah, he might feel alone now. This is the only person that he has left, except for Delilah now. Aquaman, he has married. They're more family than a lot of these other people anyway. He doesn't know his sister. He's known her for a week. I just don't feel like this is that big a thing of a 
changing of a character that is already established as an Aqualad that is fighting side by side with Aquaman and even brings it up. The idea how I mean, that is a huge thing for Aquaman to to trust his main villain son and to go with it. This, in my mind, would have been a bigger hit if he found out that, say, an Aquaman was doing things on the not on the up and up, found out that he was more keeping him in line, like I'm keeping an eye on him like that. This with this mom, I just I just don't feel Again, like it works Aquaman, out that much. He's been hanging out with maybe like six months at this point in time. His mother has been his entire world, and now it's just been flipped upside down. But again, it's well. The thing is, if this was me. Again, I don't have a lot of feelings, and I don't like my mom, but I'm like, okay, mom, what's going on? Oh, well, back in the day, I was in college, and I was involved in this you know, violent movement. We had to move, whatever. I don't know that this would be something I'd be like, well, I want to know more about it. Like, what, what were you doing? Explain yourself. But I don't think this is where you get, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm all about. It might suck, but again, his dad's black manna. He's dealt with some of these things as well. And he thought that was going to be the hardest thing he had to deal with. I still think it is. I mean, I don't think that this is anywhere even near having one of the biggest supervillains that was on the Legion of Doom as your dad. That's something you're never going to be able to get away from any sort of way. This stuff is kind of, oh, mom, why didn't you tell me more of this? And the mom could just say, listen, I'm not proud of it. I think that would be enough. He'd be like, okay, well, let's make this right. I I don't know. also in this, I don't know how it's going to play out going forward, but the idea that Jackson Hyde is wanted by Atlantis for, like, you know, terrorist acts and stuff like that, that was all set up by this protest group in in the uh, Zebel and stuff like that, like uh, Delilah and it's her second mother, Mika, and stuff like that, because Delilah does believe that they need Jackson Hyde in Zebel and wanted to make sure that he was no longer accepted in Atlanta. So it's a screwed up move right there. So I don't know when he'll be able to be allowed back. To, if, if Arthur comes back from Mars from his Frankenstein trip and shit like that, he's not I the king see anymore. That. Does he have any swing? Mara's not the queen anymore. Does she have any swing? Because this doesn't seem like Atlantis as it is right now. Even trust the Aquaman family. Seriously, I say that I want to see Aquaman on Mars with Frankenstein. That would just end up like a deep target. It would be, yeah. it would be nonsense. That, but yeah, at the end, I think it looks great. I just, I, it's just, maybe it's just not for me. I really don't care. Like, this is the idea of finding out that Martha Wayne was a bad person. Like, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't Wake upset me, but it's just like, okay, well, I've already seen, I want Batman. I want to see him as he is. I don't know. That I need. And again, I say it, it's not like that at all because we all love Martha and Thomas Wayne because we know they were good people. We don't know enough about Lucia and we're finding out the, what we assumed right now isn't the case just like that. That's the funny thing is that makes it worse for me because I don't care about – I never cared about his mom. His mom was just there. Hey, we're in Arizona. We don't like the water. Oh, my God. I, I done knock boots with the, the black man. His name so, is David. Yeah, Dave. And uh, Davey, they call him. Uh, Davey Jones. They call him Davey, Davey Jones Hyde. Uh, but, yeah, I just – it ends up being the idea of I want more Jackson. I know what I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what they're trying to do here. I think they're trying to expand Zebel, trying to do this to get to the Aquaman book. But I'm not. It, it nothing in this makes me say, man, I can't wait for that Aquaman book because I just am already bored with this already. Uh, what would you give it? I would give this a 7.8 out of 10. I think the art's great, and I like the stuff that we're learning about Jackson because, like I said before, we've been dealing with the same stuff from Jackson for a better part of a decade now, and at least now we're getting a further exploration into his mother's side, just not who his father is. Yeah, it's just like I'm trying to think of other characters, you know, the idea of like Connor, you know, Connor Hawk, and, and do would, I, would it be better if I knew a lot about his mom and then that she was this, I, I like the character, and I'd like to see him in a, in a book shooting arrows, 
and breaking hearts, right? I want to see okay. excitement of it. I don't think that this at all elevate. This doesn't make me care or like any more Jackson. Well, ask me to know him better. I though. just, but I don't need to know him through his mom, through something she did years ago. And Zebel, I think that it's a side deal that I think you'll learn more about him and how he deals with it. Though. I actually just didn't mind her just being somebody who's, you know, parents who poets, you know, the whole deal Zebel and, and Zebel look bad kicking him out. And having just the focus on, I am the son of the supervillain Black Mana, this just doesn't really do much for me to elevate the character one bit. It seems like it's funny, a too, from what we learned previously about, you know, the family of Lucia's family being kind of, like, forgotten about. Like, her father was a great poet, and the idea that she did this with Black Mana and escaped from the treasure of is the reason the family is forgotten or not talked about or just, like, you know, shamed might not be the case it just might be about what lucia did herself outside of black man yeah but again i just i don't know it doesn't doesn't intrigue she's me at all bad egg. she is she's the bad sheep that swims under the sea i just and so i'm a four out of ten I, I i think the art's great i think it really is good at points especially expressive stuff crying under the ocean eric you did it it's so good but you know, and the colors even pop. I just, I'm not interested in it. But not and, as much as our next book. The colors really yeah, pop. Yeah, that is in the true. And, and just the last, like, because it's not selling, it, it's a shame again. Because it, I, I just, I wish that Jackson got a better deal for people to jump on and, you know, like. And it doesn't seem like this is the book. But yeah, the next book, yeah, it pops all right. Pop that thing right out. This is a good color. This is a three shot, right? Are we on number three? I have to make sure. Yeah. Here we go. It's weird this book because you don't want to ditch it now. We do, I do. but I, I just, I want to see how worse it. It's not getting better. It, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It seems. I'll go on Green Arrow Deep Target number three. Uh, by the end, <laughs> no, I don't. But again, when the, we read that final page, we'll have some relief, Eric. I got to get the pain out. That twenty twenty two positivity. Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number three. We can't talk about this. Written by Brandon (laughs) Thomas, I know. Art by Ronan Cliquette, uh, Ulysses Ariola, and Josh Reed. Brandon Thomas continues his timeline Freaky Friday story with an issue that starts unraveling the mystery of what's been going on. But the big reveal here is that I really don't care. And I, I barely can even make sense of it. Thomas tries to play it clever with a dual point of view storytelling device, and that instead of elevating the story, actually made me angry. At a point, I was furious at this book. The book looks great, but I just don't know who this is for. And judging by the sales, the answer, Eric, is nobody. This was a number one that looks like it's like selling 16,000. Nobody's reading this. It's a shame because, again, you get a double dose. Aquaman, Green Arrow, neither have a solo book right now. This so- the thing is, what you want is an Aquaman, Green Arrow book. What you have is Aquaman and the body of Green Arrow and vice versa, fighting a freaking Dr. Dinosaur. I wanted to make sure, and I forgot you reminded me. Or General Dinosaur. How about this? Why did you do this? You could have easily just had, this is again, like I said, you almost had the easy route with the Jackson Hyde deal in that. Just show he's kick-ass, have some fun, have people fall in love with him, and then move on to more important things. Like This you have Aquaman. You don't have to play around here. You don't have to fudge with it. You de- th- There's the characters. You don't get a lot of team-ups with them in a book like no, this. No, why would you? It's crazy. Right? So why not have the Green Arrow Aquaman deal make an idea of how they kind of come together, a little deal, go after Dr. Dinosaur. You don't have to change General much. Dinosaur. Right? <laughs> Anderton. Yeah. and so. You don't have to – the swerve actually makes this book bullshit. 
It doesn't elevate well, not it. Not only the swerve of that, because we spent an entire issue with freaking, you know, Aquaman going down to Atlantis to find Oliver in his throne and said, What did you do? How did you steal my kingdom? When we discover in this, because both of them have swapped lives <laughs> and bodies, they have memories of both, you know, Aquaman and Arthur. They, I mean, Aquaman and Ollie. They both have these memories going on, and they both know how they got there by the end of this issue. So what the fuck was the deal for that first issue where it's all a big mystery because they both were in the same situation and know where they you got You know what here. I mean? They were there together and it happened. They knew. I mean, this is basically like you wake up the next day. It's Saturday. Freaky Friday just happened. You wake up. Oh, my God. I'm my mom. I'm you. I'm that. Oh, my God. But it's not the. What did you do? Yeah, I was going to kill him. We were both here together. I know I didn't do it, but I think you might have. No, no, no. You got shared like memories. You walk assholes. into an infinite hallway, both doing your own thing and jump into a time Must vortex and the staircase. teleports you someplace else. You know that there's something going on outside of a person you want to blame for no You're reason. You're up at that <laughs> So you end up with this where you have, you know, General Dinosaur here, Anderson Larry. And again, I want to say that just because he is a general, but Dr. Dinosaur is such Dr. a Dr. Dinosaur is great. I, I, I said it in my review. I said it doesn't make sense, but Eric said Dr. Dinosaur. I've fallen in love with it. I'm Me going too. with it, right? So you, so, yeah. you end up there with them. Um, in like even the idea, like you, you get that that the art's really good, very colorful, very popping. I like the Love idea it. of like almost like a firestorm looking suit a little for the general for the doctor dinosaurs, so. right? You got the little balls there. I'd say go read some, you know, firestorm. Yeah, I think that it has that that look where it might be like circuitry or something there, or just like new Genesis kind of stuff, but whatever. It's nothing, and so all of this is nothing. You end up where Doctor Dinosaur through this new thing where. He has changed like the timeline. Suit almost. Yeah, he changed it. Where's this harness? You end up where he's changed the timeline to be able to take advantage of things and to work this magic where they can go. And it's really just time travel. They were grabbing well, stuff. It's a, it's a classic time travel story where you have a corporation or whatever that has t- developed time travel and they secretly go back and learn about stocks and trades and they buy stuff before they become popular, stuff like that. So they have built themselves an limited fortune just through the idea of time travel. But Dr. Dinosaur, he's all pissed off because he was a little lack- a little careless with his teleportation from the prehistoric era to the present because a little dinosaur got in there and now he's pissed off because he has dinosaur fingers yes and that i said to you get this there the big play here the rub if you will is that dr dinosaur's mad because he's got dinosaur fingers that seems to be really a sticking point right now with that let's pretend we don't get this you know crazy switcheroos that just end up confusing everybody and doesn't elevate anything and makes it bullshit you have a guy who has elevated his corporation using time travel I can easily say why Scorpio. I can easily say why a Green Arrow Oliver Queen would get involved in that. He's upset. All of a sudden, he realizes this Man guy is taking. You also can throw in if you want the way that he did this was some Atlantean technology. Okay, then you. It doesn't take much to get a regular story where these two characters that are not often in a team up go and do this and go after this corporation. You end up a switcheroo. That ends up confusing everybody when you read it anyway. Then in this, you have to play off the idea where he's going to have to give you both the perspectives of Ollie and Arthur. And it's infuriating the way that One he does this. One panel to the next is repeated just through the eyes of Oliver and then to the next panel through the eyes of Aquaman. Yeah. And so what he it seems that he's playing with here is the idea of, look, they're connected. 
Yeah, they are. They're in the same damn room. In, in They're X's. across from each other. Giant X's. POV. Here the, here's the same scene over and over again. Don't do that. It pads out the book is all it does because the thing is you have to pad out this book because there isn't much of a story. And the thing is, I'd like to say there isn't much of a story. I want to feel also that there's too much of a story because it doesn't all play out because even the idea where we ended last issue with, oh my God. Oliver and Arthur have landed up on the Green Arrows Island, Lee and you. We jump into this issue. For some reason, Arthur's been out of, like, you know, he's been unconscious for six minutes. But by the end of this, we find out they're being held captive on the fucking moon. moon. I'm like, why did we even show up on the goddamn island? I mean, and so when you're playing things of switcheroos, timelines and things, you're starting to think, is this dementia? Like, every, and here's where I'll explain, and maybe it'll make sense, just going by what you said. There's no story here. But there's too many details. There, there's just, well, just too many details this, involved. All the things that Dr. Dinosaur and the Scorpio Corporation have been doing with their time travel and getting rich. For some reason, on one end, we have ancient Atlanteans showing up in current day Atlantis. And Aquaman says, what's this about? Oh, my God, there's something going screwy with time. I better look into this and find out where the tachyon emitters are coming. The tachyon particles are coming through. And at the same time, you know, because we have time travel elements going on in Atlantis, this gets Aquaman on scent. Over in Seattle or Star City, wherever we're playing this whole thing out with uh, Green Arrow, a man working late on a construction site dies. And you know what? It's not because of the foreman who let the like the, the group, like some of the men stay after hours for extra pay. It's because of the greedy men behind the corporations. And you know what we find out? We find out that the Scorpio Corporation has a subsidiary in this, and they're looking to build this city up, this building up, and and Green Arrow is going to get to the bottom of it. No time travel, just a man who was a little bit tired and fell off a building. They're playing this idea of, and Brandon Thomas is going so surface level of, okay, how can I get Ollie involved? Oh, I know. He'll be upset with the social justice stuff, and it's, oh my God, this guy was where it, it, it might as well have been a big rig trucker that ended up having to drive 20 hours one day and, and didn't have enough Red Bulls. I mean, the idea that Brandon Thomas is going pretty surface level social justice. Oh, my God, this guy is working overtime. Like you said, he got tired and he's working overtime. This oh guy got goodness. tired and then Green Arrow <laughs> followed the money that this corporate asshole yeah. said with the shell company was. We went there and at the same time following the tachyon emitters that Atlantis has. Aquaman shows up in Star City as well. And you know what? They both enter a warehouse at separate ends. And there's an infinity hallway there. But don't worry, guys. We find out endless it's just an illusion. Yeah, it's just an illusion. Now, again, you have this what appears to be the wackiest story. Big things. You end up at the end of this. As you said, they're on the moon. And really all that got inspired, Oliver got inspired to go chase it down because the guy was working too much overtime and wasn't on. It was a weird way they played it out. It was like, he wasn't in the blueprints. It almost played out to me. I'm like, I don't know that you know what a, you know, a work deal is. But they end up going. And this is the whole deal because, you know, Dr. General Dinosaur, he wants to know, why did you come after us? Well, let us tell you that. And it basically is they just kind of converge, looking, chasing the money. As you said, they get to an illusion of an endless hallway where we then need goggles of the guards to look through to see where the illusion is and where the door actually is. And when we enter that door, we see three people tied up. But you know what, Jim? They're just illusions as well. We had this place decked out because now this is just a ruse to get our heroes in a single place to hit them with this time slash teleportation device, which they both get sucked in. And Dr. Dinosaur is pissed off because he got dinosaur fingers and all that happened to Arthur and Oliver is that they switched places. I don't understand any of this. No, and with that, the idea of like, 
Where's the setup? When did they decide to do this? Is this just because he wants to get back his regular? And also the idea where I love this idea where me and you are on the side. We're captured too. They were not the illusions that were there, right? And he's going through and he's like, I don't understand why you are like, we're like, you were involved in a teleportation fly situation with a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, he's born to fly. But, and then because we needed to be a little bit different there, thankfully, but like, you know, there was a malfunction in the time platform, which then blew <laughs> up that made it so yeah. it was different. But at this point in time, when this happens, we don't see them acting any differently from when there is that malfunction and stuff like that. It just changes to where they both have memories of Nanda Parbot. But it's weird, too, because I was so confused. And maybe I had to I know. think on this for like five to ten minutes where we see them both remembering they're teaching Nanda Parbot, which is weird because I don't remember that in Green Arrow's history because well, he he's a rich kid until things happen. But small child Oliver is being taught, you know, martial arts and stuff like that. And but now Aquaman. And philosophies and now aquaman has that memory as well but he looks like a little girl here i'm like who the <laughs> fuck is that <laughs> who's the, the little bo peep over here i thought it was dino Lance at first yeah yeah that would make more sense but yeah now they have shared memories it's just the whole idea and, and this is where i kind of step back and, and kind of think of comic books in general and the way that brandon thomas is writing this again that point of view thing's nonsense and you continue that even as a visual as you go but not not in a meaningful way that it really no. needed to be done. But with this, I just want to also say to Dr. Dinosaur, listen, you're upset because of an Aquaman and an Oliver. They're switching places. They didn't get dinosaur fingers. It makes no sense. But why were they able to live? Why were they able to do this? It comes down to the idea of, well, why didn't Bruce Banner die of radiation poisoning? Why didn't they? You know, they're heroes. I think that that's all it ends up being. They're heroic. And that's why it didn't work that way. There's not a good reason to There's any nothing. of that. Now, what happened to Dr. Dinosaur makes perfect sense to me because I've seen the fly. I like the fly, so I work with it. What happened to Oliver and Arthur doesn't make a lick of sense. I love – we'll go – I'm. we're going full out Dr. Dinosaur because I love when he's like, you know what? All this wackiness, I'm going to dissect you and find out. I, I get the – he cuts out, yep, there's a liver. <laughs> there's a spleen. Like, well, what do you think you're going to do? here it's just nonsense i expect there to be a weird situation where it's like it becomes a horror movie where we do like cut into oliver and or arthur and inside there is the other person that's oh been my used God. inside in there let me out kill me <laughs> open your mind ollie the, the thing about this though is you do end up having you know dr dinosaur he is torturing and interrogating the two heroes here and i'm waiting for the like when are you going to pick one of these and just get in that damn machine and try to wacky do oh, your how way you back? The fly. I saw that. Yeah. That, uh, that, everybody. That's I, how Eric Stoltz fixed himself, fixed himself in Fly too. He should already have seen these. The minute that you turn into a dinosaur, you better start looking up shit on the internet of maybe pop culture. <laughs> just things movies, happen, right? Whatever. Right. This there. Just do it and go and go. Okay. What's going on? Okay, I'm just going to get in with him and see what happens. I mean, why not? Honestly, at this point in time, I, whatever, like, you know, science, weird science, you want to go with this whole thing. Oh, I'm just going to be okay playing Dr. Dinosaur. <laughs> that's who yeah. I am now. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's who you are. You're I now don't want to make dinosaur. it worse. Because uh, <laughs> no know. matter what I will do, I will never make it better. He seems to be okay with everything except that maybe he can't grab change out of his pocket. I think it's more playing on a cell phone. Yeah, well, maybe. It's cumbersome. L look, at, look at those, really. It, it, look at those hands. And I just, I don't know. Like, that's his big deal. Everybody laugh at him. Hey, lizard hands. And he He's got a tiny dinosaur dick. That's what the problem is. Well, I was actually going to make the joke. Thank God you're the one canceled. I was going to say that he jumped in it's with Oliver. Tiny dicks. He comes out looking really sexy. 
And then he's like, oh, no, got to go again. <laughs> it's like Homer when he's going through all the different multiverse deals and he up oh, no donuts, but they're raining. He ends up all upset. Nobody's with him. But then again, he's got the money and the power. They'll always go with him. But yeah, does so he have the money? Because I don't know how well Scorpio pays him. Seriously, though, I think that he's one of the main dudes here and he's doing the time. He doesn't have I mean, a pay I raise in 10 years. He's just loyal for no reason. They are some of the richest. How do you think they got so rich? They made Dr. Dinosaur. His bosses are rich. I know, I know that. I know that he's not the face of the company. That's for sure. Not but no more. So with that, you end up, hey, you remember we ended up in the. Nanda Parbot. <laughs> I wanted him to keep her. Nanda Parbot. And so that is the tell to have the, uh, or actually the Arthur Green Arrow. Again, it's too complicated for what this story is and isn't, but he ends up faking his death. He slowed his heartbeat down. Which seems weird. Again, I want to know when this happened in the regular Oliver timeline. Just because when I think of Oliver Queen, it's maybe I just don't remember reading enough about his past, but. I always just think of him as the like the rich playboy that learns a lesson when he's stranded on an island and becomes a hero. Seriously, I'm I'm not going to take this as anything uh, face value. The way this this might just be a easily done McGovern to get this out because then you have to go. I mean, a lot of the stuff, like I said, the details. Then Brandon Thomas has to make you like. Okay, take him down from that giant X we have him on, but, uh, you know, one arm at a time. Oh, man, why don't we just go? He said, like, they're arguing about this to finally then let him have There he is. Voila. And he starts punching and starts blasting out. They end up zapping Dinosaur, and then they run down another hallway as they then, you know, fight their way, punch out of an elevator and go, oh, my God, we're on the moon. We're at least a facility on the dark side of the moon. Well, actually, you can see Earth, so it's pretty much the light side yeah, of the moon. Yeah, you see Earth. Days. I mean, this could even just be a satellite, really, but I would assume it's on the moon. The because ground. that'd be cool. I'm saying you could have a ground in a facility to try to make everybody happy, but I would think that it it's is on illusion, the moon. It's an illusion, Jim, just like everything well, else. they may be. You know, they might still be on the island. They're on Leah and you, and they're making everybody believe it's the moon. Yeah, really. It's just, what's going I mean, and that in a book that is so ridiculously awful, where they come running out and then they see they're on the moon, you're just like, bravo. You, you just you just up the ante. You turn the nonsense to 11, because this book makes no damn sense. And it's told in an awful way. It looks great, great colors, pops. The actual storytelling in this issue especially infuriating what would you get i like running coquette and you know ulysses areola's colors a whole lot in this whole thing like the artwork is fantastic throughout it's just a nonsense story dealing with two characters that i do enjoy but i don't like them paired up here because they're not themselves and i can barely understand what they're trying to do here but four out of ten yeah i'm a four out of ten as well it's just not good, but we're going to go to Great the art. last book. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really did like the art. We're going to go to the next book. With- Why is Warden Coquette not doing a bigger book than this right now with the freaking way or Ulysses Ariola just with the colors? Like, this artwork that we have here should be reserved for something like a Justice League, not a Hyper Time 7 issue mini. Or, you know, something that is good. I, I don't even care about a Justice or a, a Justice League, a 7 issue mini. Uh, as long as it's something, this is just bullshit. It should just be an ongoing. Yeah, yeah. It it should be. You know, he should be on better things. It it does look really Justice good. Week. Yeah, just do it. You like the the Hester? Here we yeah, go he with a Deathstroke Inc. I ended up doing uh for the Patreon. I did the Ultimate Team Up, Ultimate Marvel Team Up with uh Hulk and Boo. and Spider Man. Uh, it's just on the you know the the reading order. So I go to do How's it. That got to do with it's, this. Well, it's Phil Hester's art. 
I really liked it. I was I was looking and I'm thinking like, well, you say that I I didn't mind Phil Hester's art. It wasn't the greatest, but when he was on Green Arrow in the early 2000s, like it wasn't the best art, but I didn't mind it and I didn't think, oh man, this sucks or anything like that because the story was so good, I didn't really think about it. And I think this was 2001 in this, and I really did like it. I liked this Hulk. I liked the way that Spider Man looked, and yeah, it had that cartoony deal, but it, it looked so much better than now. And it's like Bendis's nonsense of, and there again, it's a Bendis issue, and. You had a little Bendisisms, but it was a pretty good issue. I'm like, both of you have hit the skids. Holy moly. And I just blame Bendis. Aquaman. Oh, Obviously. what am I saying, Aquaman? Deathstroke, Inc., number four, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, I find Steve Wands. I think this book has potentially be really big in the overall Infinite Frontier story going down. Each issue, though, feels like you get half a story. This one is a quick read that jumps through hoops to show you Juliet Valentine is one evil gal, Eric. I almost said a bad word in that, and I, I pulled back. Shows yeah. some big players she it's has in her villain stable, and then sends Dinah and Slade off to the ghost realm. I don't hate this book, but my, my intrigue is countered by my frustration. But as we learn here, Eric, everything needs a balance. And that's kind of the deal. I, I don't mind it, but I am a little frustrated with it and have been since the start. When you saw that Libra deal, that intrigued me. Oh, yeah, totally. And even the idea where it's not the idea of the counterbalance that her brother had before with the Libra kind of thing where, like, Juliet Valentine with her trust organization here will be the counterbalance to what her brother did with the Secret Society of Supervillains and the Apocalyptian forces that he worshipped. This was going to be the other thing. But no, it's not just that. And the thing is, though... It does. We are just, you know, tipping the scales to evil and continuing that with the Valentine family here. But the idea behind what trust is, because we are essentially just recruiting supervillains for this whole thing. So we are just doing another secret society of supervillains. And I'm okay with that because whenever you do that, I have a good time. And that's a Libra thing. So it makes sense. That's what, when you saw that Libra reveal, oh my God, we saw the outfit. We were wondering but if this like was going to be. I like but I love Libra recruiting. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. And that's all this is. And you ended up even being the idea where it fully spelled out here, you know, in, in even a really, really clear deal where Slade says to Dinah, listen, they're recruiting villains, and so she told, told me. me that if you do, and I, I love the idea that if you don't go with it, Slate shows up. Well, they'll turn you in or take you out. You got to play along, or you're done. And any sort of hero, even involved in something that they think isn't on the up and up, she does bad. She does a villain. Okay, I get it. Let's go get her. And yeah, this is just a recruitment drive. And it, it that and that's pretty cool. Like you said, you like to have. I love the secret society. And even when we see the things here with just the names that we have, like we know that we were recruiting Cheetah last time. It didn't work out. But just the idea here when, you know, Juliet Valentine is going to show her hand, but only after Dinah and Deathstroke show their hand, you realize it's all because, you know, she already has Prometheus. She already has Dr. Destiny. And these two names I'm like. It's some heavy ass hitters. Yeah, right I know. And that's I big. See more. And that's why I like that Libra reveal. And then another big deal here. And I, but I told you that this issue. Do you remember who, we, who they took out in the first or second issue? Who we went after? Because I don't yeah, recall. I can't any. remember the, the one I thing know we picked up the Queen of Fables. I don't know if they're going to use her at any point in time. It doesn't really matter. It's just we're setting up a secret society. But I don't remember who we yeah, picked up in the first guess, or second you issue. You want to see who's sitting at the table? So no, yeah, I, you got to sit at the table. Now with that, it's weird because even with that, with little comments, Juliet, when she's talking about things, she doesn't full out say. Hey, I'm doing what my brother wanted to do. I'm getting this. You also have that it could still be that sort of at the end. Yes, yeah, she's collecting the secret society of villains, right? But that might be what she thinks would save the earth. She keeps saying when the heroes done mess up or even if they win, lose, we're going to be there 
to get she still is about the balance or the saving of the multiverse which actually when you have this film it almost feels like when we had the forever evil and we wanted to have Low-level villains step up. These aren't low-level villains in any case. Or but even the low-level heroes step up that you didn't get to have. I would like to see if she even starts collecting some heroes. But I'd like to see this idea that when all hell breaks loose, you will have this team. Yeah, they have their little other nefarious reasons. But the main reason, save the multiverse from Dark Side, where they can be kind of heroic in it which does which that'll be the grace because that goes against what her brother justin did with it like how he worships dark side and stuff like that and you do have the balance but you might be going along the same not. lines with the villains and stuff like that and you might be like taking it to the streets against dark side which would be amazing yeah and so the cool play here is going back to something that i thought was goofy you really like the idea that satellite sending out the deal you don't come to earth it was that you know whole you know fifth doctor you know, like was it the fifth doctor what is that when they had the satellite they were sending out a signal earth is ours don't come here they were warning everybody in the universe not to attack earth from that satellite above earth when you end up having slade hero and dino oh, right, go right, up right. There. so i like that that shows I you you're talking doctor who for no, a second no i'm saying it was said, you know the fifth doctor it was like, like matt smith deal when he ended up you know earth's under my oh, protection right, right. he just thing. sent out that thing and told him the earth's protected so Every that was that. that signal though that yeah. she's sending out as well and that shows you you know they she is warning people don't come here all that because she is gathering this team Your but ass is grass and trust is the lawnmower alien gas, scum grass or ash you no, end up, no, no, and what I no. like about it is you have that mystery still. It's one of those, again, it's almost like the Task Force Z that we talked on on the spotlight. The idea that, yeah, there's two faces on the up and up. What's, you know, we don't know what trust is, but we know that they got some pretty bad villains. They could go bad. You end up having a familial deal with, you know, Valentine. Is she going to be like her brother? Or is this the balance where it's the different balance, not just I'm going to be good. No, no, no. I'm going to gather the same kind of team, but I'm going to go against Darkseid because she even Which says of mine. Which is still good, just in a bad way. It's just, yeah, and it's it's the anti-heroic deal is what you, again, you would think. Because again, if you have Juliet Ballantyne with what she's seen ever, death metal and stuff like that turning into Metalverse, the Batman who lasts perpetual, she might see our heroes as the bad guys because like everybody else in the multiverse who wants to leave their Earth alone and shut everything out because our Earth's heroes do constantly keep fucking things up. So the idea where she recruits villains, they're more malleable and they don't fuck up the universe as much as our heroes yeah, do. Yeah, really. And she needs weapons. She, you know, it's it's almost, I mean, it's very similar to what Amanda Waller's doing, you know, going Agreed. and gathering that. So it's cool. And with that, though, a lot of the things, maybe it's a plus for the book, though. But a lot of the stuff we're talking about is not in the issue. It's stuff that we're thinking about. It's like last issue, and I had a lot of fun with that. But that's what I always have from this. And I just, by the end, I always feel just reading it that we're not fully getting, like, I'm not feeling like I'm getting 21, 22 pages of story. I'm getting 10 pages, but they're 10 pages that intrigue me. And I come up with ideas because a lot of this is of the mind just so that Juliet can learn who you know, Dinah's talking, and it ends up just being Oracle. And She can pull this out, and like, you know, you have the Doctor Destiny situation where Prometheus has used Batman tech to, you know, up the Dreamstone a bit and stuff like that to make the projections of the Nightmare more real than they've ever been here, so we can, you know, use this idea of recruiting Dr. Destiny as our supposed mission, but he's already there. He's using the Dreamstone to project the new Legion of Doom that, you know, Deathstroke and Black Canary have to fight against, and Juliet Ballantyne is believed through the mind 
that like you know she gets killed off and you know Dinah says like oh man I'm working for Oracle we thought you were no good my bad but this is all just a ruse to get Black Canary to spill the beans about who she's actually working for because the Legion of Doom when they do show up which is an amazing Legion of Doom led by Lex Luthor with Gorilla Grodd Black Hand Vandal Savage and Amazo and Captain Cold like it's an amazing Legion of Doom I love the Legion of Doom I love the Secret Society this is a great thing here, but it's actually just Black Canary and it's fighting good. Deathstroke. And that's what I like about it. Really, the idea, it's a, its the most ridiculous in the times. She's you know, playing Legion. chess when we're just playing well, checkers, and, Jim. And she is. And, and she, so with that, you have to keep remembering that this is pretty much a nightmare of Dinah. And Dr. Destiny's badass. And Dr. Destiny doing this and being amplified. So that And, and with that. You could say, oh, why would she? But this would be in your, in my mind, this is a, you know, she's probably sat around with Eric Shea talking about the worst of the worst. And what would be the coolest Legion of Doom? I was sitting at the bar like two or three weeks ago, just by myself at one point thinking, you know who I haven't seen in a long time that'd be cool to bring back? Dr. Destiny. And you see it here, but one of the constant things that we always talk about whenever we work together, like who would be the best Legion of Doom or the best Justice League? And you're getting what Joshua Williamson, I guess, believes would be one of the coolest Legion of Dooms because you can do anything here because it's a nightmare and what i like about it in a nightmare like you could say like just say this was there and me and you were together but it was your nightmare i might be like what well, this doesn't make sense but dinah because i saw some people saying dinah would realize that this would no this is a nightmare that you have nightmares all the time you know that you're not really getting but you you do think that you're in a nightmare you're freaking out I so dream. i like that play i don't really either i i said and i think it goes to that whole deal of me not being able to visualize things as well. But you end up with such a cool, cool deal. And the end thing is the nightmare really is that she can't cry out for help. She can't. People are dying around her and she can't help and cry out Death for help. Deathstroke's dead. Julia Ballantyne's dead. Hero's dead. Yeah. And this is where you even have like you end up, Julia, oh, I, I tried to do good. My brother was bad. I'm I was so trying- sorry. Let me tell you all my secrets as you're dying. And then the dream goes away. Hold you. And, and with that, I will tell you that I was confused at a bit. Like I'm like, oh, my God, people are getting ripped apart and things. But it's the thing dissipating. And there's she was fighting Deathstroke. And you end up having Juliet laughing again because she's pretty evil in the here and now. But this is basically like, okay. And what I think is a great play here and why I think this is really good is the idea that you had name drop Dr. That was going to be their plan. You got to go stop that. You know that this could be a, but you never think it as it's going on because it's just like, holy crap. And we've also like, you know, enhanced the way that it works based on the idea that Prometheus used Batman tech to do more stuff with the dreams. And I'm like, that's badass, especially when you just have like Dr. Destiny looking all badass when he shows at the end, like I used your fears that everyone around you will die and your screams for help will never be loud enough to save you. I'm like, yeah, you are a badass, Dr. Destiny. You crazy as hell, but you bad as fuck. It's (laughs) like you're sitting there and like, you're so scary. I would rather have Psycho Pirate here. Is he around? Can he just make me sad? But just Dr. Destiny and Prometheus as a team right here with a new Libra, I'm like, you've already got my attention, Joshua Williamson. But the worst part about this is when Prometheus then, you know, when Juliet Ballantyne tells Prometheus to, you know, take care of both of them and he sends them both to like, boom, not boom, to like teleporting away with a special key. And like, why did we send both of them when you're interested in one of them? There's got to be a balance, good versus evil. So we send Deathstroke and Black Canary away to the ghost zone where there's the crooked house. And like, you had my attention until the end. A crooked house in the ghost zone. I'm like, what separates the ghost zone from the phantom zone? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and with this all, you did see that while you ended up having 
you know, Black Canary in this nightmare, she does end up thinking that Lax about to, you know, pulsar her was Lax and it was Deathstroke. So she ended up doing the Canary, canary cry. crying the fuck out of him. <laughs> really bad. I mean, also, it, you know, she's even up the ante because she's so scared, I would guess. And so at the beginning, there was that little deal where they revealed, hey, I'm working for Oracle. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Batman gets obsessed with things about me as well. And he's like, I was told by Cheetah, we're going to. And he keeps saying, we're going to burn this shit down. And I'm like, quiet down, Slade. We're burn this quiet down, down. Because I'm sitting there thinking about this whole deal with trust. I'm thinking, they have to have there's things no bumped trust here, trust. right? There's, there's got to be things. Oh, that's all I could tell. Cameras everywhere. He's just yelling it multiple times. Yep. He's like, hey, Dinah, remember, we're going to burn this shit down. Just fly it down, buddy. And uh, you end up where they started talking. Okay, we'll, we'll have a tr- I love where it's almost it's so funny. It's the Deathstroke version of when Batman takes the cow off, which I really love. It's, it's those tender moments where you do have Deathstroke at the one point, like, okay, let's call a timeout. But he has to be, a, you know, take the mask off he shakes some hands but the thing is they were going back and forth about after that you know i'm gonna take you in deathstroke i'm like nah, i don't know about that that seems like a weird play of deathstroke because he's deathstroke but he's like yeah you you try i'm gonna beat your ass and we're gonna fight and we're gonna see who's the best and so then when they go to the ghost zone when he's there you win <laughs> ends up just falling over dead but you're in the ghost zone so there you have it and i thought that's kind of a funny deal. I still Death don't Stroke know. Deathstroke is dead in the ghost zone right in front of the crooked house, whatever that means. Right in front of the crooked house looks like they have mail going out, but I don't know how you collect the mail there. I guess if Carefully. you're a ghost, you can. Look, it's the mailbox. It's just on its own the little letters office. Deal. Yeah. Uh, it's separated, though. Do you jump over to it? And then, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the mail. Tell the, the mailman you don't to throw want to look it. Silly. Tell him to throw it up there. I, I, I also bet that it's almost like a, a platformer deal, and when you hit onto it, it like bounces a little, and it'll get me sick. And then I'll throw up in the mailbox, and then put the the flag up, and they can come collect that. You're the worst gamer I've ever heard of. <laughs> I get sick all the time. Uh, Rafe got the Oculus for Christmas from Alex, the VR deal, and I tried for two seconds. I le- I legitimately throw up on his on his floor in his room. Not a lot, but I did. I just got <sighs> sick right away. Plus, I don't know how that happens. Like you don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, yet. well, I'm, I put it At on. At this point, I think you want to do it for ah, show. And then I, I, Rafe said, it's easy. It was just a movie. I wasn't even playing a game. He's like, it's like I'm in the movie theaters. And so I put it on like, yeah, yeah, a bunch of assholes talking. But you end up where I don't think you could use it. Were you though. describing our podcast? No, yeah, that's it. But yeah. No, I think that he has something where you legitimately can go and watch a movie, but you're with other people. With it, and everybody's just talking. And it, it's that's called socialization. Yeah, but that's in the VR, Eric. That's for yeah. you. But you wouldn't be able to see shit. You have such bad vision that you wouldn't be able to see anything. And that's why I don't have it, and I never will. You can get a version that has your prescription lenses. But I'm like, that's starting to jump through a lot of hoops for me. Seems a little too intricate. I don't know. But really? Yeah. It does, it's, a, like, it's a little too convenient. The idea of me, I don't no, know. The idea of me going, oh, oh, I want to get this cool thing to play the games. What's that? I have to give you my prescription for my. Le- okay, let me get that out. What? You need this from the dial. I'm like, I, well, you, you got to understand the people that would do this actually do want this thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't want They're it. not just somebody who doesn't oh, care like you. Are you're you like, talking oh, I don't about this or Aquaman do stuff? the Becoming, Eric? I got you there. I don't know. <laughs> I got you, Eric, but yeah, what do you say at the end? What do you give this? Oh, I give this a 7.5 out of 10. I'm actually really yeah, intrigued in the story, the now. idea of Libra and what she's doing. Give me a secret society. I'm always going to have a good time. The ending was a little sus for me, and also 
Not a huge fan of the art overall, but I can still have a good time with this. Yeah. Emotional damage! There you go, Eric. I forgot to play it earlier. You end up there where I'm going to up my score. I'm going to go to 7-5 as well. That Me and you talking, I actually did enjoy it a little more. And so 7-5, I like the art as well. I know you're not a huge Howard Porter fan, but I think, that, that, no. I think that the colors and all that popping I so was found myself very confused at times about what really? was going on with the freaking electricity. It looked like it was crackling everywhere, yeah. and I didn't know what it was. Oh, well, because it was, Eric. It's, it's And like everything with the rain outside, I'm like, I swear, there's a lightning strike at every instance of every time, like, you know, horizontal, fucking vertically, or diagonally. It's just always going on in the background, and I didn't know if people were emanating with electricity. Maybe they were. It, Actually, I'm looking at one thing where it's when Deathstroke took the mask off and he goes to shake the hand of Canary and they should all be dead. Lightning strikes that full out, you know, where they're standing in a puddle. (laughs) They should be dead. But, yeah, I liked it. I like the intrigue of it. This is going to cross over with stuff with Joshua Williamson in a weird way. The Shadow War? Yeah, the Shadow War with Robin and Batman. Doesn't seem like this connects as well with those, but that that ups the ante. I mean, if... But you didn't know. The freaking linchpin of the Shadow War is the Crooked House. Right? The Crooked House. That's what they call this house. The thing is, though, if you're going to cross over, you have all these other crossovers, and you're like, oh, what? We're crossing over with the Suicide Squad and the Teen Titans look, Academy. I look forward to that. Right? Well, you look forward to it, but I mean, cross, I like the characters. crossing over with the Batman. The Batman, the Deathstrokes, the Robin. We've been there, done that, but you know what? It's usually a good time. Yeah, that's big stuff going on, so that's pretty cool. And again... Is it big stuff? It's a shadow war going on. Crossing over with, with Batman, it's always going to be big stuff, Again, though. but we have the Suicide Squad, the Flash, and the Teen Titans crossing over to Earth 3 to freaking fight that. I'm like... That's some big ass. That is big ass. Right there. Let's do the stats a little. I'm just right? saying, look, look, look. I'm just saying stat-wise. Owlman versus Nightwing versus... Who was the other person now? I can't remember. Um... <laughs> now I feel like a jerk. Oh, Talon. Oh, Talon, And then yeah. just the idea of that alone, when you have that, like, you know, Superboy versus Match versus Ultraman, I'm like, yes, give me some more of that. There are times, Eric, in, in the, the recent deal where you add the three books that you talked about, add all their sales together, right? I'm not saying it's going to be good. I look forward to it, though. Then times two. It still doesn't equal one issue of Batman well, sales. I don't really care big. about the sales because you keep telling me how the Aquaman sales are terrible. Like, I enjoy that book each and every month. Y- you may, but it's not going to be anything that's going to matter. That's why I look at sales. It's never going to matter with a book that, that everything that you're learning about Jackson will probably be wiped away later because they are going to look at it as a failure because it is selling worse than any book has in the last two years. So, like, Superman back in the New 52 was selling like gangbusters and stuff like that for a long time when the New 52 started. I'm, I'm saying though, like everything was like doing good for a long time. We wiped most of that out. Okay. Yeah. But that's also because by the end it wasn't selling either. And that book had multiple creators and things like that. That book was a mess. But again, you, you wiped out most of the stuff in the New 52 or a lot of the stuff by now anyway. But or merged it. But people if still you want to make erased. a big crossover, the only thing I said was if you want to crossover, you want to crossover with Batman. Because that makes it big. That's all I said. I didn't say one was going to be better than the other or one is more important. It's just you cross over with Batman. This sales of this book will go up. The other three books in the it's just going to kind of meander because those aren't selling well either. Nothing is. Anything that isn't Batman is not selling. And, you know, DC is or at least should be scared because it is a dismal, dismal picture when you go down and look at the rankings and the sales and stuff like that. So hopefully that's not the case that people... Either a Batman family book, including the Joker or DC versus Vampires. Yeah, again, that's a, you know, Tynan's name on it, but I think that would have been big as well, because Tynan seemed to be selling a lot, but he's leaving, so 
that's a shame as well. But with all of that, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie this week between Action Comics number 1038 and DC vs. Vampires number three. Yep, mine is DC vs. Vampires number three. Again, that was on the On This Feed spotlight deal on Friday. So if everybody Thank wants God to it's Friday. Deal, go and check out the Thank God It's Friday podcast and go and do that. Now, here is what's coming up next week. And I want to give a shout out to I really did also like Task Force Z and action comics but a lot of books that you just heard i mean flash and things like that that i kind of mean you both got a kick out of so some pretty cool books this week pretty cool way to keep your pants up there robot eric but we have a bunch of books next week i'm going to give you a list two of these will be picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew (laughs) to be in the badass pick of the week podcast that is only on patreon to listen to that and a ton more go over to patreon.com slash weird science Give us a little shout out, a little help. Part of the Get Fresh Crew, all you out there weirdos, here's what you're going to get. Got some big books there. Batman number 119, that continues, and I want to see what's going on with Sexy Lexi. Me too. And him running that, you know, Batman Batman Incorporated, and what what Batman's going to say about that. You got the end of Crush and Lobo, and we could pretty much celebrate that, right? Crush Lobo 8. I have no idea. We could finally end that and do something... Decent with Crush. Maybe, and also that opens up a slot for us to rely I mean, that book has done nothing, and we got tangled in that mess, and I went out. But I wonder, could it end in a way that you actually say, okay, that was at least a bit satisfying at the end, and it wasn't Hopefully. a complete waste. I hope. It, it can always happen. So we have, each and every issue. <laughs> yeah, we have another book that uh, coming up we love dark knights of steel number three it's one of those where i do need some more information but boy i'm liking what we're getting so far i'm really really enjoying that and i know you are as well right now me and you were already talking we we're already making up our idea of next year 2022's book of the year and saying that it's already at this point between dc versus vampire and dark knights of steel but plenty of time for others to join in we also have Detective Comics number 1047. The beginning of the shadow of the bat. We're going to have Detective Comics every week coming up very weekly, Eric. And, and that is, scares me a bit. But and only it doesn't even scare me because of this. It's just all I keep thinking of is Batman, Robin Eternal, Future State, you know, all that stuff going on. I meant every Future week's Zen. first book, Detective Comics. Yeah, that's what we used to do. Remember, we used to have the world's end. Futures end and Batman and Robin Eternal was just the constant first section and it really started to wear on us. But we got through it, Eric. And and with that, how could we ever have known that Lois Lane would be just a while ago? How would we know Lois Lane would be the sexiest of all Red Red Tornadoes? I mean, it was great. I love the sexy Lois. You end up also having Justice League Incarnate number three, a book that we really want people to read. We hope that it elevates you thought last issue. Was a little goofy, and I agreed with you, Eric. And so the entire I hope thing that this so is... far, though, just looks like a scavenger hunt that's going to pad out this series for the duration, and I don't want that. And so with that, there is talk because you end up having Brian Michael Bendis leaving the Justice League book in March. He's going to finish up in March, April. There'll be a new team announced. Probably wait till the new solicits come out. I kind of want Joshua Williamson to do that book. I know that some people, he already has too much, whatnot, but... I want that book to be big, and the biggest way to do that is to tie it into the huge event that seemingly is coming up. But also, I, I don't need versus Legion of I don't know. I don't no. need the scavenger hunt. So, and what I'm saying is, maybe it would help out everything, and it could be big. But 
we'll see. But you're right. It, it had a become scavenger a scavenger hunt. hunt. That constantly just says, hey, guys, remember Grant Morrison? Yeah, That's the remember this Grant Morrison and some multiversity and other Grant Morrison stuff. But yeah, some people like that, though. I don't know who, but they're out there. Suicide Squad number 11, a book that me and you enjoy. We, we really do like the Suicide Squad. Well, I enjoy Squad the characters. Part. Yeah, well, again. Again, with that, a is weird that scavenger hunt. type of way, though? Is that also the idea of... A lot of these books, like we said about Robin and this. I'm just waiting for Rick Flag to bring to the Task Force X Island so we have a Suicide Squad versus a Suicide Squad to lead us into our big crossover with the Teen Titans and the Suicide Squad. And what's the other one? The Flash. And the Flash. But that seems more like a kidnapping of a kid going on. We'll have to see how that goes. Not Jay, you know, or the Irie. kids. The kids. Uh, I don't know, man. But you end up also Superman, Son of Cal L, number six. That's pretty cool. We like that really book cool, as well. Especially so. since we left that with the Superman, Son of Cal L annual, which introduced Lex Luthor and what his plans are with Henry Bendix. Yep, we have all that going on. So that's a pretty cool deal. So two of those books again will be on the badass picks of the week spotlight over on the Patreon. You can get involved. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. I hope everybody does. And also go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. All these things will be in the show notes for you to click and clack and whatever, Eric. But that's the end. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for the mail, all that stuff going on. I have to remember because I know Luis, and I apologize, Be Bunny. Yes. Be Bunny and the Luis. So, everybody, again, you could also email at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. But all that said and done, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.